time to get down with the Get Fresh crew as we take the next bunch of hours to talk about this week's comics. I'm America's Sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I am Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 164. 164, Eric. Is that a uh, a milestone for you yet? Milestone. No, I'm telling you, I didn't do my research. I'm just hoping to God that this is 164 because I, believe... I could not remember. I meant to look it up and never did. I believe it is. I believe right. I'm looking now. I'm looking in the file this is going into, and I did label it 164, but I have been wrong many, many a time, <laughs> Eric. I don't know if you realize that. There's occasionally I am wrong. All right. I Hello. This. this is episode number one. All right. One, two, yeah, just go. It's episode one. We give some four. There you yeah. go. And nobody can call you on it. Hello, one and all, to the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, the official unofficial podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com. This is the week of February 23rd, 2018. We are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, the Batman Podcast Network, and the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Eric Shea. Proud. Proud. We are on Proud. Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics, Podbean at Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com. Twitter, we're at Weird Science DC, and we have an award winning website that we already mentioned, but I will mention it again Weird Science DC Comics.com. Eric, I don't know if you're aware, we also have a Patreon account where you sure can do. go and support us for all the things we do. Uh, if you look and say, boy, those guys have a eight to 10 hour podcast, that is the tip of the iceberg that brings down the Titanic. And the Titanic, Eric, is my it's life. Us. It's my life. It's what it is. Holy moly. But yes, over there at patreon.com slash weird science, we have a lot of shows, a plethora of shows. But one of the big ones that we always point out at this point of the podcast is the Patreon only spotlight. And that spotlight this week, as picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew, poop, 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 was damage number two, Eric. And the Brave and the Bold Batman and Wonder Woman number one, the big Liam Sharp art and written book that everybody's been that talking Liam about. Liam Sharp joint. Everybody's been talking about it at the rec center, Eric. But also we have a regular spotlight that comes out and is on our regular feed that you would get this podcast on. And it is Super Sons number 13. So if you want to listen to Damage number two and the Brave and the Bold Batman and Wonder Woman <laughs> number one, you have to go over and say, you know, subscribe to our Patreon. You'll get a lot of other shows. You will not be charged at the beginning of March, so you can have a free trial-type deal, see if it's for you. they got a uh, week left. Yes, a week left. You can grab and look and see and listen, and then really, if you want to just listen to all the shows, you'll have a problem because there's over 180 now, Eric. Good luck. But you can try to listen to them all and then bail on us and, and make yeah. us sad. Make us very, very sad. Uh, again, though, again. the Super Sons number 13 will not be on this podcast either. You'll have to listen to that standalone spotlight, Eric. But speaking of the Patreon account and mm -hmm. the badasses, Eric, this is the badass roll call. All right, Eric. You smoking like a badass? You I'm smoking getting there, like, baby. Hold are on, you, man. Are you a fan? Are you the <clears throat> fan smoking like a badass you are? We're going to you know start off. Not on my watch. We're starting oh. off with... Manship, followed by Abused Mama and the Rising Hole. She's still down there. Eric Aldrin Stoja, All New Dave, D-Man, Josh Vermillion, Havilin, Batman Beyond, Mark, G-Man, Dancing Mike, B-Murray, Bobby, Jolly Drew, Reggie, Andrew in Belfast, Danny the Street, Luis, Zach, Ulysses Jones, T-T. 
er, Hakeem, Double Aaron, Monty, Simon, Swanee, Anthony G, Dave J, Bill Bear, Ian, Missy T, Rob Lewis, my man Pete from NYC. We haven't heard from him in a while. We'll hear some mail from him later. Lone Wolf Marv, Jazz. Ruben! Ruben! <laughs> so funny. I wasn't even going to say that. I ended up switching the page down there. Ruben! And the OG, Christopher Hyde. And thank everybody. Right. One and all. And really, my goal, obviously, would be for everybody to join up and to make the badass roll call a 50-minute affair. Eric, that would be, uh, be the craziest thing, but we wouldn't mind. But yeah, we thank everybody who supports us over on Patreon. I hope that you're enjoying all the shows, and we really, really uh, do appreciate it. But Eric, we're going to go off now to the books. We talked about this last week, that we were changing up the format and going to the books earlier, obviously now. Getting crazy, and, talking yeah, about getting comics crazy. right away. And actually, uh, for the most part, it's a success. It seems like people like that. They like to get right into it. And yeah. I would like to think that some people, when they say, oh, it's an eight-hour podcast, and then they try to dip their toe, not with the spotlight, but with this <laughs> podcast. And they're like, man, they talk for nine hours. That There's must a be lot a lot of, of nonsense. There's a lot of going on here. Let's get yeah, to it yeah. already. And, and they get into it, and they're like, boy, they must just talk nonsense the whole time. Now, I'm not going to say that we are authorities <laughs> of the books or anything. But at least, at least we'll get Get into the books because Eric, it's time now for the books. Now we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love. The meat and the cheese that we crave. Oh, yeah. We just want to hear your voice some more. And we want to hear There, Eric. Oh, I'm here, baby. Oh, goodness gracious. We just recorded a whole bit of Batman, and I did not hit record. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm depressed now, Eric. Welcome <laughs> to the meat and cheese of the podcast. And, and I'll tell you, I, I lost my mind and my voice just talking about that. And as we always say when that happens, there is no way that it's going to be as good. But, Eric, I'm going oh, to rely on you. It's almost like if I get angry again, I'll feel like I'm faking the funk myself. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? It sucks. That sucks, Eric. But this is the meat and cheese of the podcast as what you told me is a pork roll egg and cheese bagel. Delicious. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, I left work early today uh, to attend to uh, private affairs, Eric. Yeah. And when I got back to work uh, from going off at break, I ended up buying some uh, bagel sandwiches. And I was leaving my, ba- uh, my, my pork roll egg and cheese for lunch, a little special time for Jimmy. 
And I left, and you ate it, you son of a bitch. I'm, well, I'm telling I you, I was I'm... sitting there. I'm like, you know what? If there's, it was getting kind of late. I'm like, I'm gonna give it to 1:30 because if he's not back by 1:30, there's not a likely no. chance that he will be coming no. back. Which I'm telling you, right I now, the day is already I almost came back to give you a ruined. ride home, but I, I, I ended up not being able to. But yeah, well, I freaking sat there and I thought to myself, all right. The only way that Jim will come back now is if I actually go and I eat this sandwich. Eat because this sandwich. he'll be so angry when he comes back that I ate his sandwich. It's just more likely to happen in my mind. The universe will try to fuck with me and fuck with Jim because that's what the universe does. It fucks with people. That's so I need to eat this sandwich to cause some kind of cosmic hoodoo to get yeah. him back. Yeah, I, it did I, not don't, work. I don't know that I would have been mad. I probably would have laughed unless – you ate it 10 minutes after I left because at that point I wasn't sure if I was going to come back or not. Uh, though I, I had in my mind I probably wouldn't. I was halfway home and I'm like, God damn it, I forgot that sandwich. Didn't even think like, oh, well, the old Shea man, he'll be able to enjoy it. I, I thought because I was going to give it to Tanya when I got home and I forgot. And anyway, I got home and I said to her, oh, man, I had the sandwich. I was going to give it to you. And I'm not hungry anyway. So it, it would have been an epic fail both ways. But, yeah, I left it there. You Delicious. ate it. Was was it good? Was it? Was oh it yeah, it was tasty? really good. I love pork roll, especially with some egg and some cheese. Come on. Yeah, yeah, and and it's funny too because then I'm thinking like, oh, I wonder if Eric's gonna see it. If he doesn't, I wonder if I'll be able to eat it on Monday. There's not that many days that it's so sitting I guess out. I actually thought about that too. I'm like, would he would try to eat that on Monday? I, would. When I you know I'm I would. trying to help you at this point. I'm like, because I thought about this and I I know you, so I'm like, he's, he's oh, gonna yeah. get sick because he'll try to eat it. So I better oh, I eat it right now. Oh, you know. That it's I, time for oh, me and cheese. I, I would definitely eat it. At one point, I had like a microwavable meal, and it was and it says do not defrost. And we do have a cold room, but you know the cold room, it's not freezing. And this thing was in there for about two weeks. It was completely thawed out, and I still went through the entire process of going and microwaving, then taking it out eating a couple things from it. And then I told you it was that uh, it was chicken with pineapple. And I'm yeah. like, the, the weird thing was, I'm like, it's the pineapple that's a little off. I told you. And then I ended up throwing half away, but I ate half of it. And then I got real bad gas. But uh, with that, though, my my thing that I would have done, I would have went in on Monday. That thing would have been sitting out. It probably would have been hard anyway. Covered in ants in my mind. I would have actually, you know, shushed the ants away and then went <laughs> with what most sane people would do. Shush. Nuke it uh, yeah. five times the amount that it should, and then it, it'll kill off all that, Eric. It, it'll kill off everything. Uh, welcome to the meat and cheese part of the podcast. Into the books quick, Eric. And if you want to, I will point out, as I always do, if you want to go and read our written reviews, especially the you know the shining light that is Eric Shea over here, uh, go over to weirdsciencedccomics.com. You can read all of our written reviews and – I like to say also interact with us. That's one of the – it's like I know Dancing Mike has the steps and he's – you know, you read the reviews. But also I think he does say comment on the site as well yeah. because we like any and all interaction with people who read the things. We are not on a pedestal and think that we're all high and mighty. Sometimes I do. I do with you, Eric, but not the everybody else. And uh, yeah, you well, you have get... to get a pedestal just to talk to me face to face. Well, there you go. I'd like to say that everything I say goes above your head, but you're so tall. How could that be? That's How right. could that be, Eric? I'm such a small fella. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you could go on the site and talk to us on the comment section. You can go as anonymous. You can put your name in. There's no real big hoops that you have to jump through. Though I do want to point out that recently we, we saw that 
a lot of comments, mainly dancing mics, yeah. end up in the spam folder. And we're not putting it there. There is some sort of algorithm that are grabbing that these or things. Reggie's doing it. Yeah, I don't so know. you don't know. But if that happens, if you do comment on the site and then you you know refresh and it's not there. Uh, let us know. Let me know on uh, Twitter because I don't like that. I don't want anybody to oh. think that we're censoring anything unless it's hate speech. Uh, really, if you want to get, make sure, just say bad things about Eric and then that'll stay. Uh, but if you remember back in the day during Batman and Robin Eternal, I got in a lot of arguments with people. And one guy I found out later uh, that a lot of his comments went to spam, and it did look like I was trying to, you know, uh, get rid of those fake Fuck news guys. Hashtag fake news, Eric. And I tried to shove those. I did not. Uh, I actually invite, you know, differing opinions so that I can set you right. Is what happens. It's, oh. that's, that's just a challenge for me, Eric. And it doesn't matter if it's your review or mine. I will jump in and I'll talk about anything, whether I know what I'm talking about or not. But this is the meat and cheese. As we said, this is going to be the books. We have so a bunch of books tonight. we already talked about Batman, even though it wasn't recorded, we're just going to skip that tonight, right, Jim? Yes. Oh, I, I got I to gotta work myself up here again. And uh, what I want to say, though, as we start these out, uh, we mentioned, you mentioned, especially last week, that by the end of the podcast, you were like, you know what? It's a pretty positive week, you know, yeah. even if the scores, you know, they weren't all 10 out of 10s. That, that's oh. never going to be or else Eric's going to quit. Uh, but oh, we were very positive. We had some fun uh, on the podcast, especially. I did not have as much fun this week. I, I nope. didn't. I have to admit it. I only had three reviews. But with those reviews, I wasn't really fan a fan of most of my books or if any. And I was really hoping that your books would pull me through. And I did reading not come them through. before I read you tonight, the shit out of this. Yeah, reading before tonight, I, I did not like uh, a lot of your books either. But like we're going to find out later, which I yelled at before, Eric, most roads don't lead through Barbados or the darkness. Most roads do lead through Batman. And when Batman's down, which I think it has been for a while, it really does get everybody else down. And, and you have people where we see a lot of people dropping the Batman book and they're doing so. I mean, they're, they're really begrudgingly. Yeah, they really don't want to. And that is tough. And that really sucks. And it makes me, you know, it makes the whole line kind of go down with it. Yeah. And I don't think that this week, though, we'll talk about some other reviewers. Yeah, you're on fucking blast now, boys, boys right. and girls. Uh, but yeah, we're going to talk about this and then we'll get into more of that sort of talk in a second. But what are we talking about, Eric? Batman number 41, written by Tom King, with art by Mikhail Yan and June Chung and Clayton Cowles. Poison Ivy has taken over every person in the world besides for Batman and Catwoman, thanks to our Dark Knight's quick thinking, and the fact that he has an inoculation handy for just such an occasion for some reason. And with that, our heroes don't know what to do. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a very short blurb for a very non-dialogue story short issue. Uh I'll tell you right now, before we go, just to be positive, to start on a positive tip. I don't know if you've ever oh. heard me say that, Eric. No, uh, no, never. The art in this is great. The art is. is fantastic. And I said on the site, somebody was commenting, and I was uh, talking back to them, and said, I love the art. Mikhail Yannon, I think, is one of the better artists that you can get. Uh, the I. problem is in this book, because it's such a thin story, and there's not a lot of dialogue, and you have a lot of like glances at each other and things like that, it, unfortunately to me, it makes it a little more static 
than it should be. Though it's still fantastic, but I'm saying a lot of these pages are, and, and even the art, you do have a big page that's just Ivy's face, which looks fantastic again. Uh, but yeah, I love the art, but it's to me the story now is starting to bring that down as well, and it really kills me. Uh, but yeah, what I was saying earlier about reviews and stuff, I hope that if you're listening for the first time, you're going to hear. And if you love Batman, you love Tom King's Batman, all the power to you. That's great, and I wish that I could be with you. I wish that I would be right on in line with you. We do not like it as much, and we will explain why, hopefully – to get so at least you have an idea of what we're going through and what we're thinking when we don't like it. I, I listen to these podcasts and read these reviews, and basically they just go page to page, especially podcasts, and just like, yeah, wow. and then you see Ivy. Shit, man, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, and then there's Bruce. Shit, man, awesome. And then he punches Alfred. Shit, man, awesome. Uh, no, no, tell me why. Tell me why you like it. Don't just sit there and gush over it. You know, you're not there unless you, you want to be a cheerleader, then go sign up, you know, do your flips and, you know, your somersaults. Get your pom poms. Tell me about the, the issue. Tell me, and I'm not saying even spoil the things, but tell me why you like it. Tell me what the story is. Because when you go into this, now I'm getting mad again, Eric. When you start into this issue, the main problem, and you said it the last time we didn't record, is we need some rules. You need a like framework them, yeah. of the story. I need something to grasp. If we have a story that is involving the control of the entire world but two people, tell me at least give me a hint of how. Not yeah. just a the green because as we go and we'll talk about it a little more, that does not explain how you're controlling people. Now, if you have the green that is shooting pheromones out and doing that – then go with that. The problem being there is you're not going to be able to affect everybody in the planet. There's going to be people in Antarctica, which you see a guy where there isn't necessarily a lot of the green. I read that Swamp Thing anniversary special deal or whatever, the winter special, and basically if there's a winter storm, the green shuts down. That's what I learned from that. It's a snow day for the green. So if you're going to tell me, you need to tell me the rules because this is a global control and that isn't something that just happens with a snap of a finger when you're using the green. But really, even that you're, you're not giving me rules. You're not telling me why and how this is happening. So with that, that's one of my major problems with this issue. Now, I will tell you. The second issue, hope springs eternal, Eric. And when that happens and you do explain it to me, okay, now you've done it. But as of now, I don't know enough for me to tell you that this is an outstanding issue because I don't really understand. And from what I've gotten from Tom King previously, I can't expect him to uh, explain what he's doing. And that's the problem is we're going with the track record and the track record is not good about going back and explaining some things and you know plot holes and things it's basically a fill in the blanks color by not not color by numbers but you know what i mean paint by numbers maybe i, I don't know but basically the heavy lifting is left to you and again there is a fine line. You can sit there and say, oh, Jim, you dummy. What do they have to – and I've, I've had this. I've had people say this on the site like, oh, what does he have to tell you everything? Got to hold does he your have hand, to lead baby you boy. By the hand? No. What I need to know is what goddamn planet I'm on before I start to make my way through the streets. Tell me I'm in Detroit, and I'll get the fuck out of Detroit. That's what I'll do. But at yeah. least I'll know I'm there. 
and I'll be able to go, give me some groundwork, give me a basis for your story, not just big splash pages and fan service moments of, I'm Ivy, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Okay, that's fine, but why and how is this going on? Uh, because this is a disaster, you know, or disaster, but this is a super villain moment in this issue that is beyond pretty much anything we've ever seen, I think. Yeah. So explain it to me. You're not going to get much explanation because it starts off and you do have Ivy there and she's kind of looking at us, almost like she's infecting us with her beauty, which she is. She, yeah. she looks fantastic. And, oh, hello. You know, how nice to see you here. How unexpected. And I like the idea. She's basically talking to everybody in the world. And I like the idea that it's almost like you have cut into a scene and this is like like she's acting. You know what I mean? Right. Like, oh, hello. You know, and it goes. A commercial like, of the mind. Yeah. And she's like, I know we've met, but just in case, I'm Ivy. And immediately you see Bruce who's sleeping. Open his eyes wide as hell. And as he gets out of bed, he's got his, his briefs on. He's sweating profusely. He, and he looks over and Selena is there. I'm Selena. He so gets right there, up. You, you know, like, you know, right there, he knows that Selena's having the same yes. dream that he yep. was just having of Ivy and, and shit has yeah. gone wrong. And this is the thing. He jumps out of that bed with the intent and purpose to go right down to the bat cave to get this inoculation slash antidote, whatever it is, he knows what's going on. He opened his eyes as if, shit, it's happening. And and really, to me, that seems like a Bruce Wayne who thought that this shit was going down in months, and now it's coming. I, I expect that every day you waking up for work, there's you. Oh, shit, I'm late again. Oh, and he gets up. And really, it does look like he's somebody who's late for work. He runs out, though. But again, I just want to stress that he has the look of the art and just how this progresses of someone who realizes that he knows what's going on. He knows that he's infected. He knows Selena is. Uh, and he's going to do something about it again. He doesn't wake up Selena and say, come with me, baby, let's go. Uh, I have to fix you. He just runs out. He's barely able to walk. He's struggling. Well, even that, it seems like he is still being affected somehow. Yeah, whatever he's struggling. Ivy's doing. Like, it seems like, event, like a, initially it is a dream takeover where if you see her in your dreams, then you are, then like, you know, are taken over. Mm -hmm. He woke up right at the beginning and he's still trying to fight against yeah. it, I guess. Now, I don't know. And it's again, a very odd like progression of what we're dealing with because we don't know any of the rules. Yes. And with that, uh, if you start to kind of come up with rules and say, okay, it's a dream inoculation. Uh, what about the people who aren't sleeping at exactly. this moment? You like, know what I mean? Alfred so, already yeah. like, wake up from his dream? Yeah. Is that what's and, going on? Is he just it, you know, sees like, uh, Ivy in his mind right now? Yeah. And that's why every... he's waiting for Master Bruce to come out yeah. so he can attack him? And was everybody in the world sleeping? Uh, you know, well, obviously, we they were at the point you know when we move on to the whole I love you's where everybody yeah. is just going about their day or that's whatever. What I'm like, yeah. Even that whole thing. You know, it's the middle of the night. I would think that, you know, that Bruce and Selena are sleeping right yeah. there. It could be the day they're night out, stuff like that. Everywhere yeah. else around the world, it's daytime. So well, I don't again, know what's going on. And there's other parts in the world. I don't know if you know this, Eric, but different times and things going around the world. Like sometimes there's night when there's day here. I, I don't, know you you don't know if you realize this. Like right now in Australia, people are getting up in the morning right now. I would say people this. in Metropolis are, you know, they're not having a daytime when Gotham has nighttime. No, no. But I'm saying, you know, you have a whole deal where yes. you know you're having a rough so again there's a rule i want to know 
But he goes down into the bat cave. He gets there. He sits down. Looks like he's looking, you know, to see what's going on. But obviously, from what Ivy tells us later, and oh, and it's funny too because he goes down and you see that he has this inoculation right near him. But yet, when he first goes down, he seems to be pondering something like, "Huh, you know, did I forget to turn off the oven? Well, the I might is, want now, to check." That. Is, he, is he pondering himself? All right, this will defend against it, but not reverse it. Yeah, well, who knows? But he he's there. And and before that, like we said, he goes by, Alfred is there, and it's like, oh, what's the matter, master? What's the matter, sir? And uh, Bruce just clocks him. He clocks him, and then he, I think he man. killed him. I think he killed him. He, he just goes full with out. eyes open, dead. He's an old man. I, I, and yet then we see the reveal that at this point he is being you know, affected or controlled by oh, Ivan. Oh, he had a batarang in his he head. He's going to attack Bruce. Yes. Now, in my mind, okay, this is what's happening. Why would she have him do this? Because in her mind, I think that she thinks that she's going to control everyone. Bruce is going to get this inoculation, What it, again, antidote, whatever you want to call it or try to think of what it is. But why is this the one person in the world that she is now going to control, push, mind control? I don't know what she's doing, but sends to attack Bruce. Now, again, you can say, but Jim, he's Batman. She knows that he's going to be a problem, whatever. Yet later, she basically... Basically says that him and Selena are inconsequential and that she doesn't care. In the yeah. end, they are inoculated and she doesn't seem to care about that anyway. So why would she ever even think or do or what this is going on? All yeah, it ooh. is is a moment for Bruce to punch Alfred. So you go, oh my God, he punched Alfred. And then you have the batarang. And then he goes down into the cave. Now, again, I'm going to keep pointing out a little some flaws that I think there are. It seems that Bruce has an inoculation. Now, Ivy later will say, listen, you, you know, it's pretty clever what you did, how you did it. Uh, I see it. I see this deal. But you have to realize it doesn't reverse the effects. Once the effects go it in, it doesn't reverse it. it. Is this a booster shot like you get as a kid to get rid of rubella? Because if that's the case, why didn't he already give it to him, Alfred, you know, Selena, the, the whole Justice know. League, everybody? You know, why isn't the Justice League going around? Why aren't they putting this? Because when he wakes up, he wakes up with the look and the purpose of, oh, shit, it's going down. It's inoculation time. He knew that this was going to happen the way it plays out. And he goes down, ponders things, and then just has this here. He has this inoculation here. And Selena comes down, basically like, hey, batty, batty, batty. Hey, uh, come here, poor boy. Let me hold you. I think this is when you asked me to dance. And all this is actually narration going also from Ivy. Uh, but Selena goes to kiss him. And already it seems that Bruce knows that she's affected because he's reaching for this, you know, inoculation gun and has to actually, you know, arm it, it seems, but uh -huh. doesn't seem whatever. But then. Catwoman attacks, and he does give her the, you know, the shot in the neck, uh, then gives himself the shot, and then passes out. Now, again, if this is something that you knew was going to happen, why didn't you do this before? If this is, but I don't know if this is an antidote, but it doesn't seem to be, because later when Ivy talks, she says, oh, you know, it, it doesn't reverse the, it does, you know, all it does it is only stop it, it, or yeah. whatever. So do you have to be affected before you, I, I don't know. I don't know. 
And what the, we we wouldn't. It, it, but is I, what Ivy's doing? Is it like herpes? Where now that you have it, you always have it, but well, there yeah. are steps to defend against yes, it so yes, it doesn't you, show you up. You end up that you don't have bad outbreaks. You, but you can't that, reverse it. You'll always have it. But with that, if Bruce knew what was going on, then know. then he should say to everybody, "Listen, you don't want the herp. Don't go here or that." You know, if this is the why hasn't he tried more steps? Why hasn't he alerted people? And again, why isn't well, Superman inoculated? Now, again, well, you can go full is, the, we, we say this whole thing, but none of it makes sense in the current no. continuity as it is because, you know, Poison Ivy is working for TerraCare, which yeah. is a subsidiary of Gordon Queen Energy. She's yeah. working with Batgirl regularly through this and on the Birds of Prey, it seems like, whenever they have to call her up. Bravo, Eric. And with that, she has been on a the hero reg. in the Birds of Prey. And this is where I think that Tom King writes his book and basically thinks that every other book has to fucking, you know, struggle and not drown in his wake because yeah. he is a guy and he thinks, listen, I'm a number one big cheese. I am the Batman book. Batman, I'm Batman, bitch. And with that, you have it so that I think that he just thinks, you know, everything runs through me and this book. And that's how it's going to be. So I don't care if Ivy is a hero in any other book. It's such a weird thing because it seems like the Bensons went out of their way to incorporate his continuity into their book. and make like you know, girl. Had Gotham World, not only that, but it's the only book in DC right now that actually acknowledges wedding plans because yeah. Selena's in that book from time to time. She talks yep. about, you know, her connection to Bruce Wayne. Yes. Here, he doesn't acknowledge, like, th- their nope. story at all. You know, no. he's doing his own thing. He's doing the King verse. And there's no, like, you know, quid pro quo going on at yeah, DC, no. it seems. No. And with that, as you're getting this narration of Ivy, then, as you see Bruce, you know, inoculating Selena and himself, you have this whole deal where she keeps talking. Ivy's talking, basically, we would think, to the world where it leads. And she's like, hey, you know what? I think this is the time when I you asked me to dance. I like how you feel. I like how we fit yes. together. Don't hey. you think it's nice how we fit? I, I think do. it's nice. It's all I think about sometimes. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to go. And I shouldn't say it, but... I have to say it. I love you now. Again, whoa, I think whoa, that basically whoa. where Hold this is horses. the problem. Yeah, really. What, what is it? Valentine's Day or met. something, baby? Uh, but with this, you have it where Tom King, when he writes this book, he only cares about two characters, Batman and Catwoman, Bruce yeah. and Selena. That's all he cares about because that sexy talk leads to her also saying that to a little girl on a slide. You, you, you get this put on whole a list spread for shit page. like that. Don't do that. Yeah, you get this whole spread page where she just said that to a little girl. Grod. Everybody. I don't know what's worse. Everybody. I saw Grod will spit in your face with that disease gorilla, gorilla spit. Gonorrhea. Who wants that? And the Pope, Trump, all these people from around the world that she – and Superman and Wonder Woman, big, and maybe even Lois Lane. I can't tell. That kind of looks like it might be Lois. I don't know. And guys flying a plane. But again, this is the thing where so, – This is her – yes. This is her ma- big plan that she'll explain, but we don't know what the plan is. And so far, it does not look bad. Uh, we don't know. But it's bad to mind control kids and things I'm like that. I'm just saying, I get angry when anybody tells me that they love me. Yeah, but what, yeah, really, you just say, ooh. 
But yeah, yeah, with that, like we fit good together. We yeah. fit, little girl. Like Ugh. it just threw You're me off. To a dark it place, threw me Abby. off. And this is where I was saying at one point where, tell me how the green is affecting as as she goes on to say, I control the green. Tell me how anything said, is I going think on. Swamp thing is going to have something to point, say. After the point where everybody says I love you to Ivy, which in my mind is the whole completion of it, where their their will yeah. has been broken down. They have succumbed to Ivy's will at this point. Yeah. Then we go to Bruce Wayne and Selena, who, you know, were naked in the Batcave. They passed yeah. out after the inoculation. Now they wake up in bed in their costumes. They're in their costumes. What happened? And I didn't know if maybe they – something happened before they passed out. They slept walk because at this point they shouldn't be controlled. Hell, it might as well Did be Alfred this whole freaking white mercy that we had in the beginning of Trinity where they're sharing each other's dreams because yeah. why else would you wake up in bed where Alfred talks like Ivy and you're yeah. in costume? And what happens then is Bruce wakes up, Selena wakes up, what – She's here, and it is through Alfred. Alfred walks in. We get the green font of the dialogue. Great Let you know that Ivy's talking through Alfred. It works very well. It works great, and it works so good in the point where you do not have to explain it. You don't have to have, uh, you know, Ivy through Alfred say, Huh, sorry, I had to take control of your manservant. You know what the thing is? Tom King doesn't want to explain anything in this book. I actually think this was the letterer's thing. Like, you know what? Oh, Tom King's not explaining anything. That, I'm Tom telling gonna explain you, something. That, that's great. That is a really good touch. But then basically tells a Superman story. Bravo, Clayton Cowles. Yeah, really. And uh, says, uh, hey, you know what? A few years ago, Joker decided he could best Superman. Now, at this point, I'm thinking Selena's like, here we go with another story. What, what is with this another, mansion another story in bed. and these stories? Like, can I get out of bed at least this time? Because these stories never go anywhere, and I get bored as shit. Like, what? what okay, Alfred. I, I thought your greatest regret was you couldn't make a good Western omelet, for Christ's sakes. Now you're going to tell me Shade. this? And basically, it's the whole story, and it seems to be just a fan service moment. Hey, the Joker came to Metropolis. He ended up kidnapping a bunch of people, taking them hostages, put them well, in Lois, Jimmy Perry. Yeah, and let and they don't even say that in this. No, but, but it's, this it's is an where homage to John Burns' early Superman run. Yeah, we had a John, John Burns Superman. Uh, again, it was, I think, volume two, uh, yeah. issue number nine, somewhere around there, where you did have Joker go to Metropolis. He did kidnap Perry, Jimmy, and Lois, and ended up saying that he put him in lead coffins that would run out of air if Superman didn't save them. And it was the whole thing, you can't see them. But in this, you know, and it's an homage. It's not a ripoff because it's a little no. different and whatnot. It, it's kind of actually cool. Uh, Must be but, Superman Reborn. Yeah, it's cool with this, but it's not cool when you think of what is actually going on in the issue. I don't need this. No. I, I want to know the rules first, and then we'll get to that. Must be Superman uh, Reborn. Yeah, with that, saying, oh, you know what? Superman then realized he could save everybody by looking where he couldn't see. Now, again, is this – is Ivy now – turned into the Riddler and wants to lay some fucking riddles down so that well, things the thing can be is, figured she, out. She tells this uh, whole big story. You know, Tom King writes this whole story about, you know, what Superman did to save everybody when the Joker came to town where he looked at the places that he couldn't see to save them. Yeah. Just to have the wraparound where Alfred's walking out at the end. He's like, two little heroes hiding yeah. in lead boxes for all to see. Yeah. Which, uh, it kind of goes against it. You know, it you goes see against don't it. See. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't even make sense. It, it, uh, it just is there to be there. Because then... Bruce decides, I'm going to punch this motherfucker again. I, I don't care. I'm going to punch no. this old guy. Gets up punch and goes to punch him. And a flash, you know, Barry Allen, it looks like, comes in, gets clocked, gets knocked out. And there is Alfred there with Ivy talking through him. Would you like to try again? There are a few more flashes available. And I said before when we didn't record, 
if I was Bruce, that's a challenge. Is that an invitation? Whatever. Bring what, them on. Whatever. I got Bring a whole pick basket full of knuckle gonna, sandwiches. Yeah, Come I'm going to sit there. Yeah, extra knuckles because right there, why does he stop trying to punch him? If that's what he wants to do, if he's trying to punch Alfred, but Tom King spells out, oh, no, on Twitter he says, listen, these punches mean something. They, they, they are him. That's detective work. So all I can think of, he's doing this thinking, okay, who else is she controlling? But that's a really – that's a lot of conclusions to jump to because he, to knock out Barry Allen here, that's got to be a hell of a punch, Eric. If yeah. he gets through that and there is no Barry Allen, I do now think that Alfred is dead. He's playing the well, devil's the hand The here. detective work that Tom King's talking about, it's almost like how many looks to get to a freaking Tootsie Pop. That's all it is. How many punches to break Alfred's jaw? Yeah, and really <laughs> three. But yeah, I'm telling you, I'd say, okay, yeah, bring him on. I'd start fucking throwing haymakers like I'm goddamn Mike Tyson here. I'm telling you, it would never I stop. I might cut his goddamn ear off. I don't know. I'm telling you, I would. I'd go that far. I would go to town. Now, the problem is, is what is going on here? You have Batman jump out of bed. Alfred is still Alfred. Ivy's talking through him. He's Ivy isn't doing anything per se at this moment that's bad, really. You know what I mean? It's not really – but – is this something that he's trying to do to save Alfred? Because I can only think that if you're going to make it so he's going to punch Alfred, is it just that Bruce is pissed at this moment? Because that's all I think it is. He looks pissed and get out. You know, he's the goddamn Amityville horror house and he goes to punch. Saying get out and going to punch Alfred can only mean in my mind that Bruce, who we already established to me, Knows what is going on with Ivy. He has an inoculation. He knows something saying get out and trying to punch him. That means if you knock these people out, it breaks the control and then he can do something to help Alfred. But you're, I don't think we're ever going to get that. Well, we already it's saw just, him knock out Alfred before who yeah, seemed to be under his well, like, Ivy's what control I'm saying. to a degree with the so, battering and whatnot. That didn't seem to yeah, do anything. So what you're boot? telling me then, it's all another fan service wow moment yeah, of Bruce the flash punching the Flash. Not only did Batman hit a baseball throw by Superman, but he can knock out the Flash in one punch. Yeah, and I tell you, my kids were watching YouTube, I think yesterday, watching a guy that can hit a 250-mile-an-hour fastball. They showed it, and he did it. Uh, I don't think Bruce could so right there. It was bullshit that they said about how, oh, you know, if Superman throws the ball, you know, it's going to fall apart, and then technically that's not a strike. I don't know. Do you have an umpire there? I don't even want to get into that nonsense again. But with this, though, what is the intent of Batman Punching out Alfred. Is this meaning to me? Like I said, does this mean he that he can go around? Can he just go around and punch people out? And then it happens because then you have Ivy where, to me, she has a lot of concern for Batman. And Selina, she is doing a lot to taunt them or whatever. And then goes against it and says, you know what? Yeah, I really have no – you're of no consequence. Two little heroes with that. But then starts to – threaten people starts to go with this whole thing you know what i control everyone and then says it's like and all these are very threatening situation i control every person holding a gun every army waiting for orders every man with a missile every woman with a bomb it just goes over and over superheroes villains to me then you are really pointing out the fact that she is going to wreck house but she says i just want to make things better now with you say Ivy making it better, to me that is an eco global eco oh, yeah. thing. Uh, but why then threaten? And really, you control everyone. This is almost getting to what we say all the time. 
if nobody, if everybody's special, nobody's special. She controls everyone. So what does it matter? Somebody with a gun. What does it matter? Yeah. An army. You control everyone. There are no armies anymore at this point. You are every. It's a global nation of ivy right now. So it doesn't matter who has a missile or a bomb, unless you're just saying you're just going to bomb unless the shit out of way matter. Yeah. Yeah. So what is going on? Because then she says, "I control the green. I understand each of them as I understand the green. I control them all. How? How do you control people through the green? We don't know. I said, is it airborne? Is it some?" Something going on. I don't know. I don't know. No and idea. with that, you do see her grow pretty much a, a throne slash fortress of the green vines and things like that. But when we saw everybody saying like, I love you too to her, it wasn't necessarily in a an area or a page that you saw vegetation going crazy yeah. either. So it was just, I don't know. That, well, she started that. She's at the park and then she decides to grow this because yeah. it looks like a cool spread page. Yeah, and as she's talking about the green, you're going to do that. And she grows that and she says, I already have everything. And that's where Bruce says, you don't have me. And then Selena says, and you'll never have me. And this is a weird deal where you do have the wedding coming up between Bruce and Selena. Yeah. Is this just to get to the fact where, okay, you can kind of, you know, think that maybe Selena and Catwoman, maybe they've been together at points like Harley oh, has I, been I, with Ivy Selena, and things yeah, yeah. like that. And uh, with that, is this so that they, you just know that they aren't because they're friends. Well, that's the thing. They're, they're good friends in my mind. I've seen them hang out and have a great time together. Yeah. I don't know what this is all about. Yeah, and and this isn't even like Selena. Like, where is the point where Selena talks to Alfred so that you know Ivy can hear and says, "Why are you doing this? Like, I'm your friend. I, I'm one of your closest friends. Why are you doing this to the world?" Let alone just me, but the world. This isn't you. Where is this where she pleads to Ivy and says, I don't understand why you're doing this. Are you yourself? Are you being controlled? And maybe leading to something like that. But no, it is cut and dry, black and white. You'll never have me. And then that's where Alfred, you know, and, you know, her talking through, well, yes, well, using Alfred's codes and Cyborg's abilities, basically she knows that that is Bruce Wayne as bad. Yeah, and she, she knows, knows everything. everything about there everybody, it seems like, now because she's taking control now. of everyone. Yeah, she's taking control of every single person. Again, you know, now we're talking about Cyborg. We don't know where he is. I'm assuming, as always, he's on monitor, monitor duty, duty on the Watchtower. Yeah. How does the green affect a fucking cyborg and the Watchtower in space? How does no, that I... happen? So what is going on here? And also he even says, you know, Alfred went in the computer, things like that. That makes sense. Uh, but with this, she says just basically, uh, I have the world. I'm going to make it better. Okay? How? Let's let's find that out. I do think that's going to be something we find out but then they just i want you to know as we fix what has been so broken i'm genuinely sorry that you can't be a part of it it's a shame but also i want you to know though it's a shame it's not a concern it certainly seems like it is now again punch that motherfucker when he turns his back <laughs> and i'm telling you if that's what you wanted to do and then basically you have the ending where oh my god i still have a page okay i'm gonna do some repeating dialogue and so nine like pages everyone... oh, not even nine so no they split it up a little bit so yeah. they, they don't give us that nine panel layout that he loves to use so much yeah but yeah i don't know i don't know how i don't know and how can is she the league our families i just imagine bruce he looks up, sees the graves, <laughs> <Families>. <laughs> and then she looks and like, 
Oh, you're right. She thinks back at her fucking disaster of a family as well. Like, yeah, strike that one from the record. And how can I we? I don't know. I don't know. And there is Flash. He is knocked out. Hopefully we continue with something with the Flash that will get us a little bit of an idea of what's going on, what the rules are, what the thing. But without the rules now, I can't sit there and go, shit, man, awesome, because it's I It's just don't a nothing of a story that says it's doing something. We don't know why. Yeah. We just have to accept the fact that it's happening, and that's it. Yeah, that's it. And basically, oh, my God, and I see people. Oh, man, and unfortunately – or fortunately, whatever you want to go with, uh, a lot of people don't read every book. And you had yeah. already mentioned it. In Birds of Prey, you have Ivy as a – I can't say a hero, but she's she a like an redeemed, exalt, exhilarating member of the freaking yeah, you know, Birds of Prey. She is helping and almost to the point where the Bensons are writing it as a – Character that is continuously learning and continuously not well, learning. I'm just but, saying, in the last issue of Birds of Prey, Barbara Gordon herself brought freaking Ivy yeah. a fat burger. Yep. And they had dinner together. Yeah, and with that, you, when you started, she was kind of breaking into, you know, Thermacare and doing stuff. Terracare, yeah. Terracare, I mean, and, and kind of, you know, almost getting rid of some people or whatever. But she learned and she kept going and did help and it's progressed. That progression is shot down right here. And even that, also, when she was going about it the wrong way, she did eventually become a hero and she she was doing yes. all this stuff to expose yeah. the corruption within TerraCare. Yep, and also All-Star Batman. Scott Snyder had her. Batman went where Batman was going to all these villains and pretty much, you know, every time you'd have Mr. Freeze and they yeah. wrecking house, went to Ivy and realized, you know what? You're not bad. And no. to the point where it wrapped around that Ivy ended up helping Batman, helping save people and made sure that what happened, there was, a, a you know, an outbreak from, the, you know, Things going on, people dying, and a girl was like – It's one of the best written patient we've had zero. Years. Yes, and it was a patient zero situation with this little girl. And Ivy said like, don't make this disease – don't center it on her. Don't let this be known for her, please. And and Batman basically said, you know what? I won't. You, you are a hero and go from that. And Tom King just comes in and just willy-nilly goes. And the problem is, is we don't get enough – of what is going on, and and I'll even anything. go back where we had the demon realm that the Wonder Woman and Batman were just in, and we had pointed out before, but I'll mention like some of the things that we never learned. Why, when you have a demon realm that can only be opened from one way to the other, did you need somebody to protect? Because it seems like you can only open this door, this yeah. gateway from Earth. And if that's the case, how did the gentleman even get a hold of Wonder Woman at that point? Like there are so many empty spaces that are never. And just it's basically like, yep, I'm done. And, and I get the idea of a very bad case of ADD of writing of cool moments, shiny things, a, a shining light on the wall. And like, oh, I'm going to get that. Uh, and oh, there's another one. And just leaving that the Forbidden City, the idea that we never, ever truly cleared up that uh, Catwoman is not a Holly mass Robinson, murderer. what's going on with her? Yeah, and, and yeah, that. We don't know. We never saw it, and everything is gone. And then there's some crazy voodoo going on because then five issues later, you start talking about it. People are like, oh, no. There was the panel when Holly was, uh, you know, she was in court. and she what? what? When did that happen? And then you go back and look, and it's because – you filled in the blanks yourself, and now you are actually going to the you know narration in your head that you filled in, and that's not what I need. I, I really don't. I don't need to be. I don't need my hand to be held fully 
but I do need a basis, a you know, a, a format and a, a fucking story that actually has some substance to it, and not just this nonsense. Where at the end of this next year, I'll go, hey, remember that Ivy story? And you'll just be like, oh, yeah, I remember she took over the world, but. I don't understand that this is a disposable type of storytelling that is there. You chew it up. Boy, it tastes good. It's like fucking that juicy fruit gum or, you know, the uh, uh, fruit stripe gum. It fucking tastes great. Oh, that zebra stripe gum. Yeah, the fruit stripe gum. You're like, oh, wait, I'm going to eat this. Oh, my God, it's the best thing I ever – oh, it's gone. You don't even get the sentence out and it's done. That's what this is. It's the fruit stripe gum of fucking stories that it never sticks. And it's driving me nuts. And I see the I want to be in this group that loves it because it seems like they're having all the good times. Eh, we're back in high school again. I'm eating lunch by myself, fucking hot egg salad sandwiches, eating that. And I look over and there's a goddamn party going on with all the cool kids. I can't be involved. I go over and they fucking throw me out shorty they say then you go over you like you go over and you're like hey can i get it a- oh no Eric, you're not involved either and i, I want to be involved I was with the cool kids i want to love this book to the point where i think it's the greatest thing ever and i try to convince myself and i can't because we get that and then i think that i have to be the goddamn person to solve the fucking equation what, what am i the fucking enigma machine here trying uh, to solve you're, the, you're the goddamn mystery code yourself the 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 bitchy code is what I am because I'm furious. I just I I'm telling you why why do we talk about this book? We have talked about it before, and me and you even came to the thing of like fuck it, we're not talking about this book anymore. We're done. We're not going to talk about Batman. And then people are like, oh, but Jim, you and Eric have to talk because then the you know you you balance out the force. You're huh. fucking Ray, or you know you're Kylo now. I don't know and. I don't want to be Kylo, though I do, especially shirtless Kylo, Eric. But I, I don't, I do not want to be the balance and the force anymore. I want to just disappear from this book and let everybody else love it. And I don't want to spoil the goddamn party anymore. But yeah, we'll still talk about it. I'm sure oh, yeah. you don't care. It's a review. But again, these these reviews take you two seconds because there's nothing to talk about. I don't and know. You're not, I love and, reviewing and, this book because I can get done it in like two minutes. And, I can and, get done yeah. the review and, and again, you know, 10 minutes. All right. Done that's and why, done. That's why I love the podcast because the review, it's not your place in a review to script doctor. It's not your place in the review to really, you're just there to say what happened and if you like it and why. Uh, the podcast is to get in the nitty gritty and, and just go nuts. So I like that, but it, it's just driving me nuts. And again, most of the people we talk to have had enough of this book too yeah. and just want something better. And this better can be from Tom King. It can be, but he seems to, since that swamp thing, number 23, it seems like he is reading his own press clippings and realizing to me, saying, oh, you know what? I was really working hard earlier on in this book. I, I don't think I have to. I mean, they're, they're throwing accolades at me for giving half a story. Fuck it. I'm in. I'm going to mail this shit in. And I, I don't even want to say that because he is a guy. I'm sure that he is very proud of his work. 
It's just not for me. It's not for me. Not for me either. Not for a lot of people. For a lot of people. And it's a real shame because you start getting this whole deal where we are not going to argue about this book. Now it's just going to be argued. It's almost to the point where Batman has become religion and politics. You don't talk about fucking religion, politics, and Tom King's Batman. Because if you say, you know what, I don't like it, they don't even wait and to find out why. It just, oh, you're, you're a jerk. And then it goes downhill and you're never going to win. And that's something that I cannot accept. I need to win, Eric. I need to win. I, I never do, but I need to. I'm going to get that carrot. One of these days, I'm going to oh, bite not. that carrot and then I'm going to realize I hate carrots. <laughs> Why the hell have I been chasing this carrot? Why can't I chase a pork roll, egg and cheese, bagel sandwich, Delicious. not a carrot? Dangle that carrot. You're getting nothing. That's like me playing tag at work. The game ends. I'm not chasing. I'm not a donkey. Though I've been called a jackass before. Yeah. What'd you give it? I gave this issue a 4.5 out of 10 because while I love the art in this issue, there was nothing to this story at all. And I had no and no rules at all. Things are like I said before. Things are just happening. you got to accept that things are happening except for when they're not happening Oosh. for another reason. Yeah. I, uh... I would love to do this. Wrong turn gives this a fuck you five. But I can't. The the art's too good. It really is. I, I really love the art. And again, you can tell that when we do talk about a book or whatever, uh, whether it's good, better, and different, we do really tend to go by the story. And so the story is really oh, yeah. going to be what drives the score. So somebody could say to you if they really wanted to, like, how could you give something that looks this good? You know, that lowest score. I don't read comics for the pretty pictures. I no. read them for the ongoing story. He's blind, people. He cannot right. see at all. So he is not going to be not on my that. watch. But with that, I'll give it a 5.1. I, I can't go with it. And again, it does end up getting to me. It gets to me a bit where I look at comic book roundup and I see old Eric Shea's 4.5. And, you know, you have a couple others. Hussein, one of them. Uh, but then oh, as yeah. it goes on, tens and nine five nine five nine five nine eight you know and they do they must like it though when i read the reviews a lot of them just seem like we don't get much here but well, i so know it's setting up something score on comic book roundup right now after 20 reviews is an eight out of ten yeah eight out of ten and and with that i see all these reviews I, I don't know the rules here but boy i like how it's said you know i don't know what they're saying but i like the way it's said no you, you can't do this come on these reviewers, you gotta have some pride and have the idea that you're here to review, not to fucking push things like that. And all you'll do is let shit keep going on. We need better. These books, we see people bailing where we have people who even on the Patreon and don't even read a DC book anymore. And they say to us, oh, you know what, you know, I, I want people to be into us, Eric. And if the books suck, yeah, you can, you can tune in to hear us lose our guts them shit every now and again but wouldn't it be better and we always get it too where people say man i love it when you and eric love a book when the fuck is that gonna happen again i want to know eric come on talk talk me off this weird science reborn god darn it we're gonna move on now i'm telling you i i didn't think i was gonna get as mad i got mad it's funny too because we did record it before and it I got mad at different things this time <laughs> before I got mad at a lot of other things. And this kind of changed it up, and now I don't have a voice. There you go. But what's next, Eric? 
Superman number 41, written by James Robinson with art by Ed Bennis, Danae Ribeiro, and Rob Lee. Superman is determined to save the people of Gallimane, but he will have to settle on only saving the eggs of the only scientist on the planet who is named Klain. But after the scientist is killed by his own people, those people then refuse to accept Superman and Superboy's help before their planet explodes. Yes, indeed. Well done, Eric. You, you read you. that great without any sort of, uh, you know, bump in the road. But yeah, oh, why would I? Oh, I don't know. But yeah, Superman, uh, we, we end up with an issue that's a little less about religion and a little oh, more God. about hope. Yeah. Uh, even though they, you know, you do have the religion still in that, but really it's a very extended issue that really tells a little bit of story in a lot of pages because basically you do have the idea, like you said in the blurb, that the one scientist unfortunately had lost his wife. They During have the some purge. Eggs. Yeah, the purge, and they have some eggs, and he has picked a planet that, you know, again, it's the Superman story. Yeah. And with that, Superboy goes off, and Superman tries to convince the people of this planet, the, you know, one last Hail Mary of Ken. Can you, you know, go with us? Can you please, you know, come to your senses and your God may want you to live? And it ends up that they don't. And it's it's kind of it's an odd way to end. But really, I it's, it's I don't. a really odd way to end. But the thing is, there's so little story to what we have here, because it seems like James Robinson blew his load in the last one where it was yeah. just all about like anti-religion with those savages and shit like that. Yeah. Now that we've moved past that. He doesn't have a lot else to say no, because he seems like he's saying, pulling yeah. a lot of Tom King out of this because we have a lot of repeating dialogue. It's yep. not exactly the same, but they're telling the same thing over and over again throughout this issue. Yes, you are. And really, you know, I don't know how much more we can talk about it because basically uh, the scientist who is the last of the, his deal. The, the he only takes scientist. Them, yes. And he takes them down to his under underwater lair, and they go all there. Underwater. And I know. And basically, you have this guy saying to Superman and Superboy, "Listen, uh, I know that everybody here are savages. I, I understand that, but I still want the, our race to continue. But yeah. I want it to continue fresh. I want a fresh start. I don't want this hate." And, you know, that sort of thing to follow our legacy. And if we are going to live, like, you get this whole idea where Superman wants to save Superboy, too. They want to save everybody on the planet. Uh, it's starting to push very quickly on the deal of, you know what, eh, we're kind of pieces of shit. You know, yeah. we really don't, including himself, who pretty much, you know. Well, he even I'm says at one a, point, like, because he initially intends on going with it. He has a rocket ship that he intends to go with yeah. himself and the eggs to this other planet so the species can continue. And he even says, like, I hope that, like, you know, me going along, just because of who I am and how I was raised with all the surrounding of what my people are, I don't bring that hate over and yeah, teach them, yeah. like, subconsciously something that I don't want them to know growing and, up. And even with that, I think that what they're pointing out, or James Robinson is pointing out, I do think that that guy is going to go, if he does go with the eggs to this planet, even though he isn't a hateful man. He kind of is. I mean, he is a guy. Now, it comes, uh, you know, full circle at the end where the guy basically says, listen, I'm religious, too. I just am also a scientist. Yeah. And really, my biggest problem with this Look, whole, I'm religious, too. I'm just not a douchebag about yeah, it. Yeah, and with this, the, my whole issue of this whole issue is that by the end, nobody's mad at anybody anymore before basically the destruction of this There's planet. There's no time to be mad. Well, you have these guys who are basically saying, like, you know, you know, for our God and you, peace of shit superman you come and you think you can tell us this that and the other thing by the end the guy's like you know what 
kind of sense that you're a good guy. You know, maybe you're not so bad, and maybe you just kind of are a little pushy, but I can see where you're coming from, and it ends up with basically, I'm like, all right, you know what? Uh, we're all friends here, and let's get, you know, Superman, you oh. leave, we're going to die, you know, and it just it doesn't amount to much in the end. Uh, the one thing that I really got thrown from is the, the one and the dialogue i don't know that the dialogue is great here and it, it the one part where superman goes hey uh you know it's all about hope there's that word again i'm like oh this does not sound like superman uh with this that it's just pushing it's almost it like it sounds like a prepared speech yeah and this to me and i hate to say it this is the alien version of the road trip now where we're on a planet to see that you know you kind of get that little bit but not stressed enough i think to john of you know we said last issue of the fact you, you can't mess around the prime directive says that right. we can't mess around like superman and superboy and to the end superman still keeps pushing like you know you guys should get out out of here instead of saying you know what i hate what you're doing i don't agree with it but you have the right to he does get to that but it just seems like there's a well, lot I'm telling you, of by standing the around this issue, i don't know how to feel i actually felt a little cold inside because i don't hate this issue and i don't love this issue either i think i gave this the same score as i did the previous one but like you know there was a lot of like you know messed up things about the whole anti-religion aspect of the issue, yeah. but I wanted to see where James Robson would take it because I thought there was enough interesting things to go into this one to where I find out there's not much of a story no, here. But and, yeah. even the idea where I don't know how to feel about this issue by the end of it because I don't know what James Robson is really trying to tell us with this story because it is a similar story to like you know Superman's origin while yeah. also talking yeah. about you know we're going to leave the religion behind and talk about the hope and stuff like that. I think it was Manship on the site. I actually brought up the idea that this is more of like, you know, getting John ready for the idea of what's going to happen when Dr. Manhattan, a godlike being, shows yeah. up and tries to, you know, push them around on their own planet or something like that. Yeah, also, I, I, think I don't it's know a... if that's what they's going for, but it's yeah. just a weird turnabout where we don't really have a resolution and Superman is just left kind of powerless to do yeah. what he wants to. Well, and even with that, I do think it's one of those where uh, you're also getting a Superman who had no John. You know, it's he's been looking at the crystals. He's doing this. He even yeah. mentioned out of the last one. Oh, great row, and that and that kind of comes full circle here. I also think it's one of those where you do get John to see some consequences of something that happened, not just a crystal font of Krypton being destroyed. Now he sees what's happening and sees these people and met them. Though it doesn't seem like it affects him much by the end, no. but w with this though. Like even that line at the end, after the planet explodes, and like you know, John had uh, had left earlier with the eggs, and mm -hmm. Superman then catches up after the planet explodes, and he's like, you know, are you okay? You're like, yeah, but I feel bad because for a split second there, when the planet exploded, I, I knew like it was the way terrible, it looks. but I saw, I thought it was beautiful, and like, you know what, John, I think the same thing. We're, same. We all think these things. It's okay, yeah. my son. I thought it when the Death Star blew up, Eric, in the oh. uh, special edition. But I, I with say that, the special edition, of no, course. Yeah, with that though, you have this story where you're just going to basically we'll, we'll go through this you know end this pretty quickly but you have the idea where these savages come and, and they're not even it's one of those like one person's freedom fighter isn't you know that sort of deal yeah. where you do have these guys they are very big on their dermot religion you know they're yelling his name <laughs> oh, and doing that and with that superman is saying like you know what i don't know if everybody here agrees with that there might be some people who want to save themselves and you have this one guy kind of stutter Duh, Dermot, but nothing comes from that. But the no. biggest problem I have with this, and it's a, it's kind of a, 
I don't know. It's not a James Robinson problem, but we haven't had a lot of issues where we're like, man, James Robinson's kicking ass. Like, man, I remember Earth 2. Oh, great. Earth 2 days. Yeah, we're not having that uh, in the books now. And what happens in this drives me nuts because out of nowhere, you need John to go off with these eggs. And hey, John, you go. It's to push where these guys, these Dermot worshippers come in like, oh, you have your son. No, no, I sent my son off. But the biggest problem I have – he has to fight off or at least keep them at bay. Oh, no, this is my biggest problem. The issue Suddenly, as well. their quote-unquote faith magic that had gotten rid of both Superman and Superboy's powers has gone off. This is oh. at a point to me that as this planet is about to be destroyed and they are – it should be more. I mean they're they right. seem they're to be really committed. God. Yes, this should be a point where Superman is less than mortal, and, and but it can't be because no. especially he's going to be in a planet destroying. So he has to have powers, but also he has to keep these savages at bay. He's not going to kill them, but he has to be strong enough to be able to just disperse them at one point with a thunderclap of some sort. It is nonsense. We had led this whole thing in the last issue to be based on the fact that faith religion magic. in this was faith that was like magic and they could not battle them because they are, you know, magic screws up their powers. Down. All of a sudden he just says, hey, John, can you feel that? I feel like I'm strong again. He says, I feel stronger, almost full power. Maybe it's this confusion here that's weakening their faith magic. There is no confusion. confusion. They are bashing the door open of this goddamn scientist lab to kill everyone and kills the guy and kills then Quain, wants them blows out. Blows up his rocket. Yeah, there is no confusion. There is no confusion. They are no. full out faith in they their know God. They what they're doing. Yeah, and then just John, get out of here because now you have to have John fly off. Now he has to have full powers. He's and you got have to have eggs. Superman yep. to fight him back. Nonsense. It is complete nonsense. And that really is the biggest part of the issue that threw me off. And the dialogue. Like I said, hey, you know, guys, yeah, that, 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 it's, it's it really hope. felt like a prepared speech. Yeah, when she's like, he's it, talking to the yeah, high priest. I'm telling you, when he says hope. that, when he's like, that's hope. There's that word again. There's that news van. And when he's saying it, he's there. And then that, that's where you have the high priest who wanted to kill them suddenly goes, you know what? You are a good man. I see that now. Frankly, part of me still resents you, assuming yeah. we'd be, you know, want to be saved. But you know what? Thanks for trying. Like, really? Th that's All what you're respect. getting? All due respect. Yeah. Fuck off. And, uh, and then says, now go before. And he's a little too late. They die. And everybody dies. And, yeah, you have Superman go out to go to John. John's kind of like, oh, shucks, but seems more uh, involved in a very uh, selfish way of I feel bad because I, it looked beautiful. Yeah. And now they're going to go off and, and start this new race, possibly. I think John is going to use that as a bowling ball. He, no, he has it there. He goes, oh, yeah, He's got to one-up Damien at school now. Yeah, that's true. And they're like, hey, you know, by the time we get these eggs to the planet Klain, uh selected for them and then get back to Earth, it'll be too – oh, that, you know, that's apple pie and ice cream day. That's the worst day ever, apple pie and ice cream day. That that's, sounds like a pretty awesome day in my mind. Yeah, I don't know what the no, hell you're talking about. Not on a Thursday. That's more of a Sunday afternoon thing. To me, Thursday, I would say that's not at the meat, Kent house. That's meatloaf day, but yeah, yeah. Well, really, who's making it? They're gonna go back. Lois is in the woods somewhere. There's no apple pie. The apple pie is just gonna be a fucking apple there, uh, next to some fucking, uh, you know, crust that isn't even cooked in a fucking oh. liquor bottle. But yeah, that, that's that. <laughs> what did you give it? I gave this issue, I think I went a little high. You know, the thing is. That whole thing with the powers, that is the biggest problem of the issue because yeah. it doesn't make any sense. It just forces the story where it needs to be without any real explanation because 
It doesn't make sense. No. But overall, I'm telling you, I gave this issue a 6 out of 10, which I gave the previous yeah. one. I thought Mostly that that's because, what you would give it. That's the thing. It's because I actually didn't know how I felt about it. At the no. end, it's such an odd like you know, issue where I don't know what he's really getting at, James Robinson, with this whole like little two-part story. No. But I will tell you that the art by Ed Bennis is miles above somehow the art of Doug Mankey, who I love Doug yeah, Mankey did yeah. the previous issue. Ed Bennis just came into this fucking issue and kicked its ass. I love everything yeah. I saw in yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. wish I could know what the story, like, you know, could get behind the story a little bit more because while it's going on, you know that there's something here. I just can't wrap my head around what yeah. it is. And it, it's, it's yeah. a weird little thing. Like it, it is supposed to be something. Yeah, I just the, don't know what. The issue I have is it really skirts a lot of issues. It never wants that. James Robinson is, wants to tell a story, but realizes what he's getting at is a little tricky ground here. It's a little thin yeah. ice. So he's never going to go because you have the whole deal where John at the end says, oh, you know, should I say Rao or should I, you know, do you believe in God, Dad? I believe well, in something. Well, you know what? I believe in everything. something. I believe in something that's something of something. And you also have where you have Superman. I would have loved it. If basically Superman, tooth and nail, were trying to save these people, and then they end up dying, and he actually was like, "God darn it! I, you know, maybe I'm not here to save everybody." You know, have a lesson for Superman as well. Basically, it seems that the lesson ended up being, "Do you hear them? They said I was a good guy, and then left." I mean, you never even get that whole idea. It basically boils down to, you know what? Sometimes I do see a lot of death and destruction, and it does look pretty to me. So, you know, it, it, we're kind of weird that way, but it's family. and Fist you know, bumps on. Yeah, it just, yeah, it, it really felt weird. Like you said, I understand exactly what you're saying about you can't really grip what is going on because it does kind of go back and forth between these issues and whatever. Yeah. And to the point where you, you think that it's going to lead to, okay, one person's hope could be another's religion, and you can go and understand. Nobody ended up really – Superman didn't understand what no. these people were doing they turned around and said okay you're a good guy i see that uh, but it never ended up with but it's something kind of fucked like, up you were trying yeah, to go against our yeah, religion out just of nowhere never, it seemed like nothing was resolved at, no. at all so yeah that's I'm the thing gonna, is you know what i gave it a six out of ten on the site i could go as low as a 5.5 i'm going 5, to 5.5 so 5. 5. i think we're going 5.8 just because i did Ooh. love the art just officially yeah, the on the freaking great. podcast here. it just it ended up being a nothing issue that had a really big snafu in that middle where all of a sudden yeah. the faith when it seemed like it was at its strongest it should have been the point where superman shouldn't have been able to freaking lift his head he'd be so upset and then faith realize magic. at that saying like you know what I, I can't even stand up. These people, this faith is something powerful, and they really yeah. mean this. So you know what, guys? I got a skedaddle. Can you said? Can you just get over there and and have your faith over there? You have a prayer circle over there, so I can get the hell out over here. And then leaving and realizing to John, saying, "Listen, you know what? Sometimes faith is the most important thing to some people, and you got to respect that." So I, I, you never get that. But uh, we're going to go on to the next issue, the last issue of this section, this very long. And first you know section. what? I, I'm going to go and lean heavy on you. This is my book. I was all yeah. about this, like the idea of this book when it was announced. I, it's it's part two of a three part story, and I yeah. don't know what's going on, and I don't know how that's possible. Yeah, I, I actually, before you even start, and it is Batman and the Signal number two, and you'll do your blurb in a second. Uh, 
I, I'm getting just the idea that basically what we were going to get in, in All-Star Batman with Scott Snyder and those backups and things like that, where we were going to get, uh, you know, the Signal Duke's name, which we didn't get in that anyway. Right. Uh, and maybe we were going to get power or whatever, that this three issues is only set up to have at the end for us to try to understand Duke's powers more. But it is confusing. And really, in the end, it's not really telling a very interesting story. No. And and I just I and it's not even like I'm confused. I just I it's almost like, you know, some people look at a, a painting and you're like, you know what, it's this I just look at this and I'm like, okay, I mean I'm not invested enough to even be confused. I'm just going from one to the other and getting out at the end and I think and hoping Brandon, you understand what happened by the now end. Brandon said to me, and I'm just yeah, hoping and Brandon said to me uh, his summation of this was, you know what, that Batman and the Signal, it talks a lot and says nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know what, you might be onto something. And really, if you wrap your head around the idea that it's only three issues, then it really does kind of point out that I don't know what this book really was well, for. As the thing is, I just it. can't understand yeah. the idea. We are, two, like, you know, part two of a three-issue friggin' yeah. story. And I don't we're, – we're over halfway there. Um, I don't know what's going on in this story that I'm supposed yeah. to be reading and reviewing. And after your blurb, uh, I'll even say a couple things of why you should know and also uh, why we both think that there's a big problem with this story uh, in the time frame of what the big book metal uh, yeah. is coming out and delayed as well. Uh, and maybe it was one of those where maybe they should have waited until after metal for this to debut and go from uh, because you just get things kind of thrown in here you see nth metal without really even knowing how metal ended and, and, and like not that. even nth metal lesser than nth yeah, metal yeah it's tough but uh give me your blurb batman and the signal number two written by scott snyder and tony patrick with art by cully hamner laura martin and d ron bennett duke continues his mission to find out about why metas are springing up all over gotham and what he has to do with it and by the end of the issue I really know nothing more than I did in the previous issue besides the fact that this meta search has something to do with a lesser version of Nth Metal and the sun itself. Yeah, and with this, what I, what I was alluding to before that blurb was that you are a guy who full out read and reviewed We Are Robin. You yep. uh, were reading and doing the podcast through all of All-Star Batman. So yep. there is everything. There is not a... I have Inch. read everything yeah, there is not a ever panel. with Duke Thomas. Yes, there is not a panel that you haven't read and reviewed a bunch of it. And so this is something where if we're going and you're leaning on me to be the informer and the performer, Eric, we both should be able to be the ones that I you know. go and say, oh, I got to listen to Jim and Eric. They know a lot about Duke. They love them. Really, you, uh, one of the DCYOU, We Are Robins, one of your book. I mean, that your Martian big book. That Martian was my favorite yeah, you book of the DCYOU and I wasn't era. As, yeah, I wasn't as big a fan of We Are Robin, but I, shoulder pads Troy. I miss oh, her. Yeah, Troy uh, Walker. Yeah, but with that, we know a lot about it, and then it almost seems like it doesn't matter. And no. everybody – and I don't know who the expert would be because a lot of the things that are thrown in here, I'm guessing that you're going to get a little more from uh, the metal story. But I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think it's going to be much. And I think that what we're supposed to have gone from the casting and the forge into this and also all the – but it doesn't set us up for what's going on. And in the end, like I said, I think that this is going to establish Duke's power set. 
maybe, but also it's really stressing the idea of him being the Bat family member that fights in the day. That seems to be the most important thing. We don't need three issues for that, though, and it's just a little bit confusing, and there is a lot of exposition. There is a lot of dialogue and stuff that actually threw me off because it's like almost like a character saying something in this that we've heard before in other books, but them saying it as if they just came up with it. Basically, what I'm saying is when you get the whole, you know what? You're not Robin. Batman must have wanted something different. I'm yeah, like, it's such a we, weird thing to say. Yeah, yeah we, we already know this because we heard Batman say it to Duke himself. Yeah. He's saying, you're not Robin. You're something else. I have another plan. Uh, that is not a great way to throw it in here to catch up people with that, and it just throws me off. With that, but yeah, you get a continuation of this, you know, might be on the mirror kind of a uh, guy who's working in the shadows. The, this man behind the curtain who's somehow in control yes. of these metas that are springing up. Yes. See, the thing is, we have metas that are, you know, their powers are activating and yes. they're becoming bad guys. We also have other people whose powers are activating who are spontaneously combusting. Yes. We don't know why some are like this is happening to some and not others. Yeah. Somehow, though, it all has to deal, deal with Duke with Thomas Duke. being at the center yes. of it all. And I don't know why. And the dial, and then you get the oh, the sundial. Not, not only that, that. they they talk about the dial. How like these these meta kids that are working for this man behind the freaking curtain, whatever it is. These ones who are at the Arkham Juvenile Center, who Duke went down in the previous issue to go yeah. to try to get some understanding behind what's going on. He's fighting them, and they're talking about him being the center of the yeah. dial. So they keep mentioning this dial, and even Commissioner Gordon in the previous issue when he talked to Detective AC, he said stuff about. This dial, this gnomon yes. theory, and I'm like, this is like, it seems like the police are actually in more of the know in what's going on than Duke himself or yeah. anybody else in this comic, and I still can't grasp what it is they're trying to say. Not only this, we have the gnomon theory, we have the dial that keeps being mentioned, yep. and then the whole idea of this, you know, the the Wayne freaking what is that like the um like the uh the the officers kind of like yeah. high rise that he's built for like oh, yeah, civil yeah, yeah. servants kind of thing. We have all this going on, and it leads to the sun is refracting off yes. this Wayne Civil Service building and, and causing the metas in the, and in the, the narrows, yeah. and possibly this lesser form of nth metal yeah. being in people. Yeah, you're making my head spin. And with what? that, it's funny because I'm sitting there, I'm thinking the dial, and I'm like, huh, what was that bit in the All-Star Batman where you had the colors and you had that color dial as well that we really didn't get a lot? Oh, yeah, what, what happened yeah, with that we, color we never, dial? No, we never, and that's why I'm sitting there all of a sudden when I was reading this earlier today, I was like, man, does this have anything to do with that dial and what's going on? But yeah, you have this idea that basically, like I said, you're going to keep pushing this idea of the Batman who works during the day. That is Duke, right. the signal. Uh, because as you go, you start off with this thing about these day, sh- you know, night shift workers, the shadow crews. And his dad was one of them. And his dad said, you know, these people would come in and build the building at night while nobody realizes. And then the people would come in the next day. Oh man, the two more floors are up. Pretty much to me. Uh, complete and utter nonsense that you're yeah. going to think that a crew is building and, and using shit on a skyscraper. Nobody's going to know this. It, it really is very forced. And it's forced to show that his dad does not have pride in his work because he's like, yeah, my dad was part of them shadow crews. And, and he would tell me when you go in the day, you see all the shitty work that he did. And he's like, looking like, look at this crack in the wall, son. And I'm like, 
Really? That's that's how you're going to show us that it, Duke is going to weird... be able to see more in the day and be able to see, like, I'm I see this, the cracks. This whole intro, though, this flashback of this idea that Duke is telling us about, you know, yeah. seeing things, the truth, the, like the light reveals the truth because they went the day after they got shut down. He gave my mom and me a tour of his last yeah. job. I'm looking at it. Duke is two years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if that is. I'm yeah. like, and this is something you remember him saying to you when he took the, yeah. I'm, the way he's being held by his mother. I'm saying he's got to be two or under. Yeah. And he's talking about you got to look at the light. You know, the oh, light is the you. truth. Yeah. And I'm like, whatever, Duke. I, and, I, I remember a lot of stuff. I'm not going to say that my father took me someplace when I was two years old. And this has been a like, you know, the thing that made the rest of my yeah. life. Because well, it, I don't that remember that. That would have involved drinking. But with that, yeah. he's there. And I think that his dad is is caressing that cat. <laughs> concrete wall that that he was part of building and it's it's falling apart but even that it's you know basically to show you like you know you're gonna push this whole idea oh you know what happens at night that's what's leading to the destruction of gotham i'm here to shed light on the thing and i'm here to fight in the light and you do have that with the force forcing of the gcpd and who's involved is switched and she's now part of the day shift and things like that but detective where, ac yeah yeah defector detective ac and with this, we haven't had an issue of this in a while. And so I go into it and I'm like, okay, Duke's in this, you know, he's in the youth center there. He's in, you know, the, the, juvenile. the Arkham Juvenile yeah, Center. Yeah, he's in Juvenile. And I forgot that he was not actually there not to be there. Like, he was just there to check things out as it was going on. I'm telling you, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, man, what what happened? I don't remember him getting arrested and sent there. But, yeah, he's there with these people and with these kids that are keep yelling, oh, you're the die or whatever. We got Pallet, Killjoy, and we got Null. Yeah, and I don't care about them. I, I, I've not Why been given you? anything. Why would you? We don't have anything with no, them. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, and you do have uh, Izzy and Rico. That, I care. But they are kind of pushed aside to give you these kids that are you supposed to care because as this goes on you do see the reveal of this you know man behind the curtain who can control them and also can control other people controls an officer and basically says yeah we're gonna go kill all of these kids families I think and that's things. even a janitor yeah and I, yeah, I think he is a police officer. I think at one point he does have a gun and he has him raised but who knows uh, what no 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 he is I see I was thinking it was the other guy yeah I don't know why he's peeking him but yeah he He's there and they basically is a narration with that of don't worry. You don't have to do anything. We'll take care. We'll kill. And I'm like, I really don't care. I really don't care about these kids. They and just keep saying things I don't understand. That, out of the whole idea of this guy controlling the janitor for some reason and these three kids, like I can yeah. understand the three kids. The janitor, I don't quite get because yeah, he doesn't seem to be case. a part of this this yeah. dial, whatever it is. They're all part, but Duke's the center. Duke yeah. can feel – in the air, like the air changes static around it when he is controlling yeah. these kids. Yeah. So that is an aspect of his power, I guess we could see. But because we don't know who this guy is, how he got his power, or what's really going on, we don't really know if it no. is an aspect of his power or something else that's going on. Because I'm telling you, they are telling you things, but they don't really matter because you don't have the rest of the story to, behind it to really explain it. Yeah, yeah. And with that, like I said, yeah, you don't have a basis of like, man, I want these kids to – uh, you know, be redeemed. I want them to have, you don't really know. And with that, they have powers. You're shown the one girl's throwing black holes and things like that. And it, it never well, that's really the thing too. At first, I started thinking, all right, you know, they're all part of this whole thing. You know, they're like Duke's powers are based something with the light. He can see yeah, light differently yeah. that allows him to see things yep. differently. You know, we have Null who kind of creates this black hole kind of energy. This other girl, Palette, 
who throws like these mini black holes. Just like, all right, just yeah. have something to do with like light in the absence of light. Yep. Then you got Killjoy, who just seems to grow techno organic. Yeah, she and has throws... like uh, techno freaking dreads that she can rip off and turn into darts and and yeah. Knives so like, I'm, and... I actually thought I had something until Killjoy's there. I'm like, all right, I, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I'm out. And with that, you're going. And you have this weird progression where it starts and you do have Duke like he catches one of these knives and then says, okay, okay, power, see the super slow-mo knife and I think I'm getting a hang of this, but there's no – it's not earned. There isn't anything that I'm like, oh, man, Duke's really learning or Duke's kicking ass now and then you just have – EO and no and you know I think the no will just have to do it himself and you have him there and he's in this weird no verse where they're talking and I just don't understand what's going on and you get this whole deal like you said that Duke is the center of this Duke is the one who caused this and yeah we had before as he was going to be the signal they skirt around the issue of that name as well with oh the Joker said something like that no the Joker named you yeah. you know don't skirt around he named I you I named him how dare yeah, you yeah yeah you did but uh yeah really and uh so with that I want to know more. If you're going to tell me that Duke was the first, because we already saw, and that's the other thing, in the Forge and the casting, we heard that whole exposition by the Joker saying the whole deal. Listen, Batman knew all along. Everybody's been tracking things. He knew. He did this. And that's pretty much the big reveal in this issue, but we already know that. We already know that Batman was checking things. And, like, you know, this leads Duke to this whole idea as well that, you know, Batman has kept this from him even though we've seen it before, and he's actually been preparing. Duke his whole life to become yeah. this whole me- almost actually creating a meta army is the yes. way Duke takes it to one point but even though Duke is supposedly the center of the dial that is causing a lot of this you know these other people to spread out these other metas I just gotta think his mother was a meta too so what does that have to do with anything yeah and remember that was whole, the whole thing in the and I think it was the casting was when the when immortal you got, men were talking uh, about the it. big deal and when no I'm saying that basically when Joker said oh, yeah. uh, about Duke saying like Listen, you know, the the metal in you, this has been tracked now, and Batman knew all along. He's been tracking things. That's the, why do you think he'd pick you out of all these people? He knew and whatever. And it's weird to get that repeated in here in a different form to get Duke to then go and question Batman and then add in the fact that it looked like Wayne Industries was kind of making this so everything would come about. Uh, yeah. And make, like you said, maybe a meta army, something like this. And I think that basically all we're going to get out of that is that, hey, listen, Duke, yes, I was tracking you before, but, uh, you know, you, you're a pretty cool guy. And once I met you, I realized, you know, it's almost like – Your name's Duke. It, Come on. It's badass. It, it's can't buy me love. Uh, you you end up paying the person to date you so that you look cool. In the meantime, you fall in love with them, not realizing, oh, you know what? You are cool. You know, you have the girl then fall in love uh, because, yeah, I wouldn't go out with that geek, but he's going to pay me. Then you realize, oh, man, he's a nice guy. It, it, basically, I think that that's what's going to end up being with Batman explaining you were kind of a mission kind of deal. You were an experiment, but you're not now. 
Like, I really have fallen for you, little guy, and with your yellow tights and things like that. But really, you only have one more issue, which is delayed as well. Yeah. And you get a lot of continuation. Well, of- even the whole thing, when Duke does go and confront Bruce, he's like, you know, you fund some solar project over the narrow so you could recreate your own meta, like group of metahumans. Is that what I am to you? Some projects of experiment, a test for you to run? He's like, yeah. Batman looks him. How could you think that, Duke? Why would I? Yeah. And but that's so at that yeah, point is when the man happen? behind the the man behind the curtain then goes and interrupts right. everything. To yeah. And I don't even know his name. He's like, I am the North. I am the South. I am the yeah. East. And in the way, I'm, I I don't care yeah. about you. And, I, and, I, I like yeah. this I book don't either. Is done so little. I'm telling you. You even have We Are Robin characters, which I was all yeah. about when I saw them again they, for like they last issue. They are so issue. shoved aside, and they're they act like jerks. Yeah, I'm saying, know, for the Rico, most part, we, uh, Rico and Izzy are yeah. helping him at the hatch. Right, they're almost like yeah. They're almost yeah, like, they're like oracles. oracles for him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what they are. And then when Duke comes back, it's like Ryko's like, you know what? You're you're playing this like a goddamn game. I'm not going to stick around. I'm not going to watch you kill yourself over this stupid – because you're not yeah. taking it seriously. Yeah, you're not. So Ryko's out. Izzy's you know, dating Duke, so she's going to be in. But we don't get anything besides for Ryko having a goddamn – you know, like a, a complaining yeah. goddamn fit. You know, And she storms off, and then Duke – He's going to go confront Bruce Wayne about everything that's been going on. Yeah. Now, in the meantime, you also have where Duke then goes to check out things at the coroner's office where Detective Alex is there. She's I'm sorry. Yeah. Through Th- this, it, we get to the morgue first to yeah. meet up with Alex. Yeah. AC, and, Detective, and with that, we get though, this whole Gordon kind uh, of aspect with her. Yeah. And it's okay. And she is somebody who normally worked at night. Now she's working at day to because go and look meta, at these meta. This meta thing has yeah. come up because somehow it destroyed her family and tore her arm off. And it, yeah, and it worked and things are going in the day because now we know the sunlight. So that makes sense. She kind of says like, aren't you part of the bat family? Like you guys are supposed to be at night. Like this is bullshit. He's like, no, no, I'm going to do this different. Oh yeah, I see Robin costume, but I guess Batman's trying something new. You know, almost exact dialogue that we've gotten in the Batman. Uh, issue that rebirth Batman. Uh, and with that, they go on and, and she keeps mentioning like, I don't know. This looks like some kind of signal. And, and you're getting these words thrown in as like catchphrases and bullet point things that just it throws me off. And, and then they do have a deal where they get a piece of one of the octopus boy, whatever that guy was, squid man. And that's where you get that idea. Huh? This is shiny. You know what? I think this is a lesser version of the nth metal. I'm well, like, even really? the whole thing, you know, Detective AC is like all against this whole idea of, the, you know, the Bat family, you know, they work at night. I went to the day. You stay out of my goddamn city during yeah. the day. This is my time. And they're talking. And all it takes is like, you know, Duke yeah. to say, because I'm the question at the heart of this all. Look, my mother, she had abilities too. Right now she's at a cell. Joker eyes. No. The Met is still breathing. Keep telling me that I'm the center. This case is my life, detective, just like as yours. I read up on you. I know you lost your arm and your family because yeah, of it. Says Please, that, yeah. just let me help. All right. Okay. Here you go. Here's a very, <laughs> very important part of evidence. See what you can yeah. see. Oh, you know what? I see it now. You know what's doing it? The sun. And that is a cool a variation aspect. of metal. Something that is much a, yeah. less powerful and, yeah. and it's somehow reacting to the sun. The sun. And it's a cool aspect to me of having pretty much the trigger or what is increasing the thing being the sun. You're not going to, you know, blot out the sun. You're no. not Mr. Burns here. That's right. Who's going to get rid of the sun. So it 
is something that I do like that, you know, what are you going to do? You can't get rid of the sun. But in the meantime, you're just going to then get to go back to the Batcave. And you do have this whole deal. Like, oh, well, hey, here's, here's the explanation. It's We've got the lesser form of nth metal here, something less powerful. And he's like this. That he looks out the window and sees through his, you know, signal vision. The development where you live, Gotham proper, the windows, the glass, they're filtering sunlight, supercharging the photons, beaming them down, moving over certain sections of the narrows as the yeah. sun passes. Hmm. Hmm. I don't even know what. <laughs> yeah, and he goes and, yeah, again, then the sun tra- – but he starts thinking. And now you go back to that wraparound, which I love in stand-up comedy, Eric. But here it's like now I see the leg does bring the truth, the cracks, the ugliness. And now we're going to get a Duke Thomas pretty much a this is your life, including, uh, you know, Dirt Bike Batman. Yeah, you get zero year, zero you get year where game, he did you get help. They'll be getting a rebirth. And then goes to the point where, damn it, even the clown hinted at it. No, he did he not hint. Out. He did not hint. He gave you pretty much the Wikipedia explanation of all this that we're getting again. And Batman's just kind of taken aback and like, you know, I, I wouldn't do that. Like, that's not something that I would do. You're, you know, you're something different. And why would you think that? And that's when they do get interrupted. Like we said about the big bad who just basically because starts that's saying the thing. The, the big bad at this point, he's pissed off at Duke Thomas because apparently he's put all this work in the Duke that we've never seen. Yeah. And he's pissed off that he's decided to work with the bat because this goes against everything that yeah. he's wanted for Duke. And it doesn't matter because we don't know anything about him or Duke's powers at this point. Yeah. And he's unfortunately been working with batman for a while now but again is it that since he's kind of uh you know become more of the meta the the dial the sun dial, whatever i don't know and yeah. yeah you go from there and it's a cliffhanger then where you see a lot of people going nuts and things like that almost as if this is the gotham version of the speed force storm but in yeah. a worse way that everybody's going nuts whatever uh, this is but, Night of the Meta Man. Yeah, and with that, or I Day just the sit Meta there. Man. Yeah, and I sit there and I'm like, okay, I uh, see them all going nuts, and it doesn't lead me they to be powers. like, it, it doesn't lead me to say like, oh man, I can't wait for next issue. I, I no, just, I, I want to know, know answers and things like that, and I just think that it's going to end with us going, okay, now what are we going to do with Duke? Because it, it's not really hitting for me. I love Duke. You yeah, do me as too. well. I used to. I don't yeah. know what happened now. And, you know, is this something where, like, he would go off on the Titans? I, I don't know. I don't know what book he would be in. I do want him to be in something, but this isn't what That's I want thing. him to be. I don't even know if I want him to be in I something now be because I something. really love Duke Thomas. I don't love the signal because well, I don't understand the character. And, and the funny thing about it is is that you had Dancing Mike who basically when people lost their shit and said, oh, no, they're going to make Batman a meta. And everybody and we're like, please, I don't think they're going to do that. That is his main characteristic is not having powers. I don't think they're going to do that. You know, they're, they're kind of skirting the, the issue of him being prepared and things like that, yeah. whatever. The problem is they did go and do and Scott Snyder did go pretty much and make Duke a meta. We actually liked him as a, another young guy who did seem to be good at everything and better yeah. than any of the Robins. That was one thing that we did point out before, but and we the Robin liked War. him. But we liked him 
as what it is. Now that he's a meta, I, I will admit you might be right that maybe I don't want to see him anymore because he's not as interesting anymore. I liked him being this guy from the Narrows who was a genius, who was better acrobat than Dick Grayson and things like that. And now it kind of just is, oh, he's meta and, and here we go. And his, his power set and isn't even interesting. His power set's not interesting either. I, I, I'm telling you, I don't know what the power set is. Yeah, he sees looks light like, differently, yeah, which allows it. him to do whatever he wants at any given time. When he's what? able to, sometimes he's not. Maybe next he will sew his eyes shut and he'll see the corruption in man's heart. Shut your goddamn mouth. But uh, what did you give it? Donnie, I really like the art in this I issue. I like the art the, a lot. But the story, I found it very confusing. I don't know what they're trying to de- like depict to me here, what they're trying to convey. And because of this whole thing, we're like, uh, we have one issue left of this goddamn story. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what they're trying to tell me, so I had to give it a 4.5 out of 10. Yeah, the the problem I have with this as a whole is the fact that after two issues, maybe it'll change in the third, uh, almost seems like it'd be one of those issues or like the story that we're getting so far. There is one of those like you're getting a big book coming up, but you have to kind of throw some things out there so people will know, and you kind of throw it out as a free comic book day thing or yeah. a zero issue that you put out digitally for free at any sort of time that you're just there to set up a character for later. This does not seem like a three issue series to me that's a, you know, a be all end all of Duke Thomas. This this seems like it's only here to set up what Duke is. I don't think you need three issues of this to do that when you could have just have him in another book show a, a power set or whatever. This whole thing of the dial and the center of it all and the, it, it's not hitting with me. It's not making me more interested no, in Duke. It's making me less interested in Duke. And that's a shame because we really liked him. So I'm actually going to go – I like the art a lot. Uh <laughs> I'm going to go 5.1 again. It's all because of art. I'm not going to give it an FU5 because of that, but uh, I do like the art, and I do like seeing Duke. It's funny. It's like one of those I can see where some people say, I can't drop Batman because I just love Batman so much even if I hate the story. Like, I don't don't hate the story. It just – I'm not getting anything of it, but I do like that Duke's in a book because I like him, but it's starting to wane a little, so we'll see. But Wayne – a little, Eric. Then I got you. Wayne. Uh, but yes, we're going to go off now to the first section of mail. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Oh, yeah, it's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Amen, it's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Welcome to Mail with Jim and Eric. Hooray! Here we are, and this is mail section number one. And if you want to be involved in the mail sections and want to have your voice heard by tens of people, Eric, you can email us at weirdscience.com. What is it? Weird Science DC Comics at gmail.com. And we will read every single email that we get, no matter how much bitching Eric Shea does. What? It must be 
Eric Shea Reborn. But yes, this first mail section we're going to start with, Eric, and I have to pause a second here because I need to find something because we're starting with John Wayne. Howdy, Krellgrom. See, I, I cannot Krellgrom. do that. I, I kind of fudge that because I didn't realize I was not looking ahead. Krellgrom. <laughs> Howdy to Eric. Chip. He said, Eric first, that son of a bitch. Ah! He's taking notes at home. Howdy to Eric, Jim, and the legendary pilgrims of the Get Fresh. Howdy, Krellgrom. Hope y'all are doing well, and work ain't keeping you down. I spent most of the last week grading essays and tests, so much so that I basically got myself sick and locked myself at home all weekend. Bright side of that is that I got to read every book I've been interested in lately. Hopefully that was more than Eric. But I still feel like crap, and I'm not looking forward to sitting in my office hours tomorrow as these spoiler undergrads try to convince me I graded their papers unfairly and tell me that they pay good money to go to college and that my job is to get them straight A's. I roll emoji, Bunch Eric. of assholes. Hashtag college problems. I'll right. tell you. Uh, at, just to show uh, where my craziness was uh, and continued throughout anything, I would go – and if I got an essay, number one, the only thing that would screw me that I really would get uh, mad about is if somehow I didn't get an A because of the curve. That's bullshit. I, oh, yeah, I hate bullshit. that. But if I would go and I, I had classes at West Virginia University, Eric WVU, uh-huh. fucking proud. Uh, and I would go and, you know, say there were 300 people in the class. You'd go. And you can look up by your social security number, you'd look up your score on a test. This is an essay, but just a test. And there would be me. I'd look at my score. I'd look, okay, there it is. And then I would have to go through every other single score. And if I didn't get the the highest grade in the entire deal, my fucking week was ruined. I'd be pissed and at myself. You had a ruined week every week of college? never. I didn't have a bad day at all, Eric. 4.0, baby. And look what that led me to. <laughs> Nothing. Uh, in other words, in other news, I went, I meant to write in last week because I didn't hate my books. It's for the variety of reasons such as mediocrity, action, and Wonder Woman, and traditionally low standards, Birds of Prey, and Supergirl. <laughs> but nestled yeah. in between was New Superman and the Justice League of China and Flash. I agree with you guys. New Soup should have gotten a new number one, if only for sales and bringing in new readers. But that was a good issue, and I'm still on Aquaman of Korea. I know Jim wasn't as high on Flash as I am, giving it a lot of filler and setup, but I've really enjoyed the book lately. So have I. Uh, this issue just was a little more heavy on the setup that we already know. I mean, if you're yeah. going to set up Barry Allen's history, you know, as a recap, it's kind of off uh, to me, but which in and of itself is a win. Also, and, and we said, uh, we even mentioned it earlier, the last week was a win. Yeah, it that really was. was. Salad days of, last week. We had a mind. lot of fun. We had a lot remember of fun. Remember how much fun we had last week, Jim? I Not remember, Eric. It was almost like we had summer camp. Also, been really uh, diving into the Marvel stuff. Trevitt shares and got to say, I'm in love with Tom Taylor's all new Wolverine. I am as well. Uh, I haven't read, read it in a it. while. It was really good and enjoyed X-Men Red a whole lot more than Brandon did. Brandon told <laughs> me that that is, quote, Garbage is what garbage. Garbage. Uh, you guys should check out both if you haven't already. I have not. I'll get uh, right on that. Right, it's right next yeah. to my Ben Riley stack. Ben Riley, there you go. Anyways, as for this week, while I wasn't too crazy about the religious stuff in Superman last time, uh, Robinson did a solid job of tying it up. Says you. 
John Wayne. Tom, he Tomas, got away from this, all I'm saying. Tomas Gleason delivered with a great super suns. It is easily my book of the week. We enjoyed it. We were, yeah. you know, it just is not giving us what we really want from that book. Especially now is, that we know it's canceled. Yeah. Some, I, what I want is just a story that hits hard. And I know that some people in the Slack were talking today about it. People had to get fresh poopy poop. And a lot of people, if you are into super suns just for Damien and John, it seems like you will be into the book, but Damien still feels and, and off. He, it's That's the thing is, problem. even if you're into it for just Damien and John, it feels like you're getting shorted. It does, but almost like I just said about Duke Thomas, I think that people just want a book with Damien and John, and right. it doesn't matter if you get shorted or not. Uh, but yeah, love them giving John a girl to crush on. But we already had that with Kathy. You know, sure this, this is remember not... old Kathy Brandon. Old Kathy Brandon. She's and an seeing... alien, so she don't count. Yeah, she doesn't. And see... <laughs> seeing Damien make Alfred drop him off via helicopter had me howling. Dick move. Dick move, bro. <laughs> this book gave me us limitless, limitless potential in year one. It's kind of limited now. I hope it delivers a little more in year two. And this was a spectacular start for me. I have to look at the date of this email. I think that John was not aware of a certain deal. He is now. But if uh, this yeah. came in on Monday or early yeah. Tuesday, yeah, he was not aware. Little, I think it was a little early. However, as we get to Batman, I'm as upset as anyone in the Get Fresh crew still bothering Ooh. to buy this. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't that upset about Batman. Oh, I told no, myself no. I'd get to the wedding before bailing, and I guess I'll keep to that. But Tom King just proves how little respect he has towards other DC writers with his treatment of Ivy. And we mentioned that. I agree. You guys hit on it in the last podcast. The Benson sisters have really tried to rehab her into a hero. But King gives no fucks and makes her a villain once again. What the fuck? Continuity kid, tell me how you really feel. I know how you really feel. I do think that it's going to wrap around and he's going to want to please everyone, especially the Poison Ivy League, League. and try to make them. But he can't just give that to you, almost like the Batman about to kiss Wonder Woman thing. Uh, He has to make you work for it and deal with his nonsense. And I do think that at the end of the the day, no matter what, even if it turns out, you know, uh, she thought she was doing good to save the world. I don't care. Taking over everybody's mind in the world, that's bad shit. That is actually next level evil kind of shit that you yeah, can't be doing. I agree. Must be Eric Shea reborn. Must be. Listen to that guy. He goes on. Uh, I, I have to tell you, uh, as a little aside, I do talk to Poison Ivy League. I do really? talk to her, and I will tell you that we have had our differences. I have had points where until I even wrap my head around the idea of, listen, you know what? She really loves Ivy. At at some points, I'll admit that I was a little close-minded to all that and thinking, oh, man, she's just – no, she really cares about – she cares about Ivy in a way I want to care about anything. And I really She cares more about Ivy than you care about your children. Yeah, and I – really. And I think that what got me is that she does not back down. This is her character. She doesn't change opinions. She's not going to flip-flop. She's not going to step aside a little and have some leadway. No, she wants this. And and basically what really did it for me is that Tom King straight up lied to her. And yeah. and I saw and talked to her privately about how much that upset her and how much she felt betrayed by him. And it really got to me. And, and then that upset since you. then – and, yeah, and then since then – I have seen people 
pretty much just say the worst things. And again, uh, whether or not this is a compliment or, or nothing, really, uh, I see a lot of the things that she cares about and things. I see that in my wife. My wife, you know, has some issues or whatever. Not saying she has issues, but I'm saying that I see the pain that she goes through. And then I see the people who take fun and pride in trying to cause more and it kills me. It kills me. And anybody out there, if you are out there and you listen to us and you're like, oh, man, I love Jim and Eric joking around. I love when they throw shade and things like that. There is a line. And there's a line with a lot of different things. And that's one of them. You can't go and try to pretty much get somebody to, you know, want to do things to them. You, these people are getting to that point. Stop. Just stop. If you don't agree with her, just ignore it. You know what I mean? And it's just, I don't know why I'm on my soapbox with this and almost crying, Eric. Really. Because it really does kill oh, me. God. It kills me though that people <laughs> would, would do this. Be just because she likes something and yeah. she wants more. And again, I would still, if she talked to me right now about that, you know, the Amy Chu, the, the, uh, the six issue mini deal, me yeah. and her would probably argue again about if that was good or bad for the character. Uh, but I, I, I appreciate and I, I respect that deal. And I'm just telling you, and it is something where I am very, very proud of the Get Fresh crew. Beep boop, because at one point it did seem like, oh, look at her and whatever. No, no, the Get Fresh crew is fucking behind her and yeah. realizes that there's just, uh, uh, you can't go that far. So there, there's my rant on that. Just, you know, appreciate that somebody likes something that much, but ran over and my ran over as well. How's wrong turn? Eric. Did you ask those young kids at work if they know who John Wayne is? Did you ask them, Eric? No, I did not. I, I forgot did. all about I did. It. I did. The one day that I thought you weren't coming in and you were a little late, uh, that being Monday through Friday, uh -huh. I, uh, I actually asked Wrong Turn and the girl that uh, works with, and what do you think they said? Do you no. have any idea? It's funny because the girl actually brought somebody up that I didn't even know that she would know that person, but actually seemed to think that John Wayne, in my mind, what she thought John Wayne was Wayne Brady. And, uh, and wrong turn, just his eyes went crooked and he had no idea. Well, he doesn't know uh, what Columbine or 9-11 is, so. No, he does not. And what about Jimmy? Did he successfully convince a flipper to buy him out of his debt and a new trailer? I, dude, I'm telling you, he came up to me the other day to talk to me about what's going on with his septic tank because, you know, yeah. obviously I'm the one who cares about what's going on in his life. Oh, yeah. He's all like, yeah, they told us just to hook up to the sewer, put it in the manhole, and I don't think we could do that because what if somebody's working down there? That's what the plumber told me. Yep. But, you know, it's going to cost $50,000 for a sand mound. Yep. To put that, I don't even know what this like yeah. sand mound, and then it's going to cost ten thousand for hooking up to the sewer. Eric, that's sixty thousand dollars. I'm like, I can do math, Jimmy. Jesus yeah, Christ! Yeah. Uh, but that, I don't know what he's talking about. He has to move out, and I have no idea where any of this is going. Then it turned out, you know, my parents live upstate. You know, oh, of course they do. Oh, they're up, they're outdoors. You know, I, I, uh, I keep, I'm telling you, whenever I see him. I just look at him like yo, like in my peripheral vision. I'm like, don't walk over here. Don't walk over here. Don't yeah, walk over yeah. here. Oh, oh I know. It's funny too because at that point I wasn't there or I was somewhere, you know, in the building and not there because that's usually he does 
come to find me. Not as much as he used to. At points, he was inviting me over to dinner every day. Uh, But in the meantime, I have a little info on Jimmy that I don't think I ever told you. Uh, A little knowledge bomb that I'm going to drop on you that he told me while I was at another section doing a job, and then the fucking job took me two and a half hours. By the time I was done, uh, I ended up forgetting all about it. Came over and basically said, hey, I was talking to our boss. Uh, you know, said of my name, obviously, but it's like I was talking to our boss and I told him that if he doesn't go and look at the, my septic tank, I'm going to sue him and everybody and I'm going to own the company. What? I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? And he's like, you know, he's on the council. Like, so you went up there and you threatened the boss with this. Yup. I told him and he looked at me like he didn't even know what hit him. Yeah, like, yeah, I think. I that, imagine because yeah. that's usually how I look at you whenever you yeah. talk to me. He said that then, and basically, yeah, because the town that our work is in, uh, the guy's on some sort of count. He's gonna sue him. He's gonna sue him. Uh, sue everybody. But uh, with that, he also comes up to me the other day, and this is where I want to talk about how I have the worst small talk, and I should know better. When I'm involved with people, he comes up to me and he's like, he he wants to move. They wanted to go to a trailer. They wanted to go to apartments. One of the apartments that he mentioned were the apartments you lived in that he lived in at one point and almost burned them down. Oh, yeah. He he caused the fire moving in. Yeah, he moved in and and caught his apartment on fire moving in. And they had to move him to a better apartment because of this. Yeah, he put a box on the oven and then turned the oven on. Uh, But, yeah, he comes up to me and they, they have a dog named Bolt. Who they say that, you know, oh, we want to move here, but they don't allow dogs, so we don't want to get rid of Bolt. I, okay, well, you know what? Unfortunately, Bolt's going to have to hit the road here. Seriously. But he says to me, yeah, uh, we got our doctor to pretty much fudge the papers and say that Bolt is a uh, support dog for our son because his son – is mentally retarded and yeah. uh he so now bolt it who isn't a support dog now is listed as one so he says uh yeah and you know uh we could move in anywhere even in the place where eric lives but you know he's so big he wouldn't fit there and i made the joke then i said huh bolt would be if he sits around the house he sits around the house and then he sat there for five minutes explaining to me that Bolt is a very active dog who rarely sits and doesn't oh. even know how to sit. And he knows how to fetch, but he doesn't know how to sit. So why would he sit? My God, just where's I Eric? Don't, I, you, where's you, Eric? Know, you know this happens. Why would you even a bother? Joke. Yeah, you, what happens every time you make a joke? I know. Every time you say a joke, he takes it literally. Yes. And has to spend the next five minutes telling you how you're incorrect. But if I said that to you. He'd be in stitches. He'd be in stitches so much I'd think you were a snitches, Eric. Snitches. You don't either. I think Jimmy's rubbing off on you. He is. It must be. I don't know. He he just walks around. He walks around and he just, yeah, I'm telling you, 4.0, Eric. This is where it leads me to talk about these guys. This guy who gets paid more than me and you. It's nonsense. It's complete and utter nonsense. This life that we lead. This play that we're acting out called life, Eric. I don't even know where we are now. I you guys should consider. Leg. I wish I could. Yeah. You guys should consider writing a comic book about the kooks you work with and the shenanigans you deal with every day. I actually think that we're Duke. We're the dial, and the dial goes from retarded to more retarded. There's the dial. We're in the center this. of it. The re- reviews for this book. It's it's too uh it's too unrealistic. Nobody yeah. would ever yeah, work at a place that's like this. True. 
Stranger than fiction it is, Eric. That's what it is. I'll work with the pilgrims of the Get Fresh crew beep, boop, boop, to boop. sway you if y'all aren't down. LOL. Yeah, I- I'm I'm waiting for at one point for somebody uh to just get so angry at me at you basically yelling. I you can't control yourself. And I know that Shut at up. one point uh one of the guys, Iceman or whatever he was, was over on the uh uh iTunes and gave a review of all of our faux anger and how we, you know, play it up or whatever. Uh, you know, but I'm waiting for somebody to get angry and say, listen, that Eric yells so much. How about, how about you try to write this book? And then next thing you know, fucking Eisner's, Eric. Eisner's lining up. And I mean, Johnny Eisner, this hobo that lives down the oh, road. Oh, what's up, Johnny? He, he, he does things for money. Anyways, much love as always to you guys and looking forward to chatting with you as always in the Slack this week. Best John. Wayne, Eric. Thank you, Johnny. Howdy, Kilgrim. Howdy, Kilgrim. Ah, uh, yes. And the next and last mail of this section is from Brandon. And Brandon's subject. I said, if you have a subject line, I, I'm going to try to incorporate those as well because sometimes they're very funny. And I'm just so, you know, centered on let's get this mail in this, you know, outline and yeah. go. But Brandon's subject line is hanging blinds. Than myself, Eric. It almost says, hmm, hanging blinds than myself. What Brandon says every day. There you go. Maybe not not, blinds. (laughs) Hanging blinds than myself. What, what, uh, what Brandon says when he picks up Eric. I tried, Eric. I, I tried to make that a joke. Sub fellas, I tried. Uh, you gotta give me, you know, I'm like Superman. I, you know, I, I at least gave it an effort. Sup, fellas, had all week off and it didn't feel like it at all. I actually have to go in on Saturday and it might be more relaxing than what I've been doing lately, which is moving stuff, putting stuff away, hanging stuff, rinse and repeat. You know that you hate, uh, those like catchphrases and things that people say. Do you oh, yeah. hate when people come back from vacation? I need a vacation from my vacation. Like stuff like that. Does that drive you nuts as well? Because people I, I don't say talk that to all people who time. go on vacation. Uh, that's true. By the way, I want to this year, but we'll see. By the way, and then you won't talk to me. By the way, every company that sells blinds for windows is now added to my shit list along with the likes of Time Warner Cable. I imagine this list is getting very, very long, and it's like a Steve Buscemi deal where Brandon is putting on his lipstick in the basement as he calls or gets calls. It's like my list. Yes. I've been to Home Depot no less. No, that is that is actually your internet fucking bookmarks is what that is. I've been Mm -hmm. to Home Depot Mm -hmm. no less than 412 times this week, mostly for these damn blinds for some reason or another. And I'm at the point of if I hear the word blinds again, I may black out and go on a killing spree. Almost like he's like a sleeper agent, Eric. Uh, no. Anyway, life at this point – I wish I would have read this earlier and I would have had wrong turns say blinds and just keep saying. Anyway, life at this point is almost settling down again. It's close to getting there. I did one thing for myself to get away from the bossy roommate this week. I don't know who this roommate is. I wonder if his fiance has something to say about this roommate he keeps mentioning. I would think by now he would kick this roommate out now that he has a fiance. This week I bought a new router and modem to give the shitty internet a kick in the pants. The router's name is John. Actually, it's Netgear Nighthawk. So with a comic book name like that, 
better perform up to standards and so far so good. Get a Nighthawk, Jim. I like the Nighthawk that David F. Walker, I believe that was the name of the book at Marvel. Uh, maybe. Jim, you might be able to let your kids watch YouTube while you record this way. And I have been meaning to get uh, my own router because we rent that router. By now, I think I probably paid $3,000. Oh, really? For I thought that you bought your own. That's the thing. No, so I never I'm did. I'm talking about how I rent it from the Ocon. Yeah, no, I rent it. I thought you bought your own. I'm That's too why lazy. your bill was cheaper than mine. I'm too lazy. And I always think that I'm going to get one and it's going to be fucked up or something. And I oh, don't yeah. want to do that. You don't that. need that hassle. And also, I did like almost like with the monitor. Uh, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to get this deal, and I wait until Friday, and now we have to podcast that night. Yep. we got podcasting to do, and I don't want to screw up. I don't want to put any gum in the works. Or tell your kids to stop chopping wood, sell it and save up for one. It might ease household tensions, but I, I do want to do that. It's it's ridiculous the amount of money that we have paid to rent this stupid router. Books. Batman, in the words of Dancing Mike, this is a comic book that has pages, pictures, colors, and staples, but that's about all I'd call Batman right now. Reading it sucks, and I don't see that changing in the near future. 59 issues to go. Oh, and if I ever have to hear Batman call Batty ever again, Batty, 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 Batty. I might power vomit all on my comic books. Has one superhero ever had so many different pet names in the history of comics? I'm beginning to think Batman turns Tom King on with all these names he has for the character for himself. The hey signal, there, Batty. Hey, Batty, Batty. It's Batty. time to get some work done on your Battiness. Hey there. Bradley, uh, why don't you come upstairs to the attic of the mansion? And then it's funny, you know, it's funny you're doing this whole thing because I'm actually, <laughs> you know, I love Aerosmith. I'm on the way yeah. to like uh, Walmart the other night and Ragdoll's oh, on the radio and I'm listening to it. Ragdoll. And for some reason, it never struck me before, but at the one point, he's like, come up and see me. I'm yeah, like, ah. yeah, he says it. Come on, I'm Flashback of Burn Victim May Rest. Brick boy, why don't you come over and light my cigarette here? Light my don't fire. Mind. <laughs> I'm a little bit smoky, but don't worry, I'm extra done and crispy. You can there nibble you on the jerky. You can have that. It's like if you need a belt, just rip it off my back. But don't mind the singed hair, big boy. The signal, what the ever-loving fuck is going on in this book? I've never read two issues that talk around what's going on more and actually than actually explain uh, it and explains none of it. At times, Brandon's sentence structure yeah. is falling apart. At times, there's just – and I, I have to admit – Brandon usually sends his emails on Saturday. We are recording a lot of the stuff on Friday, so I did ask him, hey, can you throw an email out on Friday? And he did throw it together. He actually emails us in weekly. Very, very weekly. weekly. Very, yeah. very weekly, big uh. boy. At times, I just hurt my neck. At Good. times, there's just so many words on the page, and I'm not sure they say literally anything to the people reading this book at all. I'm on the fence of not even caring for issue three, and I'm yep. not even sure I care about what Duke's powers are at this point yep. because I can't even really explain what he's done for two issues with them. Besides, yep. maybe Where's anticipate. Yeah. Besides, maybe anticipate what people may do. I don't think I want to read more from Tony Patrick in the future. I'm gonna ding that more for the other things. Give Tony Patrick. A, a chance this is something where he is jumping on a story that wasn't his to begin with uh, right. and he's working so i don't think there's anything wrong per se with the dialogue i do think that the story has some structural problems but i don't think that tony patrick is a bad writer at all it's almost like you, batman's trying to do something different jim it is eric it is there you go damage 
That's his boy, he told me. I still enjoy this title and the little bits about character we've gotten so far are fun enough. But I'm tired already of this book being filled with guest stars when I want to know more about the title character right now. This doesn't feel like the best way to go about doing it. I foresee this lasso going around damage, Wonder Woman seeing he's good at heart and letting him skedaddle. Do you think that they're going to put the lasso around and he's going to turn back into Ethan slash Elvis? Because that's the real truth. Now that he just brought that, it never even occurred to me when we saw Wonder Woman at the end of the issue. Now I'm thinking it's like she's going to separate the truth from Ethan and damage is going to be separate from him like she did in that freaking Shape on Tata 5 issue run. That could happen, Eric. I don't think they're going to separate, but I do think that maybe he will turn back into Ethan, which is going to throw a little bit of a snafu about that countdown, maybe screwing it up even a little more, but we'll see. I just think, and I didn't think about it either. Way to go. I just think it would be more wise to take some chances on these new characters than rely on existing characters to get them to hook people. Again, if you're going to go with any of the book, the silencer did do the best of kind of establishing a character. It's a a double-edged sword because you have this new age of heroes where you want to establish these new heroes, but people don't want to see the new heroes. If you throw in these big bang kind of things – It'll keep them hooked to a degree, but you can't keep it going. You have to have these characters stand on their own two legs at some point. Yes and no, Eric Shea. Uh, actually, it's funny because I do think that's the concept. I think that that's the philosophy they're going with, especially with damage. Uh, I will tell you that I have never seen as much enthusiasm and anticipation for new characters as I've had and and seen from these new books. I mean, oh, yeah. there there are things that people were right away, oh man, my favorite's going to be the Terrifics, which does come out next week, or right. I think Damage. Oh, I like that. Usually you get these new characters. I watch Sideways. And, yeah, I'm telling you, you, you did have this thing and I, I don't I know. It. You know what I think the key is? And I think that it's something that you can't always do. But you had a lot of books announced at one point. So it wasn't like, ah, new character. All of a sudden, you have six, five, six books announced. It seems like it's more important. Like, oh, my God, this must be something big. I need to go and and check these out. Even people – like I see people with damage and and sideways and, you know, silencer. I don't see anybody really at this point going, well, I, uh, you know, I want to see what metal does first and go. A lot of people are jumping into these books. Now, we'll see the sales. I don't think they're going to be, you know, I'll go out on a limb. I don't think they're going to sell 3 million copies and an issue. Uh, that's me on a limb. But uh, I do think that a lot well, of I'm more people. The, the damage sales should be out. I think the silencer sales might be out as well. Yeah, I think the damage number one should definitely I, I be out in my mind. I actually think it was like around 30 or something. And that's not horrible. It's not, you know, gangbusters. But I do think that I saw more enthusiasm for new characters than I've ever seen since we've been doing the, the site or the podcast. Yeah. I mean, we had, you know, new Superman, and it took people forever to, to even give that a chance because right even away with it's that, like, I still oh, see on comedy whenever DC promotes yeah. it about like, racist comments about oh, yeah, the Chinese Ching Chong Chang rip And again, when, when you get that, you realize that that person is just showing. It's one of those like, you know, the minute you open your mouth is when the ignorance comes out and yeah. these people are just ignorant and I hope they realize that they seem that way as well. They're not clever. Uh, but again, there's a lot of people who aren't giving that book a chance just because it's something different. These books people are giving, so I hope that a book like where we said sideways 
that first issue we thought was off. I see people liking it, but I hope that maybe these stick and we're going to have something. Oh, but we'll see. Brave and the Bold. Well, Liam Sharp can draw the shit out about any character. I'm convinced. Hey, Mr. Sharp, I could do without a good goddamn scary goblin calling me out in the opening pages of your comic. Now he was pointing. Jesus Christ. That thing was staring into my soul. I'm intrigued by this story. I said the same thing. He was pointing at me. I'm like, I don't know what he wants. I have no idea. Uh, although the lore is a lot to take in. What I'm hoping is the story will do some of the heavy lifting for him because this guy doesn't do research about things if someone isn't threatening me with a grade a la school days. And he means himself. So yeah. he's saying, yeah, he's not doing that. I still got some more to read. But them's the breaks when the roommate has a list of shit for you to do. Is that a honey-do list? And sure is, is on the verge of nagging me to death until it's done. I'd, I'd love to hear, like, it, it, the roommates at work and like, oh, what are you doing? I don't know. That meat bag, he, he's reading <laughs> his comments, uh, you know, comics this week. Uh, he's doing, all right. She has some crazy name that I know Brandon would hear and, as he would say, would be butthurt then. But we'd have to see that. But he says, I, gents, that, that is That denim-wearing douchebags reading yeah, comics. Yeah, there you the, the denim mafia is at it again. The uh, the <laughs> the vest man. Uh, but yeah, he's gonna go off with Trevitt. Uh, last week he actually couldn't uh, attend the Marvel Minute. Trevitt did it all himself move. because he was moving. So I, I would say that both of them will be back uh, with a vengeance. And they're talking about Infinity Countdown Prime number one. All right, welcome everybody. This is the Marvel Minute. Uh, me and Trevitt are back together and coming at you guys for Infinity Countdown Prime number one. Which won our vote this week over, well, I think I threw Venom up there and Astonishing X-Men possibly. No, uh, um, I could totally be wrong though as well. Well, Avengers I put up no. there, I know, I think. I was think it, it Avengers? Was, it might have been. I'm checking right yeah. now. I usually don't make us do too much extra work than what we're also going to cover on um, Marvel <laughs> Madness. So the, I know it's between those four because those are what we're yep. covering this week. Uh, yep. Yeah. So um, just quick change of plans too. We're not going to cover Venom on the podcast. We're going to do Amazing Spider. I didn't know it was part three of this X Men crossover. They're still dealing with. Um, so yeah, we're, we're changing plans there. But anyway, this is Infinity Countdown Prime. Number one, chosen by you guys, the voters, uh, written by Jerry Dugan, our team of Mike Diodato Jr. and Frank Martin. Nice, easily named cast this week. Take it easy on my uh, my tongue there, my pronunciations. It's a Marvel Comics production, of course. Uh, and we'll get into the blurb here, spit the bit about the book, and then let you guys know if you should buy it, borrow it, or forget it altogether. 
Uh, we're almost there, folks, when the Infinity Stones most likely start getting assembled in both movie and comic book form. Both equally exciting, but it means, for the most part, big trouble for our heroes. Let's face it, the good guys never end up with these things for very long before they fall into the hands of somebody very, very, very bad. So let's jump in here and see what's going on. Uh, so yeah, this is a prime issue. You're kind of, you know, as it's labeled, you're, you're getting a primer for this event that's about to start beginning of March. Uh, I think first week of March is, is when the first issue comes out of Infinity Countdown. And uh, yeah, we're, we're being reminded of where all these gems are, who has them, and what's going on with them. Uh, and fortunately for me, we start things off with Wolverine. Uh, because those little teasers in the back of the book just haven't been doing <laughs> doing much for me at all. Uh, but here he's, yeah, I know. Here he's somewhere in the woods of Canada, um, you know, kind of back home, and he's just chilling, having a drink, wanders upon this wolf, uh, who he kind of scares off because he knows something is coming, and he's suddenly surrounded by a bunch of different kind of Ultron drone bots uh, who kindly ask him to hand over his infinity stone that's in his possession or else they're going to kill him and take it by force. Uh, get some perfectly classic Wolverine dialogue here that, uh, that uh, Dugan does pretty well. If you ask me and, and Wolverine pretty much laughs at the threats and, and then starts attacking these, uh, these different versions of Ultron bots coming at him. Um, pretty much takes them all down with, with relative ease. Uh, and then ends up confronting our buddy that we've run into a couple times since Legacy started, uh, up to various shenanigans, and that's Loki. Um, one of the cool things in the fight scene was you, you see Wolverine kind of use the Infinity Gem that he's come into possession of. He, he's got which one? The space one, right? Yeah, yeah. So you can teleport. Uh, yeah, so he's using it to kind of, you know, better these Ultron bots. Um, but then when he stumbles upon Loki, Loki comes up to him right away and, and cuts his face with a dagger, wanting to make sure he was the real deal Wolverine, since there's a lot of uh, imposters, quote-unquote, running around nowadays. And, um, you know, as a result of being cut across the face <laughs> and Loki saying, I wanted to make sure you were real, he then takes his damn... This is my favorite page in the book. <laughs> I love that, too. He, yeah, he takes his claws... Uh, jams him up underneath Loki's throat. So he's got like one pulling his eyeball out. He's like, oh, I, I just wanted to make sure you were you. Um, so, you know, they're even. <laughs> Loki ties like a handkerchief around his now disfigured face. And these really two have graphic. a quick con Yeah, it, it, it reminds me straight up of Old Man, you know, because Diodato did a lot of Old Man Logan, uh, especially yeah. recently. Uh, like one of the panels there, and that that book's just you know a little more graphic. I didn't really expect eyeballs to be popping out in Infinity Not, Countdown. You know what I'm no. saying? <laughs> I mean, they really zoomed in on like the blade going through the eyeball yeah. and blood just pouring yeah. down. It's one of my favorite Marvel uh, pages in a long time. Like I, I don't know what it costs. Uh, those original art pages always cost way more than I I would end up liking to pay for one, but I would buy this one and put it like next to my <laughs> desk. I, I really like it. Uh, you know, just uh, on top of it being one of my favorite characters, Wolverine, you know, it's a, you see his face, you see his power. It's all in one page. That'd, that'd just be something cool to own. But um, anyway, him and Loki start having this talk and Loki's kind of saying the same thing to him, just not as threatening. 
uh, as the Ultron bots where he's like, you know, Logan, you, you can't be running around with a goddamn infinity stone or gem or whatever the fuck I, I have it like labeled different throughout my notes here <laughs> every time i write stone the next time i write gem so i'm gonna just be saying them interchangeably but he's like you basically can't be walking around with this thing you're gonna bring hell to earth you're gonna bring you know uh cosmic powers down here that you don't want to deal with and, and logan essentially says to him he's like i'm gonna use this to kind of kind of finally help mutants not be shit on uh and he's like, you know, if, if people come, because uh, Loki makes a reference to him just hiding it in his pocket. He's like, I got other pockets too, bub. Something along those lines. Yeah, I got more pockets, bub, is the line he says. Uh, or he uses the stone to just vanish in front of Loki. Um, and then Loki, all frustrated as shit, uh, has a good line here. He's, he's like, I got more pockets, bub. He's like, it. You're more preposterous than my brother. Uh, ends up killing kind of this Terminator-esque uh, scene, the Ultron bot crawling to him. Well, he um, says he's more maddening than his brother. That he that he does the, I got more pockets, bub. How preposterous. I love yeah. that he's just like mocking him. Like, what a douchebag. Yeah, that was, a, that was a good line. I know. I really liked it. And then this part at the end kind of confusing. I don't really know if Loki's just giving up or he's just like, well, I guess I'm going to have to fight whatever's coming down. Well, where he says... Whatever's going to come from the stars, I say, let the coming void take us all. I guess I'll sh I should just take the hard road. Hard is he going to fight or is he just going to take off? What do you understand from that? I I, I think it means he's going to have to uh, not be sneaking around and, and he's just going to have to man up and, and just do it start the hard way. pulling these stones out of people's hands and not asking nicely, you know, something like that. Yeah, yeah. He's got to do something or maybe get uh, somebody on his side that's going to help him get them. He yeah, he's still he's still visited in that legacy issue, that celestial, uh, that was underground, and I wonder if that's going to come into play when finally shit starts hitting the fan, and Loki's going to kind of be a hero that way if he has control of that thing or something. Everywhere he showed up in, I know, <laughs> Spider Man, Doctor Strange. He was even in Guardians uh, with the Gardener. Like he's been everywhere. Like he knows yeah. what. Like, I think they're about to. I, I kind of sense a full hero turn coming his way. Like he, you know what I'm saying? Like I know he's up to shady shit, but I, I, I feel like even though he goes about it in a shady way, he's gonna do something by the end of this event that's really gonna kind of like push him towards the hero because a lot of people like him in the movies and sh and shit like that. I just kind of get the feeling. If like anything, him. like I can see him being kind of like a uh, like a goofy version of Doctor Doom, like. Like if if he had the power to take over the world or like remake it the way Doom did, he he would do it in a, in a good way. Like everybody would be okay, but it would still be he'd still be like in charge. Yeah, like he would be, be the ruler of it all somehow, kind of. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Um. Uh. So yeah, that's what we got going on there, and then we kind of end the Wolverine and, and the Loki stuff, and uh, you know that was pretty much my favorite part of the issue kind of the most story you get as we then start revisiting or not revisiting but visiting the different locations uh and seeing who's in possession of the other stones now um i don't, I don't know how much miss marvel you've been reading but she's um in possession of the reality stone and it just looks like throughout different oh, captain reality, marvel. different yeah different um captain marvels have this right is that what you're getting to um yeah, the way they explain it um, yeah. in the narration, like 
in other no realities. Reality, basically, you're in. It's like a Captain Marvel head reality stone. Yeah. Do you know what I like about this? They show, you know, they show Carol Danvers, then they show the old school Captain Marvel. Um, for some reason, uh, spec. They show Spectrum because I think for <laughs> amount of time she went by Captain Marvel too. But then when you go to the right, it's like cut off at the edge of the panel, and the costume yeah. kind of looks like Captain Marvel, like Shazam. Did yeah. you notice that? Yeah, it's like a, a definition Sam costume. Like I was gonna say Superman, <laughs> yeah. but they got the pirate boots on, like Shazam. You know? Yeah, um, and he's got the the cape. He's got the the longer cape, and then he's got the little bit like hoodie yeah. little part of the cape and too. The cape's and then even he, got like yellow on the back of it, kind of like a Superman. Yeah, so I was thing. like, it looks like Captain Marvel's costume. So it's like all different universes. Captain Marvel's finding Infinity Stones. Yeah, uh, and then we go on to what kind of has been going on in the Guardians book that just ended, and um, you know, Peter definitely knows where this. Uh, which one is this? The Power Stone is. And instead yeah. of the power stone being obviously a stone, uh, the tiny stone that you could hold in your hand, it's essentially the size of a mountain uh, since reality has been reformed. Um, and the Nova Corps with Drax, are, are, they're watching it. Uh, but they have the Chitari and the Raptors uh, coming down on their tail. As the, Guardians yeah, as the Guardians try to figure out what their next move is, um, Gamora wants to go after the soul stone to, you know, get the piece of her back that's stuck inside of it. And Peter's trying to kind of nudge her towards taking care of this group problem once and for all, because, cause he's still fucked up a little bit, even though he's, he's slightly bigger than he's been. Um, moving on, we go on then to planet scar and how they mention this is the possible location of the time gem, right? Is that the one? Yeah, it's the time gem. Um, because this planet was destroyed long ago and should not be here in this reality. So then we conveniently end up checking in as we zoom in on the planet, see this thing-esque fisk pop up from the ground. But it's not thing, it's Super Scroll. Call Art, whatever the hell his name I can't. K-L-R-T. Cult. Can't do it. <laughs> I can't do scroll <laughs> names. They're all no, fucked up. Either, man. Letters, uh, apostrophe, letters. Like that's yeah. <laughs> and, and literally not a volo in the bunch. You, you, you got uh, all consonants there. So yeah, really fucked up. Uh, but, and you but know what's cool? Found... You know what I liked about this? They really throw you off on the cover when it shows like things arm. Yeah. And you never think for a second like, oh, yeah, super scroll. Yeah. I actually got, I, I don't request covers usually at my shop, but I ended up getting the one of the variants, and it, mine's got Logan on it with the gem in his hand. Oh, that was, uh, a, cool, that was a cool one. I like that one. Yeah, I, I got that one. Um, so, yeah, the Super Scroll has the time gem, and he's talking about how he has plans to rewrite all the embarrassments that the scrolls have, have suffered at the hands of, you know, all the heroes and just all the different cosmic disasters they've been a part of basically uh <laughs> but um you know moving on we we keep checking in on different parts did you want to say something there my bad i cut you off no 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 um then we we go on to what we just read in the adam warlock issue uh that came out a few weeks ago where we see warlock popping out of the tomb conveniently just when kang wanted him to he asked what year it is uh, a boy around in the area taking off mentions 2018 as he seemingly flees for his life. 
uh, and, and uh, Adam's like perfect, uh, wonderful. Um, we're, we're reminded that Thanos has control of the Chitari, took control of them. I think that was in his book, right? Yeah, it happened in the beginning of the Donny Cates run. Yeah, it was the um, first issue. And and then we end up checking in on Magnus, and and he was mentioned in the Adam Warlock issue, but they yep. did not show him. I don't I don't recall. Um, Magus. Magus is his name. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, he was mentioned. This is the first time we're seeing him really, kind of in this rundown of events, and he's got the head of this. Uh, you know, cosmic being called the Contemplator. They're kind of going back and forth, and uh, uh, Ma- Magnus, Magus, whatever the fuck his name is, yep. is basically he's like, you know, let Thanos come. Uh, I'm ready for him. He has he has current possession of the Soul Stone, and as he's talking all this shit, he's getting snuck up on by uh, the Hank Pym version of Ultron. Uh, kind of half half and half two-faced thing he's got going on here. Um, and he punches him right through the back, uh, through the chest, so he basically like disembowels the dude. He nails the ground, so Magus is no longer a threat. And the contemplator is basically, um, as Hank bends down to pick up the stone, like, you know, you, you can still be redeemed, Um you know, mentioning that to Ultron, which he obviously doesn't like, uh, but blows this head away, um, and which all leads to our eventual cliffhanger of uh, Hank Pym inside this soul stone and, and ending up running into Gamora as Ultron is in, you know, possession of the stone itself. You see Hank inside of it. Um, so so a pretty cool turn of events there. You get the... You get the Maybe idea that Hank has some way to come back uh, might be kind of like cyborg, <laughs> just with the opposite yeah. side of his face back. <laughs> but uh, we'll I think it's weird that he's in the Ant Man costume. Yeah, um, in the soul, in the soul <laughs> gem. Soul stone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think the last time we saw him, he was yellow jacket. Yeah, he so, was before he yeah. ended up going into the sun with Ultron or whatever happened, where they combined. Um, that happened in an OGN. It was so weird because everybody was unsure if that was canon or not. And then he started coming around in the comics. So I guess it was. Uh, yeah, it was in um, Rage of Ultron. Was it Rage of Ultron? Yeah. If I remember. It came out in individual issues. It just was released as an OGN. So so um, everyone. that's why everyone was a little thrown off because everyone's always kind of like middle ground on if those are continuity or not. But it... it Kind of leans towards Marvel are. saying yes because the Spider-Man one with his quote-unquote sister, you know that that was, and uh, so yeah, I, I guess you know read those if you've, you've been ignoring them. Um, Rage of Ultron's but, worth the worth the time. Yeah, I, I never Marvel. read it, but I knew the developments that came out of it because uh, I was uh, kind of big into the Avengers books at that time. But it's basically the Seven to Eternity creative team doing an Avengers book. Yeah, yeah, I like that team. That's cool. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, so that's the end of this book. Uh, there's a few extra pages at the end, which are very helpful if you're new to this whole Infinity Stones nonsense. They go through and explain the power of every stone. Uh, there's a circuit in the beginning of the book to show you how they all quote unquote work together on how they need each other to be, you know, this the most powerful weapon in the universe. 
Um, and then you get a, a, a nice rundown of the continuity and history of, of the different stories that have involved the stones throughout really all of Marvel's time, um, pretty much. And, and then the last page is a summary of what we've just read <laughs> in the previous yep. like 25 pages. So, uh, you know, <laughs> if you don't want to read it, skip to the last page in the comic book store, find out who has what and pick up uh, uh, issue one coming up. Yeah. But uh, as far as buy, borrow, or forget, forget goes, uh, for me personally, I like this uh, book a lot. Um, probably mostly because I got a, a perfect taste of Wolverine in the beginning, which I've been missing. Like old classic Wolverine, talked like yes. him, acted like him, fought like him. Uh, and that's what I really liked. And I, I got through the book really quick um, because I was, I, I mean, I was into it. I, I was hooked. Uh, I wanted to. Obviously, not reading every single book. All this stuff ties into like I've been reading Thanos, and I've been reading some of Guardians, and, and um, you know, but I haven't been reading Captain Marvel. I haven't been reading well no. whatever has been going on in Planet Hulk. Obviously, with with uh, you know Planet Scar and all the events there going on. So this is a, a good way to prime you up for the book coming out next month. And I, I'm usually not really high on Prime issues. But I feel like this one was done a little better than normal, so that's why I'm leaning towards by both art-wise and, and story-wise. Like it, usually it's a lot of stuff you already know, and I think that might be the case if you read every Marvel book. But I don't, so I, I found it informative and enjoyable with with the history mixed in as well. I I, I liked it. So, what do you think? Yeah, I. I uh... I really liked it a lot for a prime issue too. You know, normally prime issues take the time to tell a story that um, that's full of a bunch of information that you already know, or that's not really going to further the plot for the the whole of the event anyway. So they normally just I don't they're kind of like a waste of money most of the time, yeah. or a recap for everybody not reading the books that are tied in. But he took the opportunity to not only like he used this to kind of tie everything, like all the threads that have been out there that we've been wondering about to tie them all together and actually further the plot of the story, which, you know, he used the prime issue for what it should be used for, which was really, really good. I loved the Logan stuff, just like you, the Turk thing. We were talking about that before we started recording like this, this douchebag, this, this, yeah, um, I, I think well, I even glossed over that. Did I forget to mention? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You glossed over. <laughs> it's like a one-page thing of him playing blackjack with the mind gem. Uh, mind gem. Uh, and I'm, I, I had to look up Turk because I remembered the name. I'm like, why do I know that name? Now, I'm like, oh yeah, he's kind of like a daredevil bad guy a little bit. Yeah. And but and if you've watched the Netflix shows and you watched Luke Cage, he was one of the the cowardly guys who um, hung out. You know, he's, he wants to be a gangster, but he's he's kind of a coward. He was in Defenders. He was in a lot of Luke Cage, but he's a goofball. I, I mean, I, I don't have much experience with him in the comics because he's like a minor, low-level, like, D-grade, C-grade bad guy. But for some yeah. strange fucking reason, he's he has he got his mitts on an Infinity Gem, but Stone, whatever. But, um, but yeah, I don't know how he got it or how that's going to play in or why he decided. But I think it's because Jerry Duggan always likes to make, make light in, in serious situations. Like most of his books are all around fun. Like he does have serious moments, but they're always like peppered with comedy. So maybe he's going to be uh, that comedy aspect because he's yeah. kind of a goof. 
He's not going to, once somebody with any sort of fucking power comes down, I think they're getting that right out of his hands quick. Right out of his hands. He's not, he's in no position to defend himself unless he uses the stone. Um, But I, you know, I haven't been reading Captain Marvel, but I, I, I have been reading Captain Marvel, but I didn't read the last issue when she actually gets the stone. And the reason is because it's, I want to say it's poorly written, but the dialogue is just plain old bad, and it's it's a it's a hard book to get through. So uh, so this was a nice recap page, and it basically just gives you all you need. You don't have to read her books; just know that she got it, and she got it from a different universe. That's all you need to know. You don't need to know anything more about her adventures of how she got it because the story was awful. Um, <laughs> and I liked seeing, you know. The Guardian stuff was kind of like a little bit of a recap, but at the same time showing you that everything that was building in that run is just going to is gonna go haywire. And you especially see that in the preview for Infinity Countdown number one um, with like fucking Star-Lord shooting his guns and shit. I didn't expect the, the Sakaar stuff and, and whatever the fuck his name is, Clorot, whatever. Yeah. getting the time stone because i thought the time stone was going to tie more into um thanos because yeah of... no I, which one is he messing with in that book don't is is there one in that book it's or the time stone yeah it's the time stone because he's in the future with yeah. um with King maybe because it's in the future it's not the yeah. one in the present <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe he'll get i like, fucking maybe... hate messing with future timelines it puts maybe my he'll... brain in a loop Maybe he'll find out like who had it or where they got it from. But I do like how they tied it into um, his own book and him taking over the Chitari. Um, I don't really see good. Thanos really going back to the... Uh, not to interrupt. I don't see Thanos going back to the present without a fucking gem he's that close to. You know what I'm saying? I just, yeah, <laughs> or something. <laughs> Even um, if it's himself with possession of the gem, like... Present Thanos self takes precedent over future Thanos self. I have a feeling in, in his mind. So I know. Well, who knows how that story is going to go? I know that the, that the older Thanos is more powerful, but I, I have no idea how that's that story is going to play out. It's yeah, just it's interesting. It's a pretty crazy. Yeah, it is interesting. It's a pretty crazy story. But um, I really like the the Hank Pym stuff. I like it. Everybody's always wondered like, is he half Ultron? Is it Ultron just pretending to be Hank Pym? But then when he grabs that Soul Stone. And then um, Hank Pym shows up in the soul world. I thought that was pretty cool and kind of gave us yeah. our answer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like uh, he's there somewhere. Hope, he, uh, I just don't think he has much control. Yeah. I hope we see him again, too. Like, I hope Hank Pym comes. He's one of the most underrated and underutilized characters in the Marvel Universe. It just it depends. Like, he only really shows up in Avengers books. And it's only when a writer is actually a fan of that character yeah. that she's the older up. writers. <laughs> yeah, it is. It the is. older guys because um, he, he hasn't he wasn't like you know a super prominent character for a long time there. But uh, no, it's, it's only know. when people want him to be. And yeah, <laughs> but so, uh, yeah. but I loved it. It was, a, it was I love Diodato's art. It's as good as it always is. He never falters. He the guy never has a moment where he's lagging. Like. Every panel is has the amount of detail that the panel before it has. He never, he never cheaps out on you. So it was a great book. I it was a total buy for me. Uh, Prime issues usually suck or Omegas or Alphas, but this was great. I really yeah. enjoyed it. 
Yeah, I liked it too. So yeah, we recommend to buy uh, for Infinity Countdown Prime. Uh, it is a little extra price, but you do get some cool extra stuff in there besides just the story. It makes it a little bit worth it, especially if you are not very educated on what gem is what. So this helps you out immensely as far as all that it goes. Really does. Um, but yeah, you guys looking for more of us? We got a couple more books to cover this weekend uh, on the Marvel Madness Comics podcast. It drops usually Monday night, Tuesday afternoonish. Um, but yeah, we will talk to you guys then. And until then, peace out. Time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We'll find out if he thinks the books are good or bad or just okay. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores. We don't want to hear. All right, and we are back with our second bunch of books. Eric, are you ready to have some fun? Are you ready to party? Not not as uh, jokey as last week, unfortunately. Plus, in a behind-the-scenes deal, we're kind of recording this old school where we're going through this as each section uh, because we were going to record tonight with Reggie, and he had some issues where his building in New York caught on fire or something with an electrical fire deal. So me and you are going and trying to get all of our books done in one fell swoop i don't know if we're gonna get there i don't, I don't know, know that either. we're gonna complete that Daddy, uh, after this section i might just call it quits it might I, I'm be telling you, I i'm telling you we were on a really good pace in my mind fucking up that first batman review yeah. where we didn't hit the record button yep. i think that really threw me off pistol shrimp yeah i agree it just See brought me down like seven. oh we gotta See talk about batman again sevens, fuck yeah. me well, this section is the Justice Lanterns Nightwing section there, Eric. I, I think that's a pretty clever way to describe it. Uh, we're going to mix it up a little, though, because usually this section, we start with the Green Lanterns book. We're not going to do that this time. Welcome. We're actually going to start with Justice League. Uh, I, I don't know. It, this is a toss up, uh, of books. Uh, one, you know, which do I hate the most? It really is. And I do know which one because it's my book, but, uh, I think that you probably will not like this first one most, but we'll see. What is it? Justice League number 39, written by Christopher Priest, with art by Ian Churchill, Alex Salazzo, and Willie Shue. Sweet it's Willie Shue. It's just that easy. Oh, sweet Willie Shue. Go with the, him. The, the People versus the Justice League continues in this issue, where the Justice League are scrutinized by the people because it seems that they only help the rich folks out, and that doesn't look good for Cyborg's first day as leader on the team. Also, we have Martian Manhunter show up and take Simon and Jessica off to some strange mission. Yeah, and with that, uh, this issue just feels odd to me. It, it, it really feels like, you know, we had had the fan. We kind of got away from him a little uh, last issue. And this issue, he's back with a vengeance, Eric. But, and, but it's uh, weird because we, we move on from where we left off. Yeah. It kind of seemed like a reprieve last issue. Let's let's like regroup yeah, and was. figure out what we're doing. And by the end of that, okay, Batman's off the team. Cy- like yeah. Cyborg is the new leader. We're going to move forward. And when we start this issue out, we jump back in time to yeah, see where Aquaman 
was teleported by the fan two issues ago. Yeah, and it seems like this is one of those where we do have a very Christopher Priest-esque thing where we did have that what we thought was the stealth suit before, and we see where he got it here. So that's explained. I don't really need that explained. I don't really need – but again, it is a Christopher Priest thing where he's going to keep you on your toes and explain some things. The problem I have with this issue though, it jumps back and forth between some really odd things because then you have Simon – or not Simon, Cyborg on trial there and having Martian Manhunter there out of nowhere. Then you have the Justice League of America just show up. Well, not only that, just not only that, we have, and, we, have, we have the the human persona of Martian Manhunter, John yeah. Jones be there. And then at the same moment, it seems that we have Martian Manhunter proper on the Watchtower because I went back and looked at the whole thing because he's very big on telling you the time frame and where you're at because we have the cyborg in the courtroom talking to John Jones. That says now. now. And then the next page we have Jessica talking to Martian Manhunter and the Watchtower, which says now. So yeah. I'm like – is there something more going on here, or am I just a dummy who's trying to read too much into this? Yeah, or yeah, or in the fact because then you do have, you know, Jessica's watching the trial on TV. It says now. Then you go, and maybe that's the progression because the now of the Martian Manor, I believe, is after the trial lets out, and we go. So is the now the now a little ahead of time? I don't, I, know. I don't know. That's the thing because- is, I don't know because we keep moving back and forth through time. And while I really do think that the narration style or the storytelling style of Christopher Priest works for Deathstroke, here it is not working for me at all. And just continues yeah, to do not this book either. that is just like I don't know if it knows what it wants to be. Like, well, does that's it, the problem. I think. I think I, it just. I think it just wants to be a Christopher Priest book, you know, without yeah. the whole like bogged down by Justice League, you know, interaction. Like we had the. Inter- I don't know what I'm even trying to say. It's just not a Justice League-style story that no, we're used isn't. to. No, it isn't. Now, a lot of people like it because of that, but exactly. I'm not one of them, actually, uh, because of the fact that it just seems to be here to have Christopher Priest prove a point of the Justice League only helping uh, the rich and the white, and that's fine. I just never got that idea before, and if that is a problem from before, instead of calling it out this way – just show the opposite. Show the, you know, show them being good people. I just don't like my Justice League book uh, being assholes. I, yeah. You know, and they are. I mean, if this is what you're supposed to be, because and in the meantime, you have this behind the scenes deal with the the fan who is actually trying to switch things up and and kind of fix the game to make them look better, at least to, uh, you know, not have people against them. So where you have that, where your main villain here is a guy who's actually going to kill senators who talk shade on the Justice League. In the meantime, you have a story that wants to make them look like pieces of shit. And it's just after Brian Hitch and all that nonsense, I just want to have a Justice League book that makes me smile. I have to admit it. I don't even want a, a Justice League book that makes me think. I don't want that. I actually, because of what we're getting in every other book, Batman. Oh, I like it because it's more human Batman. No, no, it's just that there's nothing going on. Oh, I like it. You're getting a lot of this. This Justice League isn't really hitting for me, though it is hitting for other people uh, and going with. But out of nowhere, like you have the Justice League of America show up and you have Simon who basically continues with only saying like, I'm going to have this lunch. What's this lunch? And you guys are are B-level. You guys going to take me out to lunch. Yeah, 
I, I just and and it's weird too because this, this whole this whole thing too is actually spelled out in this issue that the Just League has been together for 15 years, yeah, which goes against the New 52 yeah, continuity. But the whole idea too that Arthur, after 15 years, says he doesn't really know Superman all that well. Yeah, and, and that's off to me again. I hate to say it. But my, you know, when I read the Justice League, I do have the Super Friends in the back of my head. Why That's what you? I grew up and watched. So when they're going, I like it more of like we even said before, where you even had the Tom King, Batman, and Wonder Woman. I know we keep bringing up Tom King, but we had that where one of the things that threw us off is it seemed like Wonder Woman and Batman were work friends, and yeah. they were in the. I don't like that. I like the idea that the Justice League is not just together to solve the world's problems. Even as Cyborg says, you know, we're not a military organization. We're just a bunch of people who want to help. Uh, in that, I, I like to think of them as being friends as well, or at least respect each other enough to know about each other that you're going. Now, is this Christopher Priest kind of throwing shade that you don't often get Aquaman and Batman together? And he's kind of wink, wink. That's what he means. It, it threw me me off it, it really did about well, he thought about like, superman as well uh, yeah super and with them i'm just saying in, in general yeah and even superman or what, whatever it is he's always hitting on wonder woman and other people's <laughs> deal but really it's just like is that kind of poking fun that aquaman is not really involved a lot of times because i don't think that's the case i think that he wants this to be a work type situation where they just show up and do this and now because of that this humanized version of it the, there's consequences and there's things like that which we didn't like from the beginning because this is supposed to be the fun book again or it's supposed to be the book where now you're you're pretty much handcuffing everything because you know they have a committee and it, it seems to be pushing towards a quote civil war type situation of you know you need these people now in the new 52 you kind of have had a hint of that as well, but that was just, hey, Steve Trevor, you're their liaison. You kind of do that. That's all that, that I want. Uh, this is just weird, and there are a couple fun parts, but in a book, again, where it's Christopher Priest, who is a pretty serious deal – I smiled a little, but it doesn't hit as far. It's like, oh, now you want to have fun because in the beginning it's Aquaman. He's going through the uh, the desert being chased by – Where he was by teleported guys. by the yeah, fan to issue teleport, which is a pretty kick-ass deal to think if the guy wanted to kill Aquaman. He's there right. in the desert. He's Aquaman obviously, but he shows up. He shows up to uh, you know kind of go with he, – he doesn't seem to be smoking here, but he is dressed as Jason Momoa. It's, it's Aquaman. It, yeah, it's kind of funny. It made funny. me giggle. Yeah, it, it made me giggle. But again, in a book that wants you to really think about real world situations and things like that, some people were thrown off by it. Like, what are you getting at? You're, you're doing this whole thing where all of a sudden Batman can't do this because he has to, you know, go to a committee and be accountable. And now you throw that. That's okay. Later on, when they're like, oh, a bunch of Batman are out there gathering, that is an odd scene. Though, again, I kind of smile, but it just seemed – it threw the tone off of what we've been getting in this. And uh, But really saying what we're getting in this, I, I, there's not much because it, it just continues – the same beats, the the same deal of, you know, you have to, where's Batman? He should be at this committee. Oh, he's well, here. Say, well, this, one is- part, this part of Aquaman, though, does open up a big thing because while we did have this whole problem that if they if the Just League does take down the fan, Simon brought it up yeah. before, what are we going to do with him? Because he knows everything yeah, about yeah. us. 
we we can't turn him in because he'll just tell everybody he when he's uh, confronting Aquaman here. He brings up a good point where Aquaman is not like the others. He doesn't have a secret identity or anything no. like this. Everybody knows him as Arthur Curry, the Aquaman, the King of Atlantis. He is not bogged down by the secrets the other Justice League members have. So he could, you know, just either let it happen or he could take him down. Yeah, yeah, and it, same with Vic. I mean, Vic yeah. even goes and, you know, spells out his name, and I think they're kind of going between those and things like that. You do find out why he has that suit that he had before, a hydration suit that the fan shows and then just teleports out. As and it's funny, we up. see this whole thing about the hydration suit and stuff like that. I don't even remember last issue thinking about yeah, him having yeah. a different suit. Any idea of it never People crossed thought my it mind. was this stealth suit, and I even brought it up when we talked about it, that it was odd that all of a sudden he was in this. This does explain it because this scene was was from before then you go to the now where they are there you know having this committee in the u.s house of representatives and you have cyborg show up and he's like hey you know i got the summons whatever oh what do you mean cyborg you know what are you here for oh i'm the leader now and but what happens there is now you're gonna get more explanation and it starts right here where i'm like here we go again because cyborg's there we know that he has this ability we've even seen it there in this book where he can make himself look human and yeah. not the tech so he does that here but then ends up hey look it is me cyborg look here you go but then has to start explaining it and it really to me stops any sort of fun that any little bit of fun hey i call it techno scaling and, and interstitial thermolysis i can't even read it i'm looking at it now i'm like i don't know what you're talking about I, all he has to say is look I, I can try to make myself look kind of human. There you go, but it's, it's just and extra you, you find it odd that when, like, Cyborg looks like Cyborg, that he doesn't grow that mu- half-mustache out like he does when he's in his human form. He, yeah, like, yeah. he has a full, like, goatee going on in his human form. Does he think it looks... Does he think it looks more like, you know, proper yeah, to be in the courtroom with this little bit of facial hair? Because I, it's just odd to me that he would add that in this yeah, human feet form. Right. Look, makes him look sexy. He wants to buy cigarettes, Eric, and, and he knows he needs that goatee with a little bit of gray like you, uh, That though he doesn't have gray there. But again, you're now Lucky explain, you're explaining things too much for me to even keep going. Like I'm like, okay, that, that was a fucking, you know, a, a little bit of a speed bump there, and let's move on. And then you see that he does have a lawyer there. That Regina Cole, the Regina Justice Cole. League's lawyer. Yeah, who you would think by the end, Cyborg would know is this because she's spelling out i'm the justice league's lawyer not like hey listen uh cyborg uh did not have a lawyer so i'm a public defendant i'm here no say, she's is this like, the court appointed attorney like that, what's but going she on here? doesn't say that she says i'm the justice league's lawyer and there's cyborg like where's cyborg like Wait a second. We don't have a lawyer. Uh, it just goes on with it. In the meantime, at the end, you see that it's actually the fan who's dressed yeah. up as a lady. Sex. Sexy as hell. Uh, but yeah, as this is going on, you see the lawyer bit. And now all of a sudden we jump off to see the Justice League of America. Well, that's where... what we, we find out now that in Justice League of America, all this time that Batman's been gone, it hasn't been metal. It's just that he's been do- busy doing Justice League stuff. Yeah, yeah, and now that he's kicked seems. out, now he's back. Yeah, and he's back in the, the JLA for yeah. them to go through a situation that I don't understand again because they're in Arkansas. It's the Westies, the, you know, and there you go where it's 
The tanker cars on that derailed train are loaded with chlorine gas, sodium hydroxide, and cresol, any one of which can be deadly, but a cocktail of this stuff is a disaster. Even worse, it's snowing. Sodium hydroxide and water breaks down the chemical bonds that keep flesh intact. The cresol dissolving the sodium hydroxide is also highly exothermic. It's crazy to me reading this, too, because I've had a lot of sodium hydroxide on my hands and arms yeah, and shit like yeah, that. I have. Terrible burns all Luckily, over my body. Luckily, we didn't have cresol. Oh, my God. I'm telling you that what I just wrote or read was right from that. I don't know what's going on. What you need to do is say this. You see that snow? Because really what's happening, too, is who's talking here? It seems like a lot of the talk is from Ryan. He's talking some things maybe. About, it's it's kind of a from the, the rooftops, but it doesn't look like it's Batman because you see him. But whoever is just needs to say, listen, uh, the, the snow is deadly. You, yeah. you don't want to get the snow on you. But it goes through this explanation that makes my head spin. And, and yeah, it probably all works out. I'm not looking that up. I'm not going to go and put my comic down to look up the chlorine gas, sodium hydroxide, cresol, and how the dissolving of it is exothermic. I, I don't know. I don't care. I don't even understand what it means. And then, how? Oh, this is like a nuclear explosion in flesh-eating snow. Okay, whatever. I Just go on with it. It's not that fun. And they're just going to go, and then, you know, you have the whole thing that Batman seems to get a call. And, and You know, it's funny. At the continues. end of the day, too, with this whole thing where the Justice League and the JLA work together to try to resolve this problem, and then we have all these tweets talking about how Justice yeah. League's only on the north side of town helping the rich white folk. Yeah. Um, I would just say to everybody else, you know, if we, if we can't get over there, get off your goddamn roofs. Yeah, stop sitting there on the roof and looking at this deadly snow. But yeah, Cyborg's there, and they're basically the, the committee. Hey, listen, and it's also funny. What the fuck is the lawyer doing at this point? I, why does they that, when she shows up? I'm waiting for Cyborg. Like, this is just a committee that's that's talking to me. Yeah. You're not getting involved. They're just talking to me. I'm talking to them. You're out of the picture. Why are you here? But they're like, hey, uh, you know, why isn't Batman here? And yeah, oh, there's plenty of them. And you go out, Batman invade Washington. It's almost like again, you are pushing this whole idea of. The people being against the Just League, yet it seems like I can only think these are cosplayers, though it's, you know, crazy. You have, like, Year 100, you have the animated series, you have a lot of crazy yeah, ones. Yeah, Miller's Dark Knight yeah, Returns. Yeah, and so you have all these things going on, or these cosplayers that are supporting supporting Batman, because that yeah. kind of goes against what we have been led to believe is going on in this book, just to have kind of a joke there. Uh, yeah, there's plenty of them out there. Maybe one's and the Jessica's, real one. And Jessica's watching all of this on the news, all upset because she kissed Batman and she yeah. knows it's going to complicate things. Yeah, and she's with her sister. And again, I don't know that a lot of people are going to know if you're only reading the Justice League. Uh, her sister and all that has not really been involved that much. So you're not there. even in the Green Lanterns. Yeah, recently. yeah. So you, you you have that where she's watching and she is. She's upset. You have the whole thrown in of pancakes. Like he knows the the beats deal because she's going to go to the IHOP. Uh, then the committee's done. Uh, at least taking a, you know, we're going to take a break. You have these crazy fucking tweets that drive me nuts, though. I'm telling you, some of these people are big hits, Eric. 1.2 thousand likes for Gray I wonder guy. who this verified Gray guy is. Yeah, look at him. He, he's tough. Fred X is verified. Sheila like, M is verified. is verified. I, I love it. A rookie leading a bunch of gods. Affirmative action. Take no extreme. Hashtag not ready to lead. 
I always like hashtags. They make me laugh. We walk around Dweller the house. Problems. Told you, we walk around the house and Tanya gets mad and we're like, hashtag Tanya problems and walk away. And it makes us giggle. But you have here where you have a uh, cyborg who's very, very smart, obviously. And this lawyer who just came out of nowhere, obviously he shouldn't know who this is. We don't know any background uh, that the fan is actually impersonating somebody that they know or use or whatever. Next thing you know, it's like first at first you get the Martian Manhunter bit. That's kind of weird. But then, hey, come on up to the watchtower with me. Yeah. It's very odd for Cyborg to do this. But you do have him say, hey, wait a minute. I got to go. Hey, John Johns. And there you go. You have the human form of Martian Manhunter with pretty much uh continuing there at like you said the same time of the actual martian manhunter you know looking like martian manhunter in the watchtower with jessica and then you do have a editor's note see dark knights metal five for martian manhunter's return you say this and put that editor's note i can only think that we're on the up and up and legit though the time frame is a little that's the thing is what what am i supposed to do with this see you know martian manhunter's return Mm. and he's returned he's on thanagar prime yeah, yeah. So I can only say that we are would we think doing that, Thanagar Prime problems. Yeah, well, hashtag? we would think hashtag Thanagar Prime problems. Th- hashtag not in metal anymore. Uh, we're moving forward. This must take place after. So we'll go with that. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're, Cyborg takes the you know the lawyer up to the watchtower, and, and it's, it's even weird then too because when we go to the watchtower, we had this whole thing where you know Martian Manhunters come to Jessica Cruz yeah. on the watchtower to ask her for her help. And, they and then send later on, and, si- and and this thing is, Cyborg. Oh, I said Simon and Jessica. Like, yeah. Why don't we see Simon, Simon in all this? Yeah. Where was Simon? Uh, but yeah, they seem to go. And again, that would make you believe that that's also part of the problem or part of this plan to get the Green Lanterns out of the equation. Yeah. Uh, but again, we see that that whole time, what we end up seeing the as fan the fan was with cyborg this whole time unless there was a switcheroo i don't know and there's a continuation of this i thought the trans you know the teleport i didn't th- i didn't think that worked well it doesn't but i'm gonna give it a try i didn't think that worked well i think i'll give it a try you have this continuing going on with that but yeah there's this whole thing that the jla was working at the snowstorm and you have everybody go to the it. The Just League shows up with the JLA, with the and we're just JLA. doing this whole big thing to save this Arkansas town. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it becomes weird because I'm telling you, we are going through the Just League doing all they can to solve this problem and make yeah. sure that everyone is safe. We have the Ray and the Flash work together. It gets a little convoluted with the explanation, but it's a cool concept. we having these people work together for the first time that we've seen. Yep. And while this is going on, we have a bunch of angry tweets going about, you know, soups dragging toxic train away from city may ruin farm crops, bankrupt farmers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like, but by the end, it, it's this whole wraparound where they're only, I, I don't even know how it works, how they're only saving the rich part of town. Like, yeah. how is that a thing that is actually going on? Why, like, how isn't the rest of the town being saved? And why isn't the Just League doing this? Because you know the Just League. You've read the Just League most likely yes. for years. You know they're not a, like this. You They would save the yeah, entire town. I don't understand. I don't, and the thing is, by the, all the way the art is depicting it in my mind, from I don't know if they're not conveying it right, it seems that they're doing everything they can and – why you know at one point Batman is just holding a child in the snowstorm on yeah. a rooftop like she's yep. hurt. I'm like, get her inside if this is the problem. But I don't understand what they're trying to convey or why nobody is saying anything because you know obviously Batman knows something is wrong if this is the case. Yes, we have you know this guy calling up you know Troy's dad's calling up Cyborg on the phone. Yeah. Troy's yeah. dad. Troy. To tell him 
you know, uh, how come this Justice League isn't helping, you know, yeah, uh, hey, any of the poor folk the league, over here? Why aren't, why aren't you helping us? But I, I, I don't understand what they're trying to depict here except for what they're saying at, at face value, the fact that the Justice League is only helping and rich white folk. And the other thing, maybe it is something because it's weird because they end up on the north side. They even have the one Kendra Lake. She's verified as well, though not as popular as Grey Guy earlier. Says acidic uh, acidic fumes burning my baby. Cops, FFS, JL, all on the north side. The weird thing is as they leave the watchtower, Wonder Woman specifically says, let's go. You two shuttle down and clear Estes West. So it seems like there are, and you keep getting this whole deal of, it doesn't really work. It doesn't really work. So are these all doppelgangers of them? And how does that get explained? How is, I just don't understand. Now, also, I just want to point out again that we have Flash again, who is just a nonsense of science that it yes you can keep saying to me uh it's probably legit it's just not fun where he's like 78 percent of air is nitrogen the rest is oxygen two gases can be separated by frost freezing the toxic cloud oxygen liquefies at negative 183 degrees celsius and falls to the ground where friction from my run reheats it preventing for the liquid o2 from harming and what what please just say i'm gonna run around real fast and that'll save everybody in the meantime you do have this justice league who is going Going to that north, the rich whites, and they are helping. They're chanting. The Justice League itself has weird, re- like non-reactions as all of this is going on, and I can only think that something else is up. But who knows what? Because then, and I don't know. Yeah. And all I can say, I'm walking. Why are they on the like, roofs? Get off the fucking roof! Yeah, that this is you know, it's deadly. Get off I, of I there! And then this lady who's verified, she's tweeting on the roof. My baby is being hurt by acid fumes. Get the fuck off the roof! Stop tweeting. Yeah, and then you have the whole deal where Batman is with the baby. And then you go up where Cyborg's like, shit's gone wrong. This is bullshit. I'm going down there. And you have the lawyer. But you said the transporter is not, I'll have to chance it. Why? Because it's where I should have been in the first place. Goes down, boom. It goes out. And then you have all of a Regina sudden lighting a cigarette, cigarette like a fucking badass. Well, let's get on with it. And it looks like she has like a hand oh, laser cutter type deal, like a laser cutter. Yeah. And yeah, dismantle the deal i don't know and i I, the the plan's very odd it's not fun to me uh i I don't know what they're trying to do here because for for, uh, what we're led to believe going down to this mission this whole town was going to be saved i don't know what happened or why it's different or if the tweets are actually legitimate yeah or yeah or the tweets are doing this we're seeing something different i don't know it's just not fun it really isn't that fun uh, the art's incredible. It Love really the is. The art is stupendous. Uh, it seems to be something of a, a theme this week, where it's like the art's really good, but boy, I just the story's not hitting with. So the art teams are on top of their game. I just wish yeah. the writing was on, well, on par. Yeah, and I just I I don't like it. What would you give it? I did give it a six out of ten on the site. Mostly because I love the art. And the thing is, yeah. I, I, I see this thing going on here. It's not fun, but I could see the story that you yeah. know Priest is writing here. And it does seem like a legitimate story that could be told really well. This is the way it's being broken up by the way that he tells his stories. It's really confusing me, yeah. but I still gave it this 6 out of 10. Yeah, and it's funny because he does play the long game, but unfortunately the long game shortened because Scott Snyder is going to be on this, so that kind of throws it off a little. Uh, but in the meantime, it's just not that fun. 
And I can't really get it, so I'm going to go 5.5 out of 10, uh, and that's a lot of the art, though I do think that as we go, maybe some things will be explained a little more, and then it'll be like a death stroke, where like, oh my god, I see this, but Thing in the is, meantime... I don't think it will. In the meantime, you do have a team there that you know whether you're going to say it's it's a great deal or, or a bad deal but you have batman going to the jla where steve orlando has pretty much tried to set that up as the team that helps the common people or helps the yeah. downtrodden or whatever so you could have just gone with this story where batman ends up getting kicked off of the justice league goes to the jla because they are more of a team for the people and then kind of go that juxtaposition there and play around with it i just want to know where at the beginning of this batman Man could barely keep his eyes open on those stairs. Now he can't stop joining teams again. It just throws me off. But yeah, himself what, a nap. Uh, what is the next book, Eric? Green Lanterns number forty-one, written by Tim Seeley with art by Barnaby Behenda, Tom Derenick, Mick Gray, Ulysses Ariola, and Dave Sharp. We continue the hunt for Night Pilot in this issue, where our Lantern heroes and Scraps make their way to Hellhole to find out where the kidnapped heroes are being taken by some other members of this intergalactic kidnapping pyramid scheme. Yes. Brightest day and brightest night. No evil escape my sight. No warthards, evil mites. Beware of my power, green's light. All right, and to continue a theme, Eric, uh, I kind of got a little bored with this issue, and, and it almost is like one of those where I'm reading it. Uh, we, everybody who listened to the last time we talked about this book, we were hoping for a lot of goofy fun. Why wouldn't uh, you? With these other heroes that the Capers app seemed to have captured and whatnot. In the meantime, it ends up being a story to me that you already see that it's just being padded and extended. Well, that's the thing. This, this, is this not... issue is inconsequential. It is just yeah. here to continue the joke of the superhero dating app, but now it's the intergalactic dating app that all the aliens are using as well. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's just that's not that funny. And no. it's not funny enough or strong enough to support a full issue or not a full issue but this issue but a arc like this is whatever it ends up being we're already one issue of padding here and really you you get a continuation of uh simon and jessica they have scraps you know you have that whole deal where they the omega men yeah and they're trying to figure out you do go at the beginning where you're uh reminded who night pilot is and i don't know simon seems a little more attached to her here well, the thing is i'm actually all about this whole thing just because it actually gives us a little bit more understanding of night pilot because all we've seen up to this point she had a one night stand with simon yeah. and took off because he freaking squats in a freaking sector house but it's like I, the reason yeah. that simon really likes her is that you're a superhero you same live two lives same. you can fly you like uh you like to go fast and you're and a muslim, you're muslim. right yeah, there so Bam, that's I know why, more and about freaking night pilot. And again, it also shows you why that would have been a match on the Caper yeah. Zap. Now, again, where he's like, so glad. I hope I don't ever have to use that app again. Kisses her, and she's like, yeah, you're a little too clingy, and goes yeah. off because, yeah, it was a one-night stand pretty much. She said it's because of where, or at least he said that to Jessica, saying, yeah, she thought I, you know, I, I think that that was an excuse. She wanted to get He Didn't a have clingy. a job squatting He's a, a little clingy. House. And you start saying that you really like me after one night. Night pilot, don't play that, Eric. But, yeah, as this goes on. 
you continue that joke that Jessica ended up being matched with Simon on the app. And I did see a lot of people going crazy. I do like that they are in the middle of space and she still has 4G coverage. I'm going to see that map uh, of whatever that is. Uh, but with that, you, you Verizon continue. does have the yeah, best really, coverage. Can, can you hear me now? With that, though, you have <laughs> Jessica there. And, oh, my goodness, I don't want Simon to see this. Even Please. in space, you can hear me now with That's Verizon. Right. Even in space, you can hear me swipe right uh and with that she's there and a lot of people lost their mind saying oh that's the worst thing that's gonna happen simon and jessica together hey it may happen still i never thought it would i, I thought that it. as you thought she's so, with batman as well yeah, and barry and and who else knows uh, pancakes she loves uh but with that I do think it's going to be where you keep she keeps you keep seeing it. She doesn't bring it up, but it's still there. Like she yeah. keeps looking at him. Like get rid of that. You go to another screen. You don't have to keep that up there. But he's oh, what what do you got your next date there? And eventually, I do think that he's going to see it and basically say it makes sense. We're partners, you know. Yeah, yeah I you're you know, and maybe you'll get some weird like you're like my a sister to me, and then she's like, ah, not even that. It is that she wants a romance, but you never want to hear that sort of thing. Who knows? Yeah, you're like a brother to me. But you're but like, really, oh. this whole this whole issue to me with like you know keep pushing this caper joke yeah. and even the intergalactic dating yeah. like app that the, all the other aliens are using. Besides that, it seems like this issue. Hey, guys, remember back in the 90s when you really dug that Lantern character, Jack T. Chance? Yeah. We're yeah. going to bring him up here a lot, and we're going to talk about his home that they called Hellhole. Yeah. So, and- if you were a fan of Jack T. Chance, you might get some stuff out of this that you may enjoy, just them referencing the character. Besides that, I, I don't see a lot of yeah. reasons to read this issue. And again, uh, I would say that that may sell an extra 15 copies. I yeah. just – you have that, and yeah, you have the whole deal that they call it hellhole, and you go down this planet, and the whole wraparound is that you have scraps – where she has a connection. This is where they're going to try to figure out all this stuff going on by getting scraps saying that she's a captive. It's basically, again, we have Chewbacca and the Death Star. They're going to use her as kind of a ploy to say, look, she tried yeah. to steal from us. They get in this disguise of these people. And, Number and one, thankfully, they're not glowing green like we yeah, saw they're previously. Not. Uh, but when you're doing this, I know that the whole thing they're saying is like, hey, the reputation or whatever. You, you don't you, make up a name. I, I mean, make up a persona. You have this where you're going to just throw it into where it causes trouble later. Now, the other thing going is it's really pushed that what the cur- currency here is reputation. And if you scraps is done. Scraps has pretty much thrown her reputation out the door of just getting captured, I think. But yeah. it just threw me off. And she, they go in there and they do meet up with the the people who are Scraps' connection here. And, the, and these are these are tech dealers where you yeah. do, like you know Scraps goes to these people. It's part of the pyramid scheme where we yeah, have it's a pyramid the people scheme, who are behind the kidnapping. They have the dealers who go out and give this alien tech who then yeah. go out and give it to these other dealers who go down to do these other like, you know, worlds yep. and spread this tech around, which allows them to like, you know, pinpoint the people that they can kidnap. Man, it's funny because as this is going on, they're even like, what would you call that? And I'm like, it's called a pyramid scheme. And then yeah. Simon, I think, is who says it later. Like, you're pulling a pyramid scheme. That's what they're doing. Uh, in the meantime, you have it's the Wild West there in Hellhole. I mean, people oh, that's hitting the thing each is, other too. with it's like, you crowbars. Know, the first thing that was cool about Hellhole and Jack T. Chance is that before Jack came here and like we got a Green Lantern, 
every Green Lantern that ever had the sector would get killed yeah. on yeah, Hellhole. Killed. And eventually yeah. they actually had the, the last Green Lantern who gave Jack T. Chance his ring actually specified that the ring finds somebody on this planet to like be able to, to use be it. Able to so do Jack, it. Yeah. Was, Jack was not a good guy. Jack would go around and kill people, but he was the only Green Lantern that, that was able to keep them in yeah. like in line on Hellhole here, Garnet. And so yeah. the, actually the Guardians programmed his ring that his ring would only work on this planet. He was a Green yeah. Lantern of this planet alone, of not even planet. the sector. And they kind of say that a little and even the, go to the point where there is no Green Lantern now. Though I thought that that was going to end up being more of a thing going forward here. It kind of isn't. Uh, the problem, though, is is that these identities that they are using to try to fool these people uh, they are on the inner, you know, the intergalactic dating app, yeah. dating app now. And again, think here, Simon and Jessica, when they're there, how could you be here if you swiped right on my profile 18 million parsecs away? Right away, at least start with the. That's probably an imposter there. Like, yeah. holy shit, who got my info? Like, go How with is something. How that Baba Fetisha's here in Hello and she just swiped right on my shyster yeah. beach bed? Yeah, sh- go right away with the other person is because you're there Somebody able. Somebody must have hacked my account. Yeah, you're there able to kind of go with what you want to do. You look can at me. plead I'm your case. Baba Fetish. Yeah, look at me. You see me right here. That's nonsense. No, right away. Oh, no. The jig is up and gone there. Yeah, and so they just go, and you end up with this situation that I don't mind because then you get this, you know, you get a chase, you get a whole thing, and then when you see how the people of Garnet or Hellhole, as they call it, they really hate authority and anything to do with Green Lantern. So you get this whole running thing, which is actually, though, just a chase. With some stuff like, you know, Jessica flips out. You're going to call us pig. I'll show you a pig. Makes a really cool Warthog concert. But really, this chase scene means nothing to anything. At the end, they finally catch up to them. And the whole idea is, all right, look, you got us. Do us a favor. We'll, we'll take you to who's giving us the tech, yeah. but you got to do us. We, yeah, reputation, reputation is, is the everything big thing. Here. Yes, yes. Let and now in the meantime, your dead body I said now in the meantime, Scraps was seen with Green Lantern. So I only could think that she's done. Well, it doesn't matter anyway. But the only thing I did like about the chase is it did throw in that whole deal, like almost like Simon really clicked. Like, who? Back to what I know, even yeah. though he's flying or whatever. But it seemed like to me, it was like, all right, now he's doing some things that he knows and things like that because he's like they say you're out of your element greenies that's where you're wrong your biggest mistake was getting in a street race with me I like that I actually was like that's kind of cool to give him a little props I wasn't having any fun it was nothing because I realized though like halfway through I'm like this is entire issue just to keep pushing that dating app that's all it is and it's all filler. And with that, you have the twist, which is, like you said, hey, listen, Green Lanterns, everything here is based on this whole concept of, you know, reputation, what yeah. you've done, to, who, who's tough. Can you make Green Lantern constructs uh, of, like, gruesome and things like that so we can of your take dead selfies? Bodies. And it's even just weird that they don't just make the – it's them laying there with, you know, not makeup or whatever. But still, it just threw me off uh, doing that. Uh, but, yeah, it seems just the to idea, work. I'll tell you, it's, it's funny, you know, the, the whole concept of it, I guess. I'll tell you, it's not it's – too, it's too over the top to me that we have yeah. alien selfies and dating apps and shit yeah. like that because it's just too human. Yeah, 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 I agree with you. I, I fully agree. Uh, and then you go forward from that to seeing 
Night Pilot six sectors away, as well as all the other guys that we had uh, with her. You have the grappler or whatever. We had uh, a bunch of these, and they're being led. But again, I don't really know exactly what's going on, but they signaled Night Pilot out. Uh, by herself and basically have a mission for her to do. And I can only assume now you have the space uh, religious the order of the suicide squad, basically, is what it seems like this order of the steed will be. Well, they'll say, listen, you do this, you get to go away, whatever. Uh, and I'm not that it's interested a, It's a little wraparound, it. too, because when they got to Hellhole, there was a bunch of beggars around these little tiny beings that were just begging for coins and shit like that for yeah. money. And, you know, scrap some yep. of them. This is, these are members of the Order of the Steed. This is what they do to find out later on that the actual higher-ups, the Order of the Steed themselves, are the one who are kidnapping these yeah. people. Yeah, and it just, to me, it, you just didn't get enough here to really get excited about it really didn't seem like anything's going on like you said except to push these things with these apps and things like that and it it threw me off because this book has continued with a lot of other books to kind of not have much going on and this issue really didn't though you did get a mention of stan winston that i thought you would like eric i forgot about that earlier on i have that i I don't care enough about stan winston i'm telling you this issue was nothing i'm telling you at the end too this whole thing of like you know we've had a lot of derlin talk in different books i know how much you love to looking at the order of the steed you got the main guy with two derlin standing next to him like fuck yeah yeah here we go again derlin's again derlin's i wonder again. if they're the ones who had the, the technology to, for that gave the shea veritas yeah. the derlin encrypted the dna derlin encrypted dna well that's why they have 4g coverage there as well it's derlin encrypted uh fucking oh, 4g God. nonsense what'd you get Done with the derlin's i gave this issue a 5.5 out of 10 because while i love barnaby behind his artwork i thought that this most the majority of this issue was nonsense yeah like i yeah. said before just to prolong a stupid joke. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'll give it a 5.5. I actually think Barnaby's art was a little off in this as well. Uh, there were points where it looked great. There were yeah. times where it looked a little off. So it, it definitely did not save it because nothing was going on. This is definitely a you know filler issue to just extend a joke that really hasn't been hitting anyway. But we're going to move Now, here's on. the question, well, Jim. What? Who's doing better, Tim Celia on Green Lanterns now or Sam Humphreys on Nightwing? I will tell you because we're going to go off to Nightwing next, and I will tell you <laughs> Tim Seeley on Green Lanterns because at least I don't want to kill somebody when I read it because now you're going to hear me get angry again and pretty much maybe furious because this is Nightwing number 39. And really, though, both of these and what you point out, I really think that both books could have used different deal. The, the yeah. switcheroo deal – uh, didn't really change enough to make either book better in my mind. And in fact, I think Tim Seeley did a lot better job on Nightwing, even though we weren't huge fans. And I think Sam Humphreys did better on Green Lanterns when he was on. So I think that we actually, you know, lost by gaining or gaining. Yep. I, I think we just lost. Cream candy bars, Eric. Yeah. Nightwing number 39, written by Sam Humphreys, art by Phil Jimenez, Jamal Campbell, Matt Santarelli, Alex Sinclair, and Carlos M. Manguel. We get another flashback issue of Nightwing, and while me and Eric joked a couple weeks ago that we wanted Dick Grayson the college years, the reality wasn't as good as I hoped. Yes, we get some very minor detective work from Dick, 
except according to some other reviewers think that it was fucking stupendous. But Sam Humphries seems intent to give me all the information I don't need. Finding out the judge's origin is not finding out about his powers. And at this point in the story, I needed more of the latter. The ocean transformed him. Thanks a lot for nothing. And where I uh, also said to you, and I didn't put it in my blur, but I'll tell you right before we uh, go, you now find out an origin story that is supposed to be the M. Night Shyamalan twist that just falls completely flat, and it's too late in the story to be giving me an origin of a guy that we see constantly and not give me what the power set is, and with that... You well, the get... thing is, you even get the origin, but the origin means nothing because no. the ocean transformed yeah. me. Yeah, and, and with that, then you even – what I think Sam Humphries is making fun of me and laughing at me right now and pointing when you have a point where you could give us a little bit of the power set but instead say – yeah, it could be mind control. Hypnotism? Mind control? I don't know. I don't know. Really? You're going to add that to the ocean transformed me? Yeah, go and do something with somebody. I don't even, I don't want to curse too us. much. And with this, people are like, man, Nightwing did a lot of detective work. He found a slip of paper. Who writes down 12B? And then it's just there, 12B. And then says, hmm, you know what? Oh, a I, I got this sample. It is salt water, and boy, it has microbes of and whales. And salt was consistent but whales have with Bloodhaven Harbor. Yeah, but must, yeah the really. microbes, you don't find them without blue whales, a symbiotic relationship. And blue whales were hunted out of Bloodhaven over 200 years ago, yeah, so terrorizing for, children's yep. dreams for hundreds of years. The sea butcher. Could he be real? And I want Dick Grayson to go, ugh. You know, blue whales were hunted out of Bloodhaven over 200 years ago. This guy must be from Central City Aquarium and goes off and fucking so far off the beaten path. Because the problem is at one point, Dick seems to be studying for class or whatnot and just happens to be reading about that the first judge, Jacob yeah. DeWitt. That's not detective work. It seems no. like he's just doing his homework. He's doing and, homework that he doesn't put two and two together. Yeah, and that's I see people with the reviews are like, he figured out who it was beforehand. No, 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 no he didn't. Had he no idea. Didn't. And I'll start right off the bat with some nonsense because it starts off a little sing song. Eric, I'd like to sing for you. Nightwing, a man who doesn't know his own desires is drowning. I don't even know what the fuck he's saying in the sing song. And he's like, listen, he's saying, hey, wake up there, wingless wonder. Huh. I'm the judge, baby. And welcome to sunken city of Bloodhaven. Okay. I see what's going on. He spells it out. You can say that this is justice, social justice warrior type deal, whatever. But the the problem I have, number one, before we go any further, is the judge has jumped back and forth with what he seems to be against I'm and t- what he I, I really don't know. This, uh, this issue, actually, when they bring up the origin and the idea of what he's done, I don't know how we get from point A to B with any of yeah. these freaking th- interactions that yeah. Nightwing Why? has had over the years. Because at one point, it's like I, when I when I came out of the ocean after it transformed me, it was decades later. And I saw what it was like, and I went back into the ocean. Then I came back, and it seems like he just keeps going back and forth. Yeah. But at some point in time, he decided to do some crime. Yeah. He just walks in and out of the ocean. I mean, why wouldn't you if it transforms you? Uh, the issue I have, and this is, again, somebody can say it's a nitpick, whatever. Back in the day, when Bloodhaven soldiers returned from the big war, I can only assume that would be World War II. 
I don't know. The, be the big me. war, it makes me think of the Great War, and the Great War is World well, War One. that's World War One that makes it worse because what he says is these buildings, these, these houses were built for soldiers returning. Uh, when they returned, they ended up where you had a contractor who cut corners so that these houses would be on shady ground. Eric, you can't build a house on Eroding sand. ground. And uh, so they ended up falling into the ocean. They, you know, shit was falling apart. In my mind, what you're saying then is these are a hundred years old, these houses. Yeah. And if that's the case, even if it is World War II, we're still talking 60 to 70 years old. Uh, he even says, look at it. Look at this wood, this nonsense. And, and these, these nails, they're not, how the fuck are these houses still there? They are in water and, and it's fine. And what ends up happening is the tide comes in, and this seems obviously to be a daily occurrence. He knows this happens where most of these houses would be submerged. Whoever made these houses, this contractor that he says out of nowhere, I made sure he paid for that. Uh, you know, we're not going to get, but he made sure that somebody go and dig that guy up from wherever he died or whatever and find out what the fuck he made these houses with because these things have survived everything and so you're not going to give me this nonsense of look at these the bad housing and look at they have survived all this time there would be no houses left and all it is is just to push this whole deal of i made sure that i i made sure that he got what he deserved i punished the corrupted what was his fucking wish like now you're just the the, your fucking pumpkin head you're the goddamn spirit of vengeance now there there's no sort of thing of uh, you know i'm proud of you Yes, and with that, uh, he and and really, he has as much of a pumpkin head as pumpkin head. But yeah, as he's talking, then he says, "Listen, I'm gonna. I remember when you tried to get me that second time. Ooh, you never want to tell this story. In fact, is Catwoman and Batman in bed because this might be your biggest regret." And he starts talking, and Nightwing's like, "Oh my God, is he messing with me? How does he know it was me or whatever?" We get another one of these wishes that basically are all the same. Eric, what is your wish? You want Transformers. You want yeah. Transformers, one bigger than the next, and an endless supply. Okay, go and kill Tanya. You're going to say, like, yeah, Tanya, that, that doesn't Tanya. sound right. Like, uh, I'm going to go kill Tanya. Oh, like, yeah, I'm I know. Not, I'm not going <laughs> to have killed Jess. I'm not going to have those in jail. Like, again, what is leading these people to not only do what he wants, but to lose their goddamn minds? And these, I, these hey, are Jim, not hypnosis, monkey paw. Mind control? I don't know. Here's a monkey paw. I want a, I want Transformers bigger than the next and wave after wave, and then you get crushed under them and die. There is a monkey paw. There is a wish gone wrong. These are not wishes gone wrong. These are simple things. I don't want to be on these pills anymore. Okay, go and kill everyone that supplies them. Oh no, I'm a murderer now. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> this isn't clever. These aren't monkey paws. You no. can keep telling me that the judge can see into somebody's heart, their desires. Tell me why. Tell me why this corruption and things like that. And tell me why the goddamn thing of sewing his eyes shut seems to be something recent. Obviously, he says that. I don't get it. 
It does nothing. And then you even have Nightwing, who seems to have forgotten what the fuck he was told last issue. What? What are you talking about? How can you see? And like, God damn it. And what it does, you had this girl who killed all these suppliers. You have a setup when Dick Grayson wasn't, you know, he wasn't quite Nightwing yet, though he has the costume. And he, you know, graduated from being Robin. He went this to go. It just seemed to be workout clothes, he yeah, says. Yeah, workout Who works out like that? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the, the gym I go to, you're getting your ass kicked, and that's a bad thing, but I'm just I saying, like your gym. that V-neck nonsense, workout clothes, boots, Yeah, he, I don't know what he's working out, his goddamn fucking routine to West Side Story, I don't know what all, he's doing. All in all, it's a play on the whole original Nightwing V-neck yeah, costume, it just is, saying it's it a workout clothes. It is the clothes. play, it's not workout clothes, so he's like, oh, I'm a little out of, out of shape, I gotta figure out, and this detective work is basically and and before that even he's going through his books he's reading about the, the judge Jacob DeWitt he's looking up online uh maybe having a podcast about urban legends and he's looking up things about the sea butcher which again that's another twist that the sea butcher actually is the judge when we thought the sea butcher king was sturgeon. king sturgeon uh and he goes to look at the crime scene of this murder and basically just finds a slip of paper that says 12B and from there goes and gets the salt water. Oh, it is salt water, but also has this symbiotic relationship microbe that only with blue whales. We don't have blue whales. Oh, my God, the night butcher. Is he real? Like he's completely wrong in what he thinks. Uh, but then he goes to the warehouse. Oh, 12B. I quickly found warehouse 12B where you have this Down guy. Yeah, and you have where it looks like the judge set up a, 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 a workspace for this guy. He's in the, in middle, the middle of a derelict freaking he's warehouse. He's in the middle it's of gigantic. a rundown warehouse. Is this where he's dealing things? Because it's not very inconspicuous and looks very silly. Uh, but in the meantime, the judge can see into your heart, Eric. And he has the chip. Now, as this goes on, you do find out that he was the first judge of Bloodhaven uh, that Nightwing and everybody hears about. Where does a chip come in with that? What, if, if it was a gold doubloon and it was something that tied into his origin, but it is a poker chip. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that it's never – and basically it's like I can tell that you just did this because you want to be involved and you want to be young. I can make you young again. Well, we have not seen him be able to do anything of the sort like that. We haven't been able to see him bend physics or things like that. Basically, I want to be dangerous. Okay, kill that person. Well, you know the what? The thing is – he said, I can make you feel yeah, young yeah, again. But again nothing what, makes you feel young like killing somebody. Like murder, you know from experience, don't you? <laughs> but again, all this all leads to Moida, Eric. And it's getting very freaking – like I said, that old woman that started this, uh, You, I can tell you want to be dangerous to your friends, whispers in his ear. And I want the woman to go like, well, why do I need you for this? Like if yeah. I'm going to do this, you basically tell me to kill this guy to make myself – I don't need the middleman. Go. And yet in this where you have all these things going on, one doesn't lead to another. No. It seems like it's very willy-nilly. It seems like well, nothing say, like has you said, a We pattern. have the judge here, the whole big origin tale of how he was judged to wit yeah. and he was one of the first settlers of this area from the Dutch. And yeah. then like you know, there was a murder that took place and a, a rich aristocrat – was the one behind it and he was going yes. to speak up about it and because of this he was thrown into the ocean and killed yeah yeah and then the, the ocean transformed him yeah. it transformed and then decades him. later he emerged and again and he saw yes. how corrupted the world was yep. and he just walked and back, back into the again. ocean but again and then he he went back and forth where 
He just saw the progression of Bloodhaven. Yeah. It seems like he just looked at it. Yep. Yeah. Back Still to the ocean corrupt. for me. And then eventually he started doing some criminal stuff, but it doesn't yeah. really make sense to me because it seems like he was just going in and out of the ocean. And at one point, both times when Robin and like, you know, Dick Grayson yeah. saw him, he was doing some crime stuff out of nowhere until the last time he joined a monastery. Yeah. And with that, you, you get this setup that is, again, I'll go back to Pumpkinhead, where he tried to stick up for what was right. He ended yeah. up being a judge, and he was going by the law. These rich people, they think that they're above the law, but no, you committed a crime, you're going to pay for that, and they ended up killing him. Where is it that he comes back and he's like, okay, I'm going to be the guy who makes sure there's no corruption. I'm going to go with this. What does that lead anything to do with getting Swoboda to kill Nightwing? Where does it lead to anything against Nightwing? Now, it seems to kind of tie around. And in the meantime, you did have in this past where he ends up where Dick Grayson did try to track him down again. And the judge jumped into the water. Nightwing went and couldn't find him. But we already saw that when he was Robin. Yeah. And that was when the judge got in that boat and skedaddled out. So it's not but here like he just it is, disappears. Yeah, he in just the water. disappears here. So now you're throwing something else in that doesn't really make sense. And then for no reason, you have Dick Grayson hanging out in the justice tree to call Corey. But yeah, when he comes out, the judge then says, listen, then I had, you know, a religious moment and get this, me joining a monastery, who would have thunk it? And ends up doing that and then out of nowhere says, I made a commitment and that's when he sewed his eyes shut to see only corruption until I could see nothing at all. That but, doesn't but he, make sense. He could sense. already see the corruption with his and eyes. And it doesn't make so any shut. sense at all. It, it really doesn't tie into anything. That is not a twist that makes you, oh, my God. It's just more shit thrown on top of shit without telling us what we really need to know of why he's doing this. Now, you can say, listen, Jim, the guy survived Dick. I mean, he's from the colonial times. He, The ocean transformed. Obviously, it's some supernatural How? thing going on. But I want to see what it is. I want to see this because mainly he just says, uh, okay, kill that person, and, and they all lead from that, but it never seems to be for what you think he should be doing. Why does he tracking seawater everywhere? I don't know, because that's he's the ocean transformer. He's part of the ocean. Uh, with this, he does then end up twisting it around some more, where he does seem to be like, okay, listen, uh, you're tied up. The sea's coming in. It transformed me. Let's see if it transforms you, and if it does... And maybe we'll team up or whatever, but you might die. We'll see. I'll come back and check you later. And then goes away as Dick Grayson is underwater, drowning. And then next, deep dive. And I, I just can only sit there and say I, I don't want any parts of this. Oh, this and, is- and also we find out that Baby Ruthless, his friend, yeah. Uh, yeah. what is her name, Lucy? She yeah. is the one who actually set Dick yeah, Grayson she up set and him sent up. him to the judge for Again, this threat. because I guess he saw into her heart, and her heart wanted probably oh, to have the casino open, though his was. Eh, just nonsense. Just complete and utter nonsense. And Maybe in the meantime, I'm just worried about that justice tree, Eric. It, it had uh, chemical it's poisoning. Dying. It's dying. Uh, this story is convoluted. It, you do on. get the idea that it's called Blood Haven because of the blood from those whales, Eric. There you go. Uh, but really, there's nothing that I can even grasp of an actual legitimate and compelling story here. It is more shit thrown on shit, like I said, and you don't even know 
how or why he's doing this because the actions of the judge seem to be changing every time and it doesn't really add up. I gave this a 4 out of 10 and I love the art. I thought the art was great. Oh, it's uh, great both. too because we have two artists on yeah. this for the Phil flashbacks Jimenez and, and Jamal things, Campbell. And I love both. I love both. I, I said in my review, the art is great both ways. Uh, the story's just complete and utter nothing and nonsense and I, I just infuriated by it. And again, this is a book that I traded for and with you, but also because, and it was Justice League I traded with, uh, but it's my favorite character and I could say that, be- but I don't know where he is in this story because pretty much you're, you're basing most of the story on the judge, but not giving anything. And then in the fifth issue of an arc saying, oh yeah, here's the origin. And you just sit there and go, what, what the fuck? It doesn't even add up to anything. No. It's not a fucking M. Night Shaman on twist that you would think you would be getting in the fifth issue. Tony, I'm just sitting here thinking about like, you know, what's going on with Grayson CrossFit because that's the only part of the story I care about. Same, same. And then with that, no, nothing is. Maybe they're going to come, maybe, maybe they're going to come and seek him out in this and like, what are you doing swimming there, Dick Grayson? Uh, though he is in his Nightwing costume, you know, hey, kid, kid delicious needs to, to work out. I want my money back, whatever. But he, and then you have the judge just sail away in his throne rowboat. I, I've had enough. I've really had enough. And it continues. I, I wish that every week we loved every book and we get this I? garbage. What, what would you give it? I really love the art in this issue, but it, this this convoluted explanation about who the judge is, it never adds up, like you said. It's just a bunch of things that are said that are supposed to sound cool but don't make sense altogether once you have them. Uh, I'd give this issue a 5.1 out of 10. Okay. Yeah, because of the art. I mean, the oh, yeah. art is I really love the good. art so much. The art is really good, but we're going to go off now to the next section of mail. Yo, it's mail call. It is the best podcast of we. Mail with Jim and Eric. This is my section number two. Hello, and how are you doing? How I'm have okay, you sir. been since the last time I talked to you? Have you uh, been you know, buying I've your Transformers? Oh, your oh, highs and lows. Have you indeed? That's like the podcast. You're the high, I'm the low. Boom. There you Boom. go, Eric Shea. We're going to start off mail section number two with Hakeem, whose subject line says, Why Jeff Johns? It's got to go, Eric. Oh. What up, Jim, Eric, Reggie, Brandon, and the entire Get Fresh crew? Poop, poop, poop. Just wanted to add my two cents on a couple of topics this week. One, I was caught by surprise at last week's show format. You guys pretty much went straight into the books. 
Yeah. I understand you're doing this based on feedback from potential new listeners, and that's perfectly fine. If people prefer it that way, I have no problems with it. To me, at least the nonsense rant and raves in the first mail section was a good warm-up before I start to hear your reviews on the books. It was just a bit of a shock. Here yeah. I was in my Monday morning zombie phase, plugged into my phone. I'm a barely having my first sip of coffee, and bam, next thing I know, you and Eric were already discussing Detective Comics. Eight Sitting minutes and I toes. think it was. Had to triple check to make sure I didn't accidentally fast forward, all joking aside, if this format makes things easier for new listeners, then I'm all for it. I don't know that it's easier. It's just, again, I think that a lot of people are confused, including me and Eric, about what the rent raves are, so we don't (laughs) want to get rid of them. But you have this where, really to me, and I've spelled it out a a million times to a million people, that you have a – I don't know if you realize, we, we have a little bit longer podcast than what normal people have. Uh, normal people are saying we are not. Uh, mm-hmm. We will have a eight-hour podcast. It's usually the norm now, somewhere around there. At points, we had close to a 13-hour podcast where, again – We had over. Yeah, and again, people love it, uh, but it is a deterrent for a lot of people. And I do think that when they go to find the list, maybe somebody told them that they should – you know, listen to us, or the fact that we come out every week and we bombard them with it. Finally, like I give up. I'm gonna listen yeah. to you guys. Uh, and when they go to listen, they have in their mind, okay, these guys must be a bunch of bullshit. Nobody can talk for eight to ten hours. And then when they go in, and the first hour and a half is not even talking a comic book, while the Get Fresh crew, and poop, we poop, love poop. that somebody who's already looking to have a reason not to want to get involved. Will bail then and say they don't talk comics when if they stick to it or look at the show notes, we'll realize that in fact, in an eight-hour podcast, we're talking at least six hours, five and a half hours of pure comic books uh, and usually take a half hour to an hour on each book because we like to you know, dive in no more or whatever. So I hope that this just leads people to do it. Plus, Eric Shea himself said to me, we, we've had now, this is, I believe, episode 164. We had a little uh, discussion of that earlier in the podcast when we started. Uh, things t- kind of do get stale even for us. Yeah. And so it is something to mix it up. Uh, if you were with us around episode 50 when Jess lost her mind, Eric, <laughs> you would know at that point uh, we had all the mail at the beginning as well. So you would go, we'd start, and we could have and end up with two hours of mail. And that is crazy. That is inappropriate, and I yeah. agree about that. That is inappropriate. And then, again, we ended up breaking the mail sections up, and people seem to be used to that and like that. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. We like to mix things up. It doesn't really affect us as we record because we record so, you know, spot you know, spotty and, and, and patchwork deal. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, number two, in anticipation of me hating Doomsday Clock number four, do out next week. I wanted to run a suggestion by you guys. Is that out next week? I don't even know. I, I, don't I think thought it that is. that was completely delayed, but now you guys have been hearing about people dropping DC books. And now a lot of these books are just treading water, awaiting shit for brains. Jeff Johns to finish Doomsday Clock. And remember, Hakeem jumped on. Uh, with Rebirth and said basically he doesn't know why we have this love for Jeff Johns. Again, though, this is kind of a timing issue. You'll have people like that where 
you'll get a lot of shade down the line. Each new bunch of writers, you'll have people who like them and not the one before. But to me and Eric, he is a gem. But yeah. uh, though right now, not his best work, not the work that we would consider him a gem for. But let's step back and think about the great Jeff for a second. Let's observe his social media account and what we've been hearing about him in the news. From my understanding, and please correct me if I'm wrong, number one, he's been helping out the CW shows for the story arcs. Is that true, Eric? I have no idea. I don't watch them shows. I don't either. I have to cough. He's helping set up the new Titan show, the Krypton show, and is helping out with the relaunch of Young Justice. Eric Shea, uh, is that true? I, I, yes. I don't know. I, I, I'm telling you, oh, this is the problem is we don't know because no. we, we deal with the comics. He chose to remain involved with the DC Films Division. Is another one. That's number three. Oh, and he's also writing Doomsday Clock. What's lacking in all of these from the head of creative control from DC Comics? Oh, yeah, fucking comics. But, yeah, this is where I wish that he wasn't involved in all those other things. Me as well, because I'm I don't care about those things. Yeah, yeah, I'm not involved with them. So I just want the comics. Bring back vibe is what I hear people yelling at. From the way I look at it, I think your boy is either too overwhelmed or just has Hollywood dreams dancing in his head. Uh, I would think that the Hollywood dreams also involve Hollywood money, possibly Hollywood kids. I can't judge him for trying to branch the out to that project. I don't know. He's going to make his kids Hollywood kids, Eric, just oh, like right. Luke. Just like Luke. Actually, he's just thinking about Luke. He's sitting there thinking. He sits there and like, I wish he'd XOXO. XO and a war. That's what he says. <laughs> Get there and leak slip. I'd leak that slip, all right. I know Ooh. he's been writing comics since time immemorial, and after a while, he may be looking to branch out to new things. I'm the same way. I never held the same position title at my work for more than two years. I uh, one time held uh, a planking position for three years, Eric. I don't know if you're aware. Didn't make much money during those years. I either moved mm-hmm. to a new skill set, aim for a promotion, or hunt for another job because I sure as hell can't stand doing the same thing over and over for a prolonged period of time. So believe me when I say I understand the need to branch out to new projects. Now, Akeem, you have just described why you are 100% different from me and Eric, who will stay with the same thing because we hate change. We really do. But what's and, And really, so what you're talking about earlier about the format change, these things take a lot for us to change anything. Well, what's the difference between me and him? I leave my former position to someone else. I don't hog it and just stack, th- stack things up one over the other because that's going to overwhelm me and it's going uh, to make my work suffer. Again, you're saying a lot of things. Um, one of the big things is, and whether he's taken for a team or whatever, it seems like a lot of these delays are Gary Frank's delays, not Jeff John's. I don't know. I don't believe I'm it. Not, I'm not in the back rooms. Uh, and if there is a delay because of writing, it would be because the story's changing in my mind, not just because he doesn't have the time to do it, because I've read these couple issues at the beginning. Not much is going on, in my opinion, but that's what happened to John. He branches out to the, all these projects while arrogantly keeping himself the head of the comics division. The result, while he tries to get things going with Doomsday Clock, he's realizing he bit off more than he can chew. He gets stuck and the other writers are being held hostage trying to fill in storylines that have no specific character or universe impact. As much as we like to give them shit for the storylines now, I really don't envy them. And the other thing, though, is they're writing the stories in the present. Uh, the Doomsday Clock's happening in the future. Yeah, you have to yeah. set things up or whatever, but that does not give them a pass. Uh, what you're saying is if you don't like Jeff Johns because of that, 
don't give these other goddamn writers a pass because they're doing a lot of bullshit that has nothing to do with doomsday clock if you're going to say anything you have the issue with metal which is going on in the now so you got to work that in and that's been delayed huge and i'm a scott snyder fan and that's been huge delays and is screwing a lot of things up but also you can be brandon and throw shade over at brian michael bendis who seems to be turning every line upside down uh, because of that, and also you have the thousandth uh, issue of Action Comics. There's a lot of shit going on, uh, but I think in general, if you want to think about these writers treading water, uh, I mean, if they were getting ready for Doomsday Clock in Green Arrow since the beginning, then yeah, if you convince me that, because we keep getting the same goddamn thing over and over. Flash has had that problem. Titans. We have a lot Green of Arrow. Aquaman, Green Arrow, it, it, all over the place. So here I am shelling out almost $75 a month on comics that are treading water with writers and reviewers banging their heads on the desk waiting for this dickhead to get his head out of the clouds and focus. Uh, now, compare this guy. And, and really, again, these stories were, were not at the point where things would be changing yet because these stories were supposed to lead all until December where they would be caught up. They still should be trying to catch up at this point. And you I don't think, know what they're but now are we trying up. to catch up to December or August? Well, I'm saying, though, if you're going to catch up, that's where the delays will hit. Like, you'll see in December where all of a sudden, you know, or a month before, you see maybe September comes around. All of a sudden, now we're getting filler. We should not be getting filler now. These are stories that would have been written before and all that stuff. This is the actual just stories, and they're nonsense. So now compare this guy to Scott Snyder. Scott was smart enough to focus on one thing and only one thing, writing comics. He enjoys it. It's his passion. His social media is filled with excitement and hype regarding future projects and storylines. Scott is the one hyping up the project of other DC writers. That is true. He's the one at least trying to get us excited for what's coming. This is what the head of content is supposed to do. Now compare that with John's radio silence and Twitter, but also compare that he is involved with two books pretty much, and they're both awfully delayed. Metal and the signal. He is part of that signal, which now is delayed six weeks or whatever the next issue. He, if he's only concentrating on that, he's not doing a great job of getting it out. And again, I hate to be a guy who has to be here and then, you know, start picking sides or whatever, but everybody is, is pretty much pissed off at both the doomsday clock and metal being delayed at the same point but let's recap scott snyder's moves in the past year the button oh the button underwhelmed here's dc metal books are treading water here's new age of heroes something fresh doomsday clock is being delayed and it's underwhelming wait till you see what i do when i take over justice league now again you have an eric shea hero is not really like metal either i'm really telling you these are very equal camps here in my mind, it just depends on who you like and things like that. And even when he did All-Star Batman, that had delays. I mean, he does have delays uh, with this, but we'll see. And again, you know, if you like the New Age of Heroes, a lot of this will be depending on the actual individual writers of the books. But I know Dancing Mike will probably shoot me for this, but I vote for Johns to hand over the keys to Snyder. I do think that eventually Scott Snyder will be uh in that capacity at least temporarily while he gets his shit together i mean from the look of things it's pretty much done unofficially what do you guys think and i've said a couple things now again 
you I, I don't mind and I retweet some things of Scott Snyder, but he yeah. really does kind of throw I mean it, it gets to the point. You really wanna see who throws things out. Tom King throws things out. You may think they're nonsense, but he'll tell you every next issue is the most important one in any series he's doing. <laughs> but Scott Snyder also tells you every time that the next issue is his favorite. And sometimes you start to kind of not pay attention to the message anymore because of that. But I will agree. He is there on Twitter really to push DC in general. And I think he loves DC Comics. I think he loves what he does. Uh, yeah, and I do think that Jeff Johns is a little bit busier uh, with other things that might be, but also the fact that you have these things where you have a Jim Werner and Eric Shea and me and him are both uh, comic writers. I don't know. I would probably be a guy who would get on and argue with people, and you'd probably lay back a little more. This yeah. could just be officially a thing where uh, you know Jeff John sits there and says to himself, "I can only cause problems with yeah. with stuff. I don't need that nonsense. So I'm gonna sit back and see what goes on. So we'll see. But a funny story to share to end the email. Last week, I was driving around doing some errands while listening to Jim's other reviews podcast, Eric. You Ooh. weren't listening to the boys' toys? You were reviewing <laughs> Kick-Ass and then got into a hilarious story about your oldest son, Alex, when he was learning how to wipe when he was potty training. I'm telling you, what, what was I getting into, Eric? I, I, I come know. in and I say, what yeah, you, you know what? I sit there and I say a lot of times, like – Boy, the one thing about these other review podcasts is I don't get involved with the nonsense. Well, I guess it's wrong. I won't spoil the story, but let me tell you, I had to freaking pull over and stop because of how hard long I was laughing. <laughs> Fucking 10 minutes of me barely breathing because I was laughing so hard. Your kids know you're sharing these stories with us. And most of the time, my kids are in the next room yeah. uh, shaking their heads. Alex does not live with us anymore, so he would not know. Uh, he'd probably kill me. And I, I do know the story, so yeah, it, it's it's not a it's not a great story for Alex, really. But I, I think I've told you the story again. It's basically yeah. of you know, do, do I have poop in my butt? But <laughs> you'd end up walking up the stairs and get your face right in an ass. I'm so freaking sorry for the long email. I had to really vent this week about Mister Hope and Option John. Take care and see you. And well, fuck, I listen to the show and all the others pretty much every day. So see you in a bit. And that is Akeem. And thank, thank you. you Akeem. Thank you, Akeem. And I hope you don't get mad at me because I do still like Jeff Johns and want more of him in the comments. Well, that's the just thing like is I like saying. Jeff Johns and Scott Snyder. I'm just not enjoying what they're putting out right yeah, now. No, I'm not enjoying Doomsday Clock at all. And, and really, Metal I was having fun with and now I'm not having as much fun. Uh, Doomsday Clock is just boring the shit out of me, so I need something of a. You're just waiting for something that. to finally happen. Yeah, yeah. So the next email is from Eric Hollywood Kid, which I mentioned Ooh. earlier. Luke Hollywood, the Hollywood Kid, with the subject line Irish Quarter Leak Slip City is where he's oh. writing in from Eric. What's up, Eric, Reggie, Chris, Brandon, uh. Trevitt, Josh, Jeremy, Andy, Abby, and everyone else in the Get Fresh crew? And he wants Ooh. to hear Ooh. this, Eric. See, that's what I need. Now, so, now Jim, do me a favor. You, who is he uh, addressing in this note? He is uh, – it says, what's up, Jim, Eric oh, okay. Reggie. Yeah, not I didn't hear Eric that, Jim, first. but I really thought no. it was Eric first. I'm like, no. oh, the Hollywood kid's pushing some buttons. Not pushing those buttons. Yes, he. I I love that little girl, and I, I know that people <laughs> made fun of her that because they weren't chickens. I don't care. Right there to me is just pure 
fun and, and excitement of a little kid. And then you get pure excitement of somebody who, who's just ready to have a good time at the drop of a hat. Who else in the level car say yeah? Yeah! yeah! Infectious smile that fella has. <laughs> I, I would I wonder if he is alive still. We have talked about that before. I am not I so. sure. The guy is drunk! He probably was at that point, but boy... That guy was an MC and a hype oh man, only rivaled by maybe Flava Flav. I'm still on high after seeing Black Panther with the gang earlier on, so I just want to say it's so good. It's worth going to see in the cinema, even more than waiting for it to come out on the stick. But I know Eric Shea is too lazy to go see it anyway. I watched it. Yeah, he's watched it on the stick. I watched and- it opening weekend. You want to get people mad, Eric? What's your review? What do you think of it? Do you think that it, it, it would this be a generalization of a review? Do you think it was awesome and you thought it was the best movie ever? No. No. Did you think that it pretty much played out the standard Marvel formula and hit all those buttons that you expected? Yes. Yes, that's what you said. That's what you said that it was a, good. A seven out of ten. You, yeah, you love the Marvel movies anyway, so it's doing yeah. that. But you said after seeing so many Marvel movies, you see a formula developing that. Oh, exactly. Happens. I knew every plot point, every beat they were going with the story. You could tell. All right, this is important. It's going to come back later. Okay, I see what they're doing there. It's like I don't know. It's it's Iron Man one and it's Captain America one. Look at all those <laughs> oh, Eric Shea saw it all coming. That he is an informer, a performer, and a. What do you what got here? What do you got? That? What else rhymes with that? A um, a, a Dylan. I was very impressed with Brave and the Bold this week. I dig Liam Sharp's art, but wasn't sure how he would do writing-wise. As the artist-to-writer transition doesn't always go so smoothly. Remember Manipul on Trinity, LOL. Let's keep going with the old our man uh, Brian Hitch on Justice League and JLA, stuff like that. Sometimes it doesn't go very well. Now, this is the thing, though. Francis Manipul was also doing The Flash, but he was doing it with Brian Bouchelot. You don't know who was doing what and when and how or what, you know, with that but he was also a writer as well something that threw me off because i didn't realize remember at that one point when i said tony s daniel was like oh he's really coming out from behind the easel and writing and then realized that he had written like 15 books <laughs> like yep i was an idiot and did you know eric were you that aware do you know, created I, I was gonna say do you know where i'm going there did you know that i also like batman annual number two were you aware of that I don't know if you've heard this on the street. I'm somewhat of a fan of the Marvel Unlimited app. Mm. I don't know if you heard that. Good app. Sharp Sharp pulled out all the stops and produced a solid. That's a good app. You said it like it was like a pie or something. (laughs) Mmm, that's a good Mm, app. That's a good app. You want your apps, the appetizers. I hate when people call them that, by the way. The apps. I don't What What would you call them? I call them appetizers. I don't call appetizers apps. Oh, I actually thought you meant the apps. No, no. Application, my friend. I don't go with that. But no, when somebody's like, man, it's all you can eat apps. I'm like, well, yeah, what? I never like do that. Candy crush and, and fucking chatterbait. I got chatter time to say the rest of the word. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really, you know, save you that much time, that one, really. Like, I'm telling you, I, I say apps on the reg. <laughs> yeah, really. I do, too. So snap. Is that? That doesn't even what? shorten anything. Oh, snap, I said. that uh, Instead of me saying, you are uh, completely correct and I'm excited, I just said, 
oh, snap, like the kids do nowadays, Aaron. But Sharp pulled out all the stops and produced a solid script with an interesting premise. I want to ask you something. (laughs) We are recording now. It is past midnight. How much do I drive you nuts with these asides? I know that people sit there, and I probably drive them nuts. How much are you sitting there as I talk, looking at the time? (laughs) All we were doing were two emails. He said we'd be done early. How much of that is going on right now? Because if you say none, I'm telling you, if you say none, we're we're doing this until 3 a.m. If it says it it bothers you, we're going to 5, my friend. I'm not saying a goddamn thing. But Sharp pulled out all the steps, produced a solid script with an interesting premise. I know. This is what happens. The world is my oyster, Eric. For some reason, five hours in, it's just hit. I don't know what's going on. This is why during the week this week, there were two days of the week I did not get to bed until quarter of four and had to wake up at 5.30. Great character moments. King could learn a few things about how to write Diana and plenty of intrigue to leave me looking forward to the next issue. I especially like the use of Irish folklore. I don't know why he would like that, Eric. With Tir Na Nog, sounds like Tir Na Nog, and the fairy folk. Maybe he's actually telling us this in jail. I thought he was making a joke, but maybe that's what how you pronounce it. He would know again, right? And the fairy folk and all that good stuff. Don't ask me if it's accurate, though. I never paid attention in Irish class. I was probably too busy reading the book of the week, Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner, book (laughs) one. How dare you? And also, it's funny to me that you would think that that's what you would learn in quote unquote Irish class. Like in my mind, I don't there know what Irish class is. That's what I'm saying. Uh, first off, I've met you. You're Irish. No class at all, Eric. Not so at all. what I'm is like going school on? In July. Call me when you got some class. Uh, yeah. The, with with that, I just want to say like, oh man, you know, I got McDonagall in a fucking period six Irish class. You go in, they teach you how to pour a beer, drink it, and then punch the next guy next to you in the face. That's what I think Irish class would be. Of course, Eric, I am half British, so I can say that stuff, oh. and basically I'm a piece of shit. Finally, oh, just yeah. wanted to thank Jim and give his other comic review show a shout-out. Who, my goodness... I do not see anybody mentioning any other podcast, but he says, listen to how, why he says that. I convinced him to try out Quantum and Woody, which I did the first two issues, and they are hilarious and incredible. They, they really are that funny of a book, and I'm loving that book. It's the perfect mix of art and story, a roller coaster ride of emotions, and I paid for the whole seat, but I only needed the edge, and it's funny too. I even went on the comic, comicsology Quantum and Woody sale and grabbed a couple of trades from the older series to give them a shot too. Do you remember who was the creator, Eric? One. It was. It must it be was. it's somebody that you wouldn't really take as a humorist uh I don't along recall. the lines of a Dave Barry possibly but no it's Christopher Priest who oh, is yeah. one of the guys yeah uh thanks for making me spend more money Jim maybe one day I'll save up and spend it on the badass Patreon level instead no promises lol you son of a bitch I see <laughs> I have to keep doing this is what I'll start doing now I'm going to just pick books that suck for that podcast and then say listen to all that money you're saving just throw it Eric Shea's way and he says don't forget Green's Light Your Boy and Leak Slip The Hollywood Kid XO XO Okay, oh, those chickens.
XO, Eric. I wanted to extend it just one more minute uh, because uh, as we go here, the podcast will continue with Reggie's books. But at this point, we're done recording for the night, and Eric Shea can be a happy guy that we're done at, at 12, 11 a.m., and started, like you said, five, six hours ago. So we'll be off with Reggie's books in a second. <laughs> But Reggie, Reggie is Boosh. here. How you doing, my man? This week, Reggie had some problems in his neck of the woods uh, where I got a message that fire was shooting That's out of right. a manhole. At, That's at his right. Deal. I woke and what up I th- one morning and it was, yeah. uh, the lights were coming on and off like it was poltergeist or a poltergeist, as I like yeah, to call it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the last time I heard Get that fire, out. the last time I heard fire was shooting out of the manhole, I thought, boy, why is my favorite male strip club on fire? That's what hey. I thought. Because if I had a male strip club and it wasn't called the manhole, uh, there is a real big problem. That is the best <laughs> name for a male strip club. Uh, yeah, Reggie, your, your house is fine now. You're okay. The apartment Uh, was never in any jeopardy. It was only, well, they're also doing a ton of work on the street. My street has been fucked up all for about two weeks. They've been tearing it up to put in new gas lines, new Fios, and this is all part of that. So uh, no parking on my block for two weeks, everybody. Really? And and parking's not that great in New York anyway. Oh, no. Oh, no. The parking is always terrible. So when you take out a block... The yeah, neighborhood is, chaos. you know, annihilated for parking. You know, yeah, I would say. Chaos. Come on, Reggie. It's New York. Who drives in New York? Huh? You got yeah, all that really? public transportation. Hey, oh, people, look at them people got their cars, man. I mean, look at that Seinfeld. They all had fucking cars. Uh, is it one of those where they just want a car because that makes them not a loser? Is that something that they say? I've heard that. Yeah. Some of that. Some of that. There's some of that. There's people that just, you know, have to have a car. I mean, there's you really do have situations where people have a car in New York. And the only time they move it is when they have to do alternate yeah. side of the street parking for street cleaning. Yep. So they move it another block away. And then, the sh- yeah, I've even seen people where they don't even move it away. They just they just kind of move the car out to the middle of the street, let uh, the street second. cleaner go by and park right back where they were. <laughs> nice. And I'm just like, nice. why? You know, you're living for your car, man. Yeah. Man. Uh, yeah. There's, uh, we have we have parking uh, garages in my building, but. The wait list is like uh, 10, 12 years, and I'm, really? I'm probably not going to live that long. So. No, I doubt it. I would, yeah, I'm not yeah, worried about uh, it. The, the reason I said that is because I've been having some issues and argument with Tanya, who says that just owning one car between our family, you know, the family, she that's needs loser. another one. She that's needs loser another life. One because, yeah, she, and that's going to be something we talk about on the Jim Has Issues with His Wife podcast, nice. I'm sure, which uh, she said she kind of canceled it last week and basically said, I don't know. 
know that I want to do that with you anymore. Now she was mad at me and said, I'm getting the idea that it's turning into a podcast where you just yell at me. And then I started yelling at her, turning into. And I thought that yeah. was the whole what concept. That was the whole thing. Was the, deal. Uh, the veil has been lifted, it seems. And uh, I guess I was tricking her before. But we will see how that goes. But we're here to talk about your books. And with me and Eric, you only have two this week. Yeah. Uh, one being one that you – uh, told me that you liked. We'll be talking about it first, and uh, that there was a lot I, I like going on. I like the second on. one too. You know, no yeah, I, I really like the second one, but you didn't really say much to me about that. But you did like yeah. the Aquaman, which is going to be the first one. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. But you did sit there on Twitter and have to defend your score a bit to Gareth, <laughs> who is a huge Aquaman fan. But I think that he is coming at it a different way uh, right. than you were. And as we'll see, I believe that me, you, and Eric will at least be somewhat positive because at least something is going on. In the book, though, I think I'm a little less positive uh, than the two of you. But we'll see because I don't know what Eric's going to score, though I have in my head. Ooh, this uh, is exciting. Score. You don't know what he's going to it's funny too. Mm. No, it's funny because I do think he told me what his score is already, and I can't remember it. So I'm not going to. Get... He's like he's just lying to everybody. That's what I'm I saying. I'm not him. even going to guess because I think that if I do, I, it's somewhere back in my subconscious that I know what he's going to give it. Uh, but Reggie, tell us about it. It's Aquaman number thirty-three, written by Dan Abnett, art by Ricardo Federici, Rick Leonardi, and Sonny Go. Moving forward, using all my breath. Making love to you was never second best. I saw you gasping and the terror on your face. Now that the thorns are down to Amnesty Bay, I must race. I'll stop the world and bolt with you. The rebellion started and it's getting better all the time. Now that your face is turning blue. I'll stop the world and bolt with you. That's all you got. And I, I muted my mic so I would not uh, ruin your song. And yes, modern English for all those uh, playing at home. Uh, I remember when that, that <laughs> song actually came back and they, they kind of remixed it a little and uh -huh. uh, had a new video. And for some reason, it threw me off. I didn't like it as much, even though it's pretty much the same exact song. Uh, but I didn't like it. Sometimes when they remix it, it sounds too modern to when me. Was that? I, when did that happen? That was probably in the mid 90s when, when they oh. or maybe even the beginning of the 2000s when they redid it no, and they no had a video. And if you remember the, the original video, the guy is dressed up like almost like he'd be in the village people as a uh, biker. Kind of. He had like a biker yeah. hat, almost like a wild bunch type deal. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah, when he yeah, came no, he's, back, he's got like the captain side, it was yeah. really weird. He actually looked like he'd be in the village people. But then when it came back, he had this flowing long hair and it threw me off. Uh, I didn't like it as much. But we're going to talk about Aquaman. And yeah, you, you get to the point. But I, I'm going to tell you as we go on, uh, I will be probably in disagreement with both of you because I am not – I'm still not sold on this art. I just – there are parts of this book that look completely fantastic, but the actual style of some of the pages, it, it's not my, my cup of tea. It's not uh, my we, cup of tea. Yeah, we just have I, to disagree on that because I think this art is – spectacular yeah, I, I think love it's, it I, at you know, some I, points I can eat it up with too, a fork spoon uh, yeah. a knife a spork yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I'm telling you, I think that how uh, it's drawn, very pencil heavy, and I think that there's a thing that kind of gets glossed aside with it, that on a lot of pages, there are no backgrounds whatsoever, and it it throws me off. There are points where you have the uh, widowhood talking, and it is a gray background. There's nothing, and it does throw me off. Then you get the next page, that's the spread page, credit page, which looks completely fantastic and is ultra detailed and things like that. And I, I don't know, as I go through, I almost get this back and forth of like, okay, you took a lot of time with that. And then this one, not much. And this, and I just, I don't like the pencil heavy style as much. And I go back to, uh, sometimes with art that I don't think it actually gives a lot of movement to it, but that's just me. I think I'm the only one I really do. And in the, in the meantime, as a full art, not just the pencils, I do think that it is very washed out colors, uh, which throws me off. That's my biggest problem with the artist because i love some vibrant looking books yeah. and i don't get it from this because of the style with the way we have the coloring team because it is that washed out art like we had in the like the uh the uh what is it the uh the fairy realm and brave yeah. and the bold yeah. and stuff That's, like that yeah, or we do a lot like of that. flashbacks they have that washed out look and i really dislike I, that i think it's sort of a holdover although that style is bolder from step and cedric a kind of a muted color palette you know to keep yeah, everything yeah. looking underwater yeah uh, oh i understand i, I think that. That that's i agree with you jim when you say that you know this lacks a super dynamic motion it's all it's more about like that splash page more about a crazy scene but yeah. held in you know yeah, in, in stasis is. however I, I think it looks unbelievable I, I, I mean, everybody I really else does awesome too i think i'm the only one now the other thing about it though is as a selfish uh point of view boy you can get through this quick because there are you know page after page of huge panels uh you know you have that and at the end, through this, uh, you are setting up the Mara book, obviously. It even has right. the editor's page there. And the only thing I could say is that we do get stuff going on, obviously. The Crown of Thorns comes down when, when we get into that. But the thing is, I kept thinking is, is that you're, you're making a lot of proclamations in this. You're making a lot of statements, but Corn Wrath is still out there. And I yeah. was waiting for him to be involved. And they do say it ends with it, like, next up, Corn Wrath. And the thing, it actually threw me off that we well, got okay, through this it, whole it issue. It even says that, but when you look at the May solicits that came out this week, it's like, all right, now we're up against Core and rather my like, yeah. May. Yeah. Yeah, uh, what's up with that? Uh, yeah, I know. They kind of kind of held him back a little bit there. They're definitely extending this. This is the first time. I mean, this is what we've been waiting for. This is the yeah. first strike of this rebellion. That's, it is. We've been waiting for this almost a year now. And even here, it's not even finished. You know, we no. still have to wait for the second part of it which is obviously going to take now it looks like a couple of months so that is yeah. sort of bullshit but for what we do get i was really glad that you know they actually breached the wall they were able to take down the thorns yeah. take down the silent school mara got her queenhood uh, you know a lot finally finally happened in here you know yeah and, well, uh, that's the thing is that besides for the idea that we have to bring down the crown of thorns because mara's drowning down here because she's been cursed because she walked through yeah. that magic deal of the crown it's this whole big to do at this point, besides for that aspect, we have to get her back to the surface. Why are we bringing down the Crown of Thorns unless we're going to call the Justice League in here to fucking clean house? I, I, I actually, the, yeah. The Crown of Thorns isn't doing anything for our story besides well, saving Mara at this point. The big thing yeah, of that, I, though, I think it's a good enough reason to do it. But then, for example, why doesn't Aquaman take her to the surface and the rest of them press on? Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, what a, what are you well, going to do? You take a nap until he gets back? Like, and what, what I keep thought. Keep going. When I thought played out, uh, didn't play out as well either is like Eric said and, and Reggie, you said that the crown of thorns comes down for 
merit to be saved. The thing that I think is lost in translation, though, is you don't get any reaction from the commoners of Atlantis. You don't have no. the people of Atlantis well, looking up and saying, like, thank God, because we have seen people kind of throw shade at this crown. It has been something like, you know, corn wrath, that's the symbol of we don't want anybody coming in. But I would have liked to have seen some more reaction. And when that happens, then I realize that we have a whole year of story that we're only dealing with certain sectors and when we lead to what's coming next is going to be Mara being queen uh that seems to yeah. be setting up and whatever Aquaman is he the first you know is he the first man of Atlantis yeah. but you'll go That's back right. to that idea he's, he's gonna have a he's gonna have a big push for education yeah. and uh, yes he yeah. will uh, but yeah. when you go back when you go back to that I think that we're going to go, you know, I'd like to see a reaction right now that's going to set up how all you get is what? Merrick Queen? That foreigner? Zebel my ass. Things Not like that. Not on my watch. I want to see more of the people and maybe it hasn't been set up enough going into this uh, since and we've had plenty of time to do this to get away from this whole thing and have the common people of Atlanta say, you know what? I was against that Aquaman when he was here because he wanted the surface world and, and us to get along uh you know what this crown of thorns seems like a bunch of nonsense and i don't know if we had it better then to kind of set up going forward because if corn wrath goes down and then mara is the queen as we're led to believe you're just going right back to what happened before when yeah. aquaman was king and i don't think now you're going well, no, from a half she's, much, she's always been much more about atlantis first yeah you know oh i know fuck, but what i'm saying is it, they sit there and threw so much crap at aquaman look at you you half-breed now a Zebellion is going to be the queen, and we really haven't seen much of the common people. We've seen the Silent School. We've seen Corn Reth. We've, we've seen, seen their the, dirty muties. The Ninth Trite. We see all that stuff, but I, I think that he has lost track of what's going on and how it I mean, Atlantis is I this point, I don't think the common people even know. Well, that's the I thing. I think, like, happened. I, I think <laughs> yeah, of the I, common people of Atlantis like, oh, god damn, this crown of thorns is really keeping us in here isolated. This is bullshit. What if I want to go out? It's the same thing if they closed down the streets outside of Quakertown. I'd be sitting there, it's fucking bullshit. They're telling me no, I have would. to stay in this town. I'm not going anywhere anyway. <laughs> no, you're not going. Well, you can anyway. But if they actually put a bubble over Quakertown and you didn't get Wi-Fi, Eric, you'd fucking lose your shit. Yeah, Where, yeah. How are you going to get your Transformers in the Quakertown if there's a bubble around? There's a crown of thorns they, they got, they got transformers at walmart it's cool they, no Steve, you can't Steve get that that's that's oh. richland town exactly you like don't that. go he wrote a story exactly yeah. like that a guy couldn't get his transformers through a bubble that, that's what happens uh, with the bubble that's I mean, the boy in no, the bubble I mean, as far as as far as how the common people will react that's as far as we can look yeah. at that later I, like, i'm sure that's the mara queen this, of atlantis uh i mean it, it happened in the widowhood's private so you know sneaky chamber of yeah, uh, old people so but again i don't, I don't think anyone me. even knows that this is a thing no yet. but that even, leads me to my other complaint the that's the uh, thing also, I th it leads me what does this change this is what i'm saying you have corn wrath who's king now you have the widowhood saying mara's queen and really, I don't think that anybody would know the difference and what makes one or the other happen, uh, except that if you kill Corn Wrath, I guess, because all of a sudden the widowhood's just like queen. And now we're supposed to believe she is. They, and we're going... they greased her up to be queen for when Corn Wrath is killed. Yeah, not like Corn Wrath right much. But it, it just, I, I, the only thing I think is, and again, with this other nonsense that I'm talking about, 
it just seems too black and white to have this set up for a year to just have this issue of uh, Mara. She's about to die, but she's queen now. Okay, well, here we go. The fact, the fact is, they tease this shit out way, yeah. way too long. Uh, part of the part of my enthusiasm is it was like fucking finally something. And even you yeah. guys talk about the crown of thorns. Remember the, the whole nature of the crown of thorns changed over time. At first, it was this. Yeah thing that seemed to block out the sun like you couldn't even see outside of it and then over time it became transparent more of a yeah. magical yeah it's just the- theoretical barrier at first nonsense. it was like actual thorns yeah it actually like looked like they were in a, a goddamn so, big corny uh, you know at one time i could definitely see people of atlantis being like yeah we want that thing taken away we, we don't get any fucking light down here you know what yeah. i mean like what the hell but after a while, it was the bottom was, of the ocean. How much light do you expect to get? A lot. Uh, you, take, you take as much as you can get, Eric. Okay, let me tell you that right. <laughs> That's you all it much, is. Bunch of anglerfish people yeah. hanging around there. Yes. I mean, li- literally, if you can get like a nightlight worth of light, that's considered a bright, sunny day down in Atlanta. So, yes. uh, they take, you know, they don't want that blocked out. But once you took that part away, then the stakes were removed as far as like what the people would feel. And and you are right that we haven't even seen what they think about it. They're probably all stoned. You know how people are. I just think they're going to just be flip floppers. They don't care. You know, it's going to be the king is dead. God, the you know, long live yeah. the queen, long and then you'll just king. go for that. Yeah, you'll just have that. But it's just kind of a shame that you're setting up this book to be this kind of a underwater Game of Thrones is what we've been calling it for a while, even since the new Fifty Two. But when things go down here, it just to me seems very surface level of okay, we got to get the corn wrath uh, fight him level. and yes and uh the next thing i know it's like the actual purpose of the story is lost in the depths is what ah. <laughs> I, was, oh, I was trying to come nice. up with something else but i i can't say that right now the i know which a way shallow I, it, and i don't know which way the tide's gonna go here uh, uh, but that's probably okay really fishy over here i don't know what's going on <laughs> tell uh. us about it reggie let's hear about the, uh i mean pretty much i'm talking about it yeah but- uh, you know, this thing does pick up instantly from the last issue. Uh, Aquaman and his, who the hell are the undercurrent, plus his two dinosaur eel monster yeah. fish that yeah. I love. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They burst through the uh, walls of, of this silent school, and it's sort of a little magic battle. This is very much in the vein of, like, when Doctor Strange fights a magic person. They just kind of, like, shoot light at each other. Go at each other. Uh, but there's awesome, I mean, there's some scenes in here, man, like this. Yeah, there is. This I- doc- this dinosaur fish being blasted back, and I just feel like this is such a super well-drawn dinosaur monster. Well, you got Jurok, the Beastmaster, bringing all this cool stuff in, and like you know, I really do enjoy the battle. But the thing is, when you have most of an issue being the battle, I tend to get a little bit bored with it because I want to have more story, and I know I'm not going to get it for a little while because we're focusing so much on the battle at hand. Where you know, Aquaman for the most part is going to win. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, this is something that should have been wrapped up in one issue, you know, but I, I got so geeked up by those splash pages later. Uh, I'm with yeah. you though. I, I really thought it looked cool. Even though I'm telling you, the one thing that really grabbed me that I thought was the coolest aspect of this battle is that now that Aquaman has this trident and he has all the magic powers that go with it, his yeah. eyes just eyes glowing yellow glowing. throughout with it, with the yeah. anger that he has. I'm like, you know what? I kind of really hope that Aquaman maintains his trident and keeps this shit going. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. Now, can I point out are you, something? Wait, are you sure that wasn't lupus? I it wasn't. I wish I thought that might it have could been be lupus. lupus. Oh, uh, okay. Can Can I point something out that may change your idea? of the art because as you're going you have dolphin fighting and she fights off and saves a fella correct she yeah, saves him. and then when he's laying there and says you saved me like this this you don't yeah. like this picture <laughs> what happened what happened like 
homely dolphin. No, no. What what had did she stop homely between panels and go off to Taco Bell? Uh, also, she has a full shirt instead of a half shirt now. And all of a sudden, I think somebody's channeling their inner Frank Cho uh, and going there. Uh, she is a big girl out of this nowhere. It's not the best uh, kneeling down image. No. I'm just saying, angles are funny sometimes. Yes. Angles are funny. funny, and you know that a uh, camera puts 10 pounds on her, and right now, now imagine a 17 camera cameras. 17 yeah. cameras are on her at the moment. And yes, an underwater camera does that. It's That's it's kind of crazy. Uh, but uh, just as a joke. But I, I know what you're saying, and I agree. There are panels that look fantastic. Just the when you get these pencil-heavy ones, and it actually, like I'm telling you, when you see Corn Wrath, he shows up, because as this battle is going on, obviously he's going to know about this. They're going to report right. to him. It's so pencil heavy there. He's with Merc. He's there. And then like the next couple of panels, all of a sudden that pencil heaviness leaves uh, and then go, comes back and forth. And, back, and it just throws me off. It just does a little. And again, it's just not my cup of tea, though. I'm not going to say it's bad. It's just something that I'm not a big fan of the style. Uh, but you can continue. I, I will stop my nonsense now. Yeah. All right. No, but it's okay. Uh, back in the throne room, it is like you said, Wrath is getting word that uh, Aquaman is – Ripping shit up, although does he find out that it's Aquaman yet? Yeah, he knows it right now, yeah. right? He knows yeah. Aquaman's yeah, back. Yeah, I believe he does. Yes. Uh, yeah, he finds out right He finds here. out this issue, yeah. yeah he finds yeah, out right yeah. in this moment. So uh, he's like, ah, no, my, my school will take care of them. But yeah. then along comes King Shark. And God, I loved his band of mutants. Yeah. It, it was just like, I just want to see more and more. Of the, I see like a creature of the Black Lagoon, another crab head. It's got a hermit yes. crab head in there. They got a bottom dweller muties. Oh, I love these guys, man. These uh, these half breeds that they decided to, you know they're going to come in at the eleventh hour and help out anyway, even though uh, King Shark said he wouldn't. And that turns the tides for Aquaman, gives him the distraction he needs to hold off the magic and finally go and skewer the core of the Silent School, which takes down the Crown of Thorns, which yeah. you can see here, like. It's not even like a visible thing, practically. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. in this in this uh, splash page, which I wish I could like go live in this underwater city the way it looks. It's just like a, it's just like a shimmer vanishes. You I know, know? there's like, too many oh, monsters the down boards. there. I'm out, it really uh, fell off. It really fucking fell off from the beginning. You know when it got installed. Yes, yes, and, it uh, did. Yeah, but uh, and, and before you go forward, Mera is a sleepy queen. Yeah. Yeah, with that whole deal, when King Shark does show up, it's a great, like, cinematic moment. It's Han yeah. Solo at the end of New Hope when he yeah, shows up. Yeah, he's Yeah, and I, but I like it. I always like that, where you think the guy, oh, that scoundrel, he only cares about right. the money. Uh, but no, he comes in and then helps. Yeah, because he cares he about says, chum. That's right. And he says, I didn't, you know, I didn't quite expect it. You know, I, I, I knew this wasn't the end of him in the story. I just wasn't sure what part he would play, and this was the part, I guess. So that yeah. was cool. Plus... More creepy, weird fishmen. Yes, thank you yes, very much. I will yes, take as many those. as you'll give me. Thank you. Yes. So uh, yeah, that's, they, that's great. Over at the Widowhood, uh, Arthur grabs Mera, and he just goes a straight shot yes. to the uh, to the surface to get her the precious air she needs over at Amnesty Bay, With where Tula. uh, Tula's there hanging out and drops And her that's off. the thing. As we're going up there, he d- doesn't appear that he has the trident with him, but his eyes are still glowing yeah. yellow. Yeah. So I don't know if it's something that this is a power set that we're going to continue with Aquaman going forward, that where even if he has the trident or not, he is going to have some kind of mystical element, which I think, like, right there, I'm like, it's a great-looking panel yeah, like the determination that Aquaman has to save yeah. his wife, like, you know, fiancé. Yeah, I yeah. agree. The, the, his face in this, the center face, but even the one where his eyes are glowing, you really see the grit on his face. I'm thinking, though, the uh, 
he probably put the trident in his back pocket. He might oh, have. I think so. And, uh, so it's probably fine. That's where a lot. Actually, that's where the kids keep their cell phones. That is true. So that's that's probably where he stuck it. So he's gonna sit on it, Dennis. And nonsense. I want to point out, Eric. Uh, he <laughs> calls Mara. He calls Mara his roommate. I, I don't know if you're aware of that. Not fiance, <laughs> roommate. He's taking Brandon's uh, cue there. Uh, but yeah, the continue. ancient underwater legendary city of Buffalo. Yes, there you go. There you go. Uh, and it's funny as as you read it. I think that basically any uh, issue uh, with fish people has Reggie hook, line, and sinker. Uh, and how does and then basically how does it end because that's pretty much near the end uh Uh, that's more or less he drops her off says you hang out here with tula get your breath on breathe feel good i'm gonna go back down i gotta take out coram wrath later and then there's a beautiful diving uh last page and uh, his eyes are glowing so the trident is in his back pocket that's great And with and that, this, that's that. yeah, with this, uh, when Aquaman does come up and Tool is there and he says, I'll take time for the curse. It'll take time for the curse to lift on Mara. She couldn't breathe underwater, all that stuff. I don't There's know how long. Curses. This is Mara's fight. And then it's the Sea Mara, Queen of Atlantis, number one. And that's coming out next week. Uh, me and Reggie have already discussed it. Reggie has so many books that he was going to review it, but I'm going to review it. And it's a weird deal because Aquaman is still fighting Corn Wrath and all that. I actually thought that we were going to finish this whole storyline. And too. then Aquaman would say, hey, I'm smell you later. I've got to go the, do some I'm things. The bricks. Yeah, yep. I'm going to go on a walkabout. You go, and that book was basically going to be set up to see how Mara rules, maybe even in a, a bit of a, a time jump, whatever. But now it seems that it's going to be her not as queen right away if we pick up yeah. right from the it, it almost seems like it might be the reverse where Mara's yeah. on the surface and Aquaman's down below. Yeah, and, so it really threw uh, me off. And we have the we'll review see. copies. I have not read it yet. I so I don't know. And I think that when we're done tonight, I'll probably glance – add it just to see yeah no just well that's not we're going with what most people would know or or do and so it just i'm just saying that that editor's note and where we leave her and what it says is going on that's her fight and going i'm like really like now we have another book that is she gonna fight corn wrath is this or is it gonna be that it's like she's trying to come i don't know so it did i gotta imagine it's like coming out of the pages of metal type of shit where metal isn't finished yet but we're gonna go with this story anyway that takes place a month after it yeah man so we'll have to see how that goes down. Oh, uh, that old sure. game. You yeah. Yes, yeah. but uh, yeah, that's about it. Aquaman jumps into the water. He's going to fight Corn Wrath then that we'll get. And like Eric said, that seems to be solicited up uh, to May and pass. So it's yeah. not going to be quick. And nothing is in this book, unfortunately. But that's why this issue, uh, Reggie, you liked it so much, right? I, I really love this issue. The art was a huge part of it. And I got to tell you. You know, I, I I fully understand and respect your opinion. I just feel the reverse, Jim. This yeah. this artist has. I feel excited the way I felt when I when uh, uh, Juan Ferreira was well, doing Gotham by same, Midnight. This is the and, same argument we had with Juan, and then I I grew to love his art more than you know most. And I remember, so, and, and he and he was a guy too that, and he had to do that on Suicide Squad, even yeah. Green Arrow, even Gotham by Midnight. Kind of had to warm up, and then yeah. when he got good, I remember like I, I think I've even talked about it before talking about Juan. Is Eric was reviewing that book and he he was giving it shitty scores like he should have, but we both were like, "But damn, that artwork! Something about oh, yeah. it!" I was like, "Whoa, what's going on? This is something special's yep. happening here." And that's really, I'm getting that same kind of feeling. I love it. I, yeah. I I feel like I could get posters of some of this artwork. Some of these pages, I think, are absolutely gorgeous. I'm very happy. Posters. You know, I I understood what Gareth was saying that you know if we take this as a arc, 
it's pretty much a failure because we've built up how, yeah. how many months of issues year i feel like we've been doing this like almost a full year of uh atlantis being under siege yeah. and uh, it it's just been too long of a build up for what we did get however yeah. as a singular issue it. i had a blast i mean yeah. it was just like action shit breaking down magic flying around you know what i mean uh you know the boring shit was the mara and the widowhood shit but everything else was, was pretty much had me gripped i really enjoyed it and uh as one issue you can get it and like all aquaman issues you can jump on anytime you'd like because they pretty much move yeah. at a glacial pace and they've reiterated everything that happened so uh, I gave it a 9 out of 10. Yep, you did. That's one of your highest scores that uh, you've given a in a while. Uh, and, yeah, well, going back to just the one thing, when uh, I – like in that – and what's it called? That Gotham by Midnight. Is that what he was on or which one was yeah. he on when he he took over? And he, he was, was kinda, on that, yeah. He, he was, was on kinda, that. That was the first thing I saw. And he was then, aping was the style. He was aping the style of of Temple Smith. And then when it came around, but when we went into the Suicide Squad where, Reggie, me and you were doing that uh, by ourselves. Eric was not reading or reviewing that uh, on the podcast. And we were talking uh, at least a couple of the issues it's seen. And if you remember, Reggie, it was that we were in that castle. Every freaking issue. It just never changed. Yeah, and it was the time when I was like, all of a sudden it just clicked where Juan had that one issue where you had the panels were the piping of the, you know, innards of it, like a a cross section of a castle. And yeah. right then I was like, I fell in love with it. So maybe that's just the thing. Maybe it's something that I, it's, I don't warm up the things right away. Yeah. Uh, maybe the just... artist is also, I mean, everyone's yeah. got to come together, but, uh, yeah. I can also, what you're saying about pencil heavy, I think is a reasonable criticism. I just don't yeah, feel the same like, way. Yeah, it's, I, de- it's definitely, if, you, if you're like, I like cleaner, crisper, more yeah. inked art, and this is going to be a little smudgy to yeah. you. Yeah. And, uh, I'm giving it a six five. I actually, uh, just the the fact that they go through this and keep saying to Mar- Mara's queen, Mara's queen, and then we get that you know thing. Oh, Mara's going like it's almost like like we said that this Mara book was supposed to be coming out, and now they realize, oh shit, just like Eric said with the metal. So then they just threw that in there when it doesn't seem like it sets up anything because Corn Wrath is still the king. Uh, you know, you would just you have won a minor battle, you have brought down the crown of thorns. That's huge. But I just don't know what we're going to get in the next two, three, four issues that couldn't just have been condensed and have it in this one. Or even if we say it, start a couple issues ago where you do see him come down and then we get the set where Mara, okay, you know, Arthur, you're, you're king. No, no, no. The widowhood says Mara. I respect that. I'm going. And then we go from there because at the end, I'm like, God damn it. We're still not anywhere. You know, we have a lot happening, but still we have the big things not happening. And that threw me off. So I'm going to go 6-5. And again, like I said, the art, to me, at points, I'm not as big a fan. So what would you give it, Eric? I am a big fan of the art, and I'd still give it a 6.5 out of 10. Because while it, you know, we, we finally got the, the uh, crown of thorns down, the only reason it seems to be important anymore is to make sure that Mara stays alive. And it seemed bigger than that previously. But at this point, we're like, this is just there because, you know, Mara's cursed. But don't worry. Curse is going to wear off after a little <laughs> while, but it's just like so thrown aside because what, let's, we could have just taken down Corrin Wrath. The th- Crown of Thorns is so inconsequential besides to save Mara's life at this point, and we're going to throw our entire freaking rebel alliance that we have at this and possibly all die just to get this Crown of Thorns. Yeah. That means nothing in the long run down besides sort of keep Mara alive. It just felt like a little bit of a 
uh, like, you know, we're going two steps forward, one step back. You know, we're getting progression, just not much, because now we're going to have to fight Korra and Wrath for how many months to get to that part over. I don't know. The story just kind of lacking still. I was excited that we finally got the Rebel Alliance together and we were going to take steps to get it, but it still seems to be moving at a snail's pace. Yeah, and so you're MC Scat Cat on this, is, is what you're saying. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree. Opposite but I see, I see, I see what what Reggie's saying, uh, basically. And really, hey, you guys get, still came in half a point higher than Gareth. So yeah, yeah, and I'll, I'll go back to the thing where we say this all the time when you are reviewing the book on a written review as well you do get a lot more invested in what's going oh, yeah. on and you when you're reviewing it you do tend to uh you know have a bigger reaction to some things that happen where i have to read this here and i'm like oh god corn wrath we didn't even get to him but with reggie who's been having to write about it all along he finally got to write a review where he's like oh and this happened and that happened. Yeah. that does get you excited it gets you excited it's more true. than just sitting here talking about it yeah. uh yeah. We're going to talk about the next issue of Reggie's and the last issue that we're going to be talking to you personally about. And right. out of nowhere, telling you, I, I love this issue, and it's only going to be because it was fun. And that is all. At, I couldn't even explain why I would like this more than, say, Aquaman, which we just did, except that I had fun. And what is it, Reggie? It is Harley Quinn, number 38, written by Frank Thierry, art by Mirka Andolfo, Eleonora Carlini, and Alex Sinclair. Here they come now singing Coney Coney. Gonna bash skulls and snap every bony. Penguin was right, I love real spoomony. Come on, you gotta toss out nerds and feel alright, yeah. I feel alright, yeah. I said, yeah. 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 Yeah, cause I love to take your turf. Your block, your hood, it's mine, all mine, it's all mine. Well, I feel all right. I said, yeah. 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 See, I even had fun doing that. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I had fun with this. And I'll tell you right off the bat that it actually goes, uh, against what I thought. I actually realized that I'm not sick of Harley. I'm not sick of this book. It just was getting stale. Like we knew it was. We said it uh, was. It was kind of losing, you know, uh, the zeal that it had. And I realized now that I still could now. I do think that it should be a, a monthly book. There's no reason this should come out twice a month. And, and especially it's come out 17 times, it seems, in the last month. But with that, as a monthly book, if they just make it, you know, one time a month, I think that this could last for, uh, you know, a while. Uh, and I hope it does. Uh, but, uh, Again, I hope it goes monthly because I do think that twice a month is a little too much. Uh, but I had fun here. I, I mean, I we'll, really we'll, we'll see how much gas uh, these, these guys have in the tank. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? But as it is now, this title's definitely gotten a big shot in the arm as yeah, far as like just becoming enjoyable again and being about a singular story. You know what yep. I mean? Like what? As soon as I dropped the pretense of what I thought was going to happen because I read too much, you know, bullshit, yeah. advanced stuff. 
I settled right in and and just enjoyed the silliness of the story, the wackiness. It's it yeah. seems to have a lot of the fun back again. Even and that's all I need. Harley it's, is still kind of a sad sack. But yeah, she okay. is. But all I need is to see Cy Boardman in a European, uh, you know, skimpy uh, bikini briefs, right. and uh, I love it. And that makes me laugh. Uh, and then you just get villain after villain. And to me, uh, you know, I may be taking a little too far, but it almost points fun at, say, a Tom King Batman with Kite Man where he's like, okay, you have Kite Man. You're trying to make him a legit character. Uh, I'm going to get all these guys and just make them goofy like they should be. What I love, so what I loved about this is I went back into it and all of these characters, these villains, they come from different places. They come from the animation, the comics and the Bill Dozier TV show. And And it's like, it's just creating this, you know, semi-continuity or this amalgam continuity yeah. that, you know, obviously since we all, we know that it's, you know, part of yet separate from DCU continuity, yes. it's Frightieri's just having a blast with it. Just yeah, the, that's what it's like, you know, putting Eric's favorite condiment king in there. But even I'll like, say my favorite was Egghead when he yeah, showed Egghead. up. Oh, I, I love the, I loved seeing Egghead. I loved seeing King Tut. Yeah, uh, King Rat Tut's hilarious. Ratcatcher. Like, oh, Rat Johnny like Karaoke. He, <laughs> I like that guy too. I mean, Zebra all, all these guys. And it was funny because I could have sworn in the in the last page, of the last issue, it was you know Penguin kind of anointing uh, yeah. all the villains he was bringing to New York and, and Brooklyn. And I could have sworn it was mostly like A list guys, but yeah, uh, it doesn't seem that not way. the Gorilla Gang. No, the, no, the Gorilla Gang like you got. Brought, he brought yeah. Zebra Man along with him, so that it's yeah. kind of weird. But it's, I, I really did enjoy it and. uh yeah, they're all terrorizing New York. They're they're taking over. You know, the New York is not ready for the film freak to come no. to the film and, festival. And, yeah, <laughs> and I like it. He's just boring people at the Tribeca Film Festival. And with that, again, you're doing this where you have, like, you say, film freak. You have them there as just, you know, it's not overdone. It's for a laugh. Uh, but with that, I'd rather have that than Promethea show up in JLA from Steve Orlando and things like that. I want these characters, or like I said, I don't need to see that Kite Man's son died to turn him into Kite Man. I'd rather uh-huh. see Condiment King shooting ketchup and mustard at people. Now, what and- if this comic had the comedian from Watchmen? Would you like that? Uh, no. And also what now, gets me to those jokes, though, he's a comedian that that could be. But what I, I like is, you have is Condiment King. Condiment King there is shooting stuff and he seems to be relishing in the moment. Uh, uh, but, <laughs> but with that, that you joke also would not cut the mustard. Come on. Oh, oh, oh come on, Reggie. I catch up. Catch up with guys, yeah. <laughs> but with that, you even have uh, an over the top deal with the one liners from Mr. Freeze with the Arnold deal and, uh-huh. and a Robin and stuff like that. See, and the it's design, fun. The design is like a 60s design. And I yeah. think it might be from because uh, he was never on the show, but they were going to have an episode. They had Mr. Freeze on the yeah, show. Yeah, they yeah. Picture he was zero. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. That's right. He didn't look like this, though. Yeah. Uh, he he I looks. Yeah. Bat- didn't Batman sixty six the comic do a? They did a uh, you know, un- untold Mister Freeze story. No, or it was a like two face. They, they did the two face story. Yeah, they had a oh, two face. Okay. That All was right. actually a script that never came to be. So yeah. they ended up and doing that. Comic for you, which yeah, was I have, cool. I, have, I just forgot the details, but uh, I it, it this looks like a Mister Freeze or you yeah. know that could have oh, been I on like the sixties it. show. It actually, it's not the regular one. It's awesome. It even looks like from the uh, Arkham games a little too, and things like that. Bit. But it's it's this all is a, a proper Mister Freeze in my mind. Yeah. So I hate the way he's looked over the past couple of years since the New Fifty Two changed his origin and the way he looked. This actually, you know, it's a bodysuit that's containing him like it should. 
Yeah, yeah and, and basically, and yeah. With that, they they're having the polar bear club. Cyborgman's in there. He's gonna dip his toe in the ocean. They're gonna jump in the cold water, and uh, it's frozen. It's Mister Freeze and the gang of Harleys come out. You know, yell freeze and that. Oh, you didn't say that. And they even say that's like something out of a bad Schwarzenegger movie. And they go with yep. it. I will tell you, they go a little, you know, maybe a step too far with the joke. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't mind too. because it's no. all for fun. They have the chill out dude and you know stuff like that while you. have have coach and big tony just sitting there like you know what this gang of harley say you know this he may be out of their league but they're they're doing okay and it's all for fun because as it goes on all the other b-list z-list uh characters start hitting and you have condiment king like we said we have king tut which was hilarious rat catcher not a big rat catcher fan film freak oh, there great. he is yeah, Film Freak, Johnny, Karaoke, we said them all, Zebra Man, and Eggman, which was pretty good. I mean, Eggman Egghead. is one of those, or Egghead, I mean, and it's, you know, Vincent Price he kidnaps there. Yeah. Eggie. He kidnaps yeah, and it's great. Egg it's it's awesome. fun. It's really fun. And then yeah. Harley, who is separated from them, is at the Empire State Building because you have the Gorilla Gang there, and they even say, like, why here, boss? A little on you the know? nose. Yeah, why are we here, uh, you know, the Gorilla Gang at the Empire State Building? He's like, I don't care. This is what we're doing and then you you have the interaction between them and harley you get killer moss show up to talk to killer croc who basically says look we have the f- same first name uh which made me laugh because in my mind that went with the martha deal in the batman v superman Maybe stuff like that. like that yeah. and it made me laugh that hey we, we both named killer you know, it just made me laugh and to go on. But overall, there's not a huge story going on, but that's not what I expect well, well, from this here, book. Well, here Killer Croc, the, the point of this scene is he says, Coney's mine, uh, no sad. one else can have it, which I think obviously will become an issue. He's going to be confronting Harley directly later, and that then yeah. they already mentioned the Suicide Squad link. But, man, he fucks up Killer Moth here, boy, doesn't yeah. he? I mean, yeah, he does. is, Kill- is Killer Moth even alive? I, I think I'm he's not dead. sure what happened. <laughs> and, and you see that Killer Killer Croc said kind of that, you know, that what he is and what he was. Oh, this he is where to... he was. He has the Coney yeah. Island Freak Show, yeah. and he's yeah. looking at an old poster of himself as a young man. Yeah, and I, I liked it. I, I really did. I like and then too. you have the Gorilla Gang. The Touch of Heart. It is. And you're going to have the Gorilla Gang there. There, They're going to shoot Harley. Uh, and you go back and forth between, I'm going to throw you off this building. No, I'm going to throw you off. And then uh, the guy, the big gorilla that has uh, Harley okay. gets bonked. And Harley's like, oh, good, I got saved, and looks, and it was Red Tool, who's kind of Yeah, but of she her, never sees him. No, he's kind of her guardian angel right, right now. And she's just kind of on her own, but not. And he's looking out for her, and basically it all ties into the city loves Harley again. Harley is the hero of Harley for hire is all the rage right now. Yeah, it is. It's all the hire, and then you have Frank Thierry himself continuing to be in there, where he texts her and says, "Keep it up. You know, this is what you're supposed to be doing. This is really working." I actually think that Frank himself is going to end up being the villain, uh, which will make me laugh. I don't know why, but I think that that's how it's going to turn out. That would be pretty funny if he can if he can pull it off. Off, yeah, because he is separating her from her friends and keep yeah. pushing that. So I think that he may be 
Uh, but yeah, with that, you have a real weird deal that I, I just don't know if coach actually, uh, has, uh, can see now because she's reading a phone, which, uh, it is voicemail, but she's there looking at it as if she can press buttons and stuff. I don't know how phones work. Like, like, yeah, with, uh, yeah, that's, if you're that's blind for the blind, don't, don't yeah, worry about it. It looks yeah. weird. I don't know how that works, but really it just basically ends with, uh, New York in chaos and with yeah. all these villains and stuff like that. And they need it's not specifically Coney Island, actually. Yeah, I mean, Coney despite, Island, despite yeah. Killer Croc saying all of Coney is mine, it looks like Coney Island is the nexus of mayhem. You know, yeah, just chaos just complete going on. So. Chaos. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that this was fun. I had a lot of fun with it. I <laughs> like the villain. And you get to pick. And like you said, one of our biggest things to talk about like an Elseworlds story is grabbing characters and crazy things. Well, this is this book with uh, Palmiotti and Connor have kind of turned it into a bit of an Elseworlds story. It is a little out of continuity. Uh, the problem is, is with Palmi- well, with the Palmiotti and Connor, they did that. I don't think they used it enough. They didn't go far enough with what they could play with. Here you do. You have just crazy characters show up in a crazy way, poking fun at them, having fun, and not trying to get them into a book and making them like not just Tom King, Guppy in freaking Nightwing, where I don't need you to get goofy characters and try to redeem them or try to make me care as much. I Some of these characters are goofy because that's what's worked. That's and what that's they it. were made yeah, to be for no fun. For them. That's no, you don't get. need that. I don't need Condiment King uh, to be redeemed right. and find out that his sister uh, ended up getting hit by a drunk driver, and in the meantime, nope. he was busy eating fucking hot dogs with extra mustard. I don't need that. I just like Condiment King and I like him shooting. Sportsmaster could show up the next issue. I'll love it. I, I would think it's great. Yeah, I, I would think it's the greatest thing. Uh, you know, grab more guys and throw them in. So I had a lot of fun. Tommy Audi and Cutter did use Sportsmaster with yeah. Rick and Clark King a bunch. Yeah, yeah. And uh, with that, I think the art still is really good in this. It fits the book well. Uh, and overall, I had a lot of fun. What did you give it, Reggie? The, the art is solid. You know, uh, it's it's good. There's no way there's no way yeah. around it. I I don't love it though. And you know, I guess I'm pretty okay. still coming off coming off the hangover. We're kind of now re- I got reverse roles on the Aquaman thing. Yeah. I do like it, though. I mean, I really have no complaints. It's a little looser than I would like. It is. Uh, but it has that angular kind of uh Tim's right, John Tim's yeah. uh, look about it. Yep. Uh, I, I'd be pressed to say it's bad. I'm just maybe I have to warm up to it. But I, I really am just not. In love with it. And that's, I was at an 8 out of 10, and I think that's what put me down to my final score, which was 7.5, because it was uh, everything we said. It's a fun book. You, you know, you still have to put on your Harley sense of humor, but yeah. if you have that firmly in place, then this one really did hit all the right switches. Uh, it had so much goofy, yeah. uh, silly shit. And you know what's funny is it's a Harley book that really had minimal Harley, and maybe that was to yeah. its benefit also. You maybe. know, they kind of. She was in like half of the book, you know. Maybe, maybe not having her so much up front is a good little break for us maybe. too. But uh, yeah. it's a good one, man. I'm telling you, Harley, folks. If you walked away because it was getting <laughs> yeah. to be too much, I recommend you come back, take a look. Yeah, uh, it's, check it's, it out. It's come back in a big way. This book. And uh, what I will say as well now, also, there's the Frank Cho variant that I I know a lot of people That's in the right. Get Fresh crew like like Frank Cho. Uh, but with that. 
Uh, I think there's another thing that it's not necessarily a huge selling point for me, but I do like it is these couple of issues, especially this one. Actually, you have a funny book or a funnier book than what we usually get from, you know, the main titles. Uh, Frank Thierry is not huge on dick jokes and he's not huge as much as the sexual stuff. He's yeah. having fun with the characters. And I think that this book actually, or even, or even poop jokes. He's yeah, more about I, the puns. Yeah. I so think that far, this book can so act. Yeah. So far, but as far as that's going right now, it's starting to become more of an all ages book as well. Uh, if you had some, you know, a younger, I'm not saying a six year old is going to love this, but if you have a 13 year old, 12 year old boy or girl, they may actually even like this. And well, then say, a nine year old Warner kid is fine. You bring him to a well, dead movie, would. they can no, handle this. I'm just yeah, saying right. most people with normal parents <laughs> who would think of this, but you know, and, and again, I always like a book where a kid would be reading this and go like, Who's the film freak? And then just kind of look it up and see what's going on and go from that. And I liked it. I even liked the Gorilla Gang when they show up and like, we fought Batman, you know, once or twice. No, it was once. And they, they say that. And it's, yeah. it's funny to me and I like it. And, uh, so now again, this is my book of the week. I'm going to give you a little, you know, spoiler alert for the later Ooh. on the podcast, but my book of the week, it's still a seven, eight. I'm not going to say that this is a 9-5. I have had a very tough week. This book made me smile enough, and I like the art. And I'll tell you one thing I really like about the art is actually you, you realize that Big Tony is a dwarf. And you see him, and he's a dwarf yeah, he here. He does probably look most dwarfish through um, Yeah, America, for the most part, uh, before, yeah, before you kind of lost track of that. He just looked like a kind of a little smaller Glenn Danzig. Now he looks like a full-out dwarf, and I like it. He, I like that character as well. Uh, but, yeah, I'll give it a 7-8. What about you, Eric? I'd give it a 6 Point eight out of ten. I really enjoyed the art, but just you know, parading out these villains in silly situations without really getting to any kind of story until the cliffhanger. Yeah, we have Harley going off and doing stuff, but it's you know, I, I haven't seen any of she fought the gorilla gang. They talk about all the stuff she's done lately. I would might have liked to seen some of that. So there wasn't a lot going on for me in this issue, but I had enough fun and I really enjoyed the art. Yeah, but, I actually took done the done for me lately. Yeah, but, the, the, done for but, me lately. I thought, my my thought, favorite part was when Egghead showed up and stole yeah. Egg Foo. I thought that was the funniest. Well, part I, 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 like that I think you've, I think you've scored the last three Harley books higher than you've scored Harley in over a year. Oh yeah, yeah last issue I gave it a seven out of ten, I believe. Yeah, yeah I, they've, I, they've been. This has been you know Eric Shea singing the praises of Harley as far yes. as I'm concerned. Yes, indeed. I, I actually think that when they said, you know, you've done all this, I think that goes back to the election and things like that as well. Uh, I was just taking that as what we've seen up until now. I'm now. saying since Harley for hire. Yeah, no, I, I just, you know, the, the city, the city couldn't have forgotten though that she pretty much saved that entire election and then, uh, you know, supported the guy who now should be, you know, leading I don't know. The, the city. New Yorkers have very short memories. That is they might, true. They, they, they are have. very much like, oh, that was a nice thing you did yesterday. Now you're a piece of shit. Yes, that is true. That's what uh, Bernie Getz told me one time. <laughs> you didn't know that he is in contact with me uh, over and over. But yes, he did tell me that. Uh, but yeah, that is it for us. Uh, we're going to go off now for you to continue the Milk Wars. And I asked you each week, I'm not going to ask you about the particular issue itself, but after another issue in the can, uh, what do you think about this Milk Wars in general? Is it is it something worthwhile for people no. to read? It's no. <laughs> absolute nonsense. No. Absolute yeah. fucking nonsense and drivel and uh, fuck it. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I was afraid of. But next week... 
I believe you have uh, Doom Patrol again, right? Is that oh, it's, is it's the it's the conclusion to Milk Wars okay. JLA Doom Patrol special number two, number two, and yes. we will find out how it wraps up. And actually, just to tell the audience, the issue that I will be discussing with Chris is Swamp Thing uh, slash Cave Cave Carson special yes. number one, and this issue that we're going to talk about does answer probably eighty percent of the questions that okay. we've had. Is it one of those to answer the questions, uh, but you, uh, they give you answers, but you don't like the questions. Is is that kind of the deal? Because I, uh, you guys have not really enjoyed it. Uh, but yeah, we'll go off to Chris and Reggie talking about that. And then after that, we'll be coming back with a section of rant and raves. Once in every lifetime, comes a love like this. Oh, I need you. to the Young Animals segment on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we have now part four, right? Yes, mm-hmm. part four yes. of the Milk Wars, Young Animals Milk Wars event. This one comes in the form of Swamp Thing Cave Carson as a cybernetic eye special number one. Written by John Rivera and Magdalene Visaggio does the backup. Art by Langdon Foss, Nick Filardi, Sonny Liu does the backup cover by... I kind of put this here. Is it? Do you think it's Ryan or Ria? I think Ryan. Yeah, Boy. that's how I would say. All it. right, say Ryan, I, my I, I my my brain wants to say Rian, but I do think. Me too. Is, <laughs> I think it is Ryan. R I A N Hughes. But uh, anyway, uh, that's fine. I, either way is uh, acceptable. I think in my mind. So let's jump right into R the issue. Hughes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> R Hughes is fine. Uh, so in this comic, Cave Carson slightly off-register world has been. Milkified like the rest of them. It's all been homogenized and pasteurized and turned into sort of this, uh, I don't know, uh, mundane. Mundane look at American life. Yeah, very mid 20th century look at American life. Uh, although this one kind of has some allusion to the uh, uh, common era, but we'll get to that. Mm. He now works in an expensive cubicle farm where all the employees, including he and his daughter Chloe, wear brown sweater vests. And here she comes now, delivering a tray of elementary school milk cartons to the employees. Cave's wearing an eye patch and is eager to drink the milk, but it doesn't agree with his stomach. Like, immediately, he doubles yeah. over. He's feeling sick. Chloe suggests that Cave drink it. It's good for him. And she's joined by Jack, our pal, uh, with the uh, hockey mask, which is up right now, right? Or, you know, yeah. he, has, he has it down. He's wearing no, it. No, he's yeah. wearing it. He's looking good. Uh, she, he's wearing his wild dog hockey mask right here, but otherwise he wears a light blue polo shirt and indicating that he's a member of security. Uh, Cave's tummy is still gurgling. Chloe notices that her dad has a retcon pop star figurines of Wonder Wife and Father Bruce, and these are Funko Pops, essentially, in fact, completely. That's all they are. Absolutely. Uh, and that that would be the modern thing, the uh, you know Funko Pop collector craze. Uh, you can't even if you don't. I don't own one. I know you own a couple that you've been gifted, uh, yeah. but you can't be into comics without knowing about these things, right? It's, like, impossible. Oh, yeah, you get bombarded. Uh, you can every, comics. Everywhere. Uh, yeah, yeah. There, there's a wall, I gotta say. It's, like, at least seven feet long and, you know, seven feet high in my comic store of every kind in there. 
<laughs> so Chloe suggests that Cave get Milkman Man to complete the set, and Cave can't remember getting the two figures he already has, but he agrees that he should complete the set. With the trio set out for the cafeteria, now we see how tremendous this cubicle farm really is. It's more like a labyrinth. And mm. Cave's tummy's making some bad noises. Ruh-roh. Along the way, Cave notices that other people have those same pop-stuff figurines, and he starts to feel like he's a bit of a bandwagon. Uh, Chloe disagrees, and she thinks they're pretty keen on their own. Uh, She says that they help us show the world who we are inside, which is, I'm sure that's a commentary on something. Uh, Jack replies, the brand maketh the man, as they used to say in Sunday school. And, you know, I was going to, you know, barf a bunch of stuff right here, but I think I'm going to... We're going to save it. That's, we'll put a pin in it, Chris. We'll just keep marching on with the script. Works for me. <laughs> in, in the cafeteria, Cave looks like he's about to either puke or perhaps shit himself. And pretty much says as much while sweating profusely. We, we've all been there. Yeah. Uh, now suddenly, Cave's cybernetic eye bursts from a colleague's carton of milk and scampers up Chloe's sweater vest. And she exclaims something I'm sure... The writer patted themselves on the back for Rita H. Farr. Even though wasn't she a television star? Television star. But yeah, I guess you but, could be explaining. But it's cute. Yeah. It's cute. Uh, I, know, I know you often like to uh, exclaim, you know, uh, Will Smith. You know, I do. You, Will you, H. Smith. When you, when, you, when you stub your toe, you know, you just be. Terry H. Long. Oh, goodness. Well, that you might actually say. Uh <laughs> Excuse me. So, Cave jumps up and starts eating all the vegetables he can. He grabs stuff from the salad dispenser. It's like an automat. He actually punches one of the windows open to grab it. Uh, lettuce out of someone's sandwich. He even just munches someone's whole tomato. Then Cave Carson pukes up a massive amount of entangled green vines. And those vines whip around, attacking everyone but Jack and Chloe. When punctured, the people that they're attacking, they spray milk and deflate. Chloe tries to save one of her co-workers, then the greenery reenacts the moment Cave Carson first met Swamp Thing from Swamp Thing's perspective, so we don't see him yet. And, uh, yeah, this is, we didn't see this before, but it's sort of like Swamp Thing is uh, taking over all their voices and just showing that they had made some sort of a deal when they first met, and this, this is, we'll learn more about that in a minute. Uh, when Cave made that deal with Swamp Thing, who, after crushing the last milk person into milk, uh, he manifests himself. Now, Jack runs up on him with a spork, but Swamp Thing wraps him in vines, forcing milk to pour from the holes in his hockey mask. Vines wrap around Chloe's legs, and he similarly spews milk from her eyes, nose, and mouth. And now they're cured of milk fever, and Chloe notices how lame her sweater vest is. Uh, Swamp Thing reminds the reader, uh, I mean Cave Carson, that they'd arranged for Swampy to hide in Cave's stomach. Because Swamp Thing wanted him to investigate Redcon headquarters, which is now a squat building that fits in the palm of his hand. And I think this was in the last issue, but you have issue 12 of Cave Carson, right, Yeah, Chris? and I, I flipped through it, and it? I didn't see any. It's like it was all the uh, stuff with the wife robot and uh, then shaking his son's hand. and. That's right. Yeah, and it, and yeah. it, ended. Like it, it, it just said it, next Milk Wars, but there was no time. Next Milk Wars, in. yeah. Uh, I must have, you know, I just see so much crap in my life. You know what I mean? <laughs> so many preview images and promos. I just remember a scene where uh, Swamp Thing is holding Retcon in his hand. And, and Maybe it was cave. in an earlier issue. It might could have been, been an earlier that, issue of Milk yeah. Wars, uh, or Could have been. Could have been. Or something else, some or, other comic. Yeah. But, uh, or maybe I might have imagined it. But anyway, whatever it was, that's what happened. Somehow Retcon, which I think is the building they're in, right? 
is also involving <laughs> in a bomb of sand. Anyway, it was not really clear on that, but uh, seems they had dreamers inside of the Redcon headquarters screaming for help inside from inside the building, and uh, then got abducted by Redcon, uh, meaning Cave, Chloe, Jack, and uh, Swamp Thing in a way. Which we'll tell you about in a minute uh, Cave sent his cybernetic eye into hiding And Swamp Thing went into his belly And that's how he got smuggled into Redcon In the first place, you see But mm-hmm. I just have to say, Chris Swamp Thing's an avatar of the green So he exists wherever Plant life exists, right? That's Everywhere, yeah. everywhere. and as far as I know This has been true for every version Since Alan Moore, even though Little bits have changed That aspect that he can grow himself out of a Leaf out of a bean, yeah, a bean, anything. Uh, yeah, he goes out of leaves and fruits when severed from the roots. So, why did he have to come in cave stomach? Why didn't he just like, I mean, they have vegetables in the cafeteria, so anyway, that's all. Yeah, they didn't, he didn't need stomach acid. For that's that. what I'm saying. I don't, I don't understand why, but maybe, maybe someday we'll learn. I have no idea. Well, we'll put a pin on that, and then we'll have a bunch of milk people busting through the door, and they start organizing to get our heroes. Seems one of the main orders is to kill Wild Dog, which, that ain't cool. No, it's kind of harsh. Yeah. Like, why? It is. Why point out poor uh, poor Wild Dog? Now, uh, while Chloe and Cave escape through the air ducts, Swamp Thing and Wild Dog beat down the milk people. Before she leaves, Swamp Thing gives her a glowing golden rose so he can find them anywhere they go. But now again, Chris, he could come up on any plant matter. So mm-hmm. he could have given her a bean, could have given her a leaf of lettuce, anything. Uh, could have just counted on there being something around them later on. Sure. You know what I mean? Which is not, which would be not unlikely. Instead of like this delicate glowing flower when they're trying to hide, right? Yeah. They're, they're trying to be, uh, you know, inconspicuous. And here's basically a light bulb she's got to wear behind her. Ear, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you can't just put the little bean in your pocket. That's and all. That seems like the easiest pie to me. <laughs> Whatever. Cave and, Cave and Chloe rappel into some kind of forgotten archive of Retcon's offices. While there, Cave's cybernetic eye looks for the location of the dreamers trapped within. Meanwhile, on a nearby television, the origin of Retcon spontaneously plays. Seems they were a fire-breathing golden slug aliens that brought Jesus Christ to Earth and marketed his crucifixion. Yeah, I, I, I gotta be honest, Chris. Uh, my word balloons on this page were empty, which actually happens in my comp sometimes. The uh, lettering drops out, and I don't, mm. I don't re, I don't re-download it. So no. <laughs> I, I took this all by visuals, which I gotta say might have been the best way to take it. If you look at that page, it's kind of, it's kind of fresh. It's got the Last Supper with Jesus, and looks like yeah. a bunch of aliens. Looks like he's marrying somebody or some dude or something. Yeah, but when, when you make a comic, it sh- you should be able to look at it and, and kind of know what's going on. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'll, leave, I'll leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> now the point of it is, is uh, they, they we're thinking that that this retcon outfit has been around for a long time, right. guiding humanity to wherever it is and is going or was or. That might be the unclear part, but uh. <laughs> They've been around at least 2,000 years, right, since Jesus', yes, Jesus yes. time, so that's the idea. Uh, meanwhile, though, Chloe's wandered off, and the glowing rose is still glowing behind her ear, and she's also smoking something, and yeah. giving off a pink smoke, which, I, did you, that wasn't explained unless it was in the uh, parts where I didn't have words in my books. <laughs> But I don't know, that seemed strange to me, but fine. Uh, she sees a Superman star pop, says she'll save that for Dad after destroying Retcon. 
then she's attacked by a star pop figurine of herself. Back to Cave in his eyeball, he can now see the totality of what Retcon controls. And that would be, you know, basically everything. Even our dreams. They're, they're in charge mm-hmm. of everything that we know and see around us. Cave sees a grinning milkman man in the reflection of his cybernetic eye, and then a scream for his daughter breaks him out of his reverie, and now Star Pops are attacking Cave too. He grabs the Superman Star Pop, cracks it open, and there's ground meat inside, squirting blood all over him. An explosion from above sends some green water showering on Cave and Chloe, and then Swamp Thing plops down next to them in pieces. Chloe asks what did that to him, Swampy points, and it's Wild Dog, flanked by three mutated team members, back under the control of Retcon. There's tech hidden in Jack's mask that's keeping him mind-controlled. And now this sort of reminded me of, like, Street Sharks kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Right, like a like a wild dog, wild dog. <laughs> Here he comes, he's the wild dog. You know what I mean? And it's like uh, he comes out, he's throwing milk dog bone biscuits everywhere as he descends yeah. from the ceiling, while shooting his cronies are an eight-armed humanoid louse, I think, or some kind of a tick. Which is yeah. maybe a bed an bug? insectoid type thing. Yeah, something gross. Uh, a very ripped blue man bat that looked very extreme to me, and a mm-hmm. red snake guy in sunglasses with a machine gun. So it definitely seemed like a bunch of radical dudes on uh, Wild Dog's team. Yes. Then there's fighting. Indeed. Uh, Cave has some cans of bug spray that he uses to take down the Louse Man. Uh, Swamp Thing punches Wild Dog's mask off of him, breaking the retcon spell. Also breaking his ribs in the process, but uh, Swampy provides a vine compress to keep Jack held together. Uh, and the cybernetic eye has found the location of the Dreamers. They're actually in the Human Resources Department. That's where they always hang out. Yes. Uh, now, well, uh, there, rows and rows of filing cabinets contain human beings. Uh, hose stuck to their heads with drawing their, uh, probably their dreams, right? We're going to go with that? We're going to go with dreams, I think. Okay. Yeah, it seems that way. <laughs> Some are human, says Swamp Thing. And some are more than that. Swampy is crumbling under the psychic weight of the dreamer, so he whips up a little mistletoe-look implant. Jack burns it with an aerosol can blowtorch, and everyone breathes deeply the fumes of this new drug Swamp Thing literally created just two seconds ago. Yeah, that's very safe. Can I go two, ten minutes without getting high? Always. Mm-hmm. And they're always doing something getting, <laughs> to get their rocks off in this book. Absolutely. Uh, it's, like, it's, it's ridiculous. But also... Swamp Thing having psychic sensitivity. I mean, you're pushing it. It's just, it's not really a thing, but okay. I'll you know we'll let it go. <laughs> it's like why? Why? It's just like oh, I can't get all these thoughts out of my mind. Why? Just like uh, yeah. that was never a problem before, but uh, here he is. So feeling the pain of these people, artists and poets, of course, all being mined for their precious dreams, which are then commodified and sold to us. I think we get the idea of what's going on here. Yeah, they're available in Hot Topic, right? Exactly. You know, all those all those uh, young animal T-shirts are all sold by Redcon, and uh, <laughs> then someone yanks the plug, and everyone feels like a spiritual death or something. They feel really mm-hmm. uh, crummy. Not really sure what happens here, but this is when Cave records his plea into his cybernetic eye. This is the one that we'll hear at the end of the uh, other two issues. The previous issues, The previous three issues of Milk Wars, basically the same thing. So while milk people bang on the door of human resources, Wild Dog suggests they grind up the dead bodies here so he can make fertilizer for a bomb. And Cave thinks that's a fantastic idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some dead bodies are stacked into bowls, a bowl created by Swamp Thing, and then covered and grounded to compost, I guess. And it's like, aren't they mining their dreams, Chris? I 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't know they were dead. <laughs> Why? Uh, Chloe takes the golden rose from behind her ear and places it with the corpses. This is a rose that actually disappeared for a bunch of pages, but that's all right, I guess. Uh, Continuity. Hey. <laughs> uh, she put it in her back pocket while she was fighting. She didn't want to, sure. get, didn't want to get crushed. Uh, Jack ch- chucks a bug spray can bomb at the compost that blows out the wall of retcon headquarters. Chloe's surprised to find that it's daytime. She said it's like a casino. You don't know what time of day it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cave gives Chloe his cybernetic eye and tells him they should go. The mighty mole's hidden in a pocket dimension, retrievable by her transponder, transponder which is very, very convenient. Uh, Cave says he has to stay to make sure the building's destroyed. And besides, she's going to get the help of the rest of the young animal folks and JLA, Batman, and Wonder Woman, we guess, right? I think That's so. The theory? I don't, I'm not <laughs> sure what we'll see. Um... When Swamp Thing flies them away on some leafy wings, Cave opens the door up to the folks outside, and a bunch of misshapen monsters and devils now, no longer just people, they're like, got three heads and whatever mutants, else, you know, yeah. mutants, and Cave tells them to take him to their leader. Uh, back up again goes this is actually Eternity Girl breaks the fourth wall again Uh, yeah again Eternity Girl due out March 14th that's really all it is so (laughs) so uh, yeah Uh, this issue the good the good of it is that I finally feel like I understand a little bit about what's going on Uh, not the hows but I see that retcon what they are, I really wasn't clear what they were doing this whole time mm-hmm. and what was happening. I knew they were giving people milk, but I didn't know why why that was happening. But I guess that is a reality that they're selling uh, yeah. to people. It's a and product, and yeah. the way they're making that product is by sucking the dreams out of the brains of creative people. Why that makes them dead, or if that makes them dead? Or if they are, yeah, or if they are dead already, I don't, yeah. Maybe it's a certain time that after time they're dead. I don't know. Uh, mm. And it's, uh, you know, the the house, like I say, not really sure how they turn those dreams into lovely milk. Maybe that's something we'll see in the last issue. <laughs> <clears throat> but that was that was the good part. Uh, the bad part is this is just the same. Everything else. Same kind of thing, yeah. You know, one thing that I thought was was unusual for the rest of the series is the art in this, while I, I didn't personally love it, I do think it's okay. I thought it was really wrong for this story, uh, mm-hmm. just for both these characters and for what the darkness of the story. It's way too playful and, like, fun and, you know, thick. And, you know, it's just not that kind of a book, I felt like. this. Uh, I'm actually looking at the page here where Wild Dog descends from the hull, though, with his, uh, yeah. his team. And like it, it looks pretty good. You know what I mean? This mm-hmm. uh, Langdon has chops. Obviously, he's not like yeah. uh, you know an amateur, an amateur. But I just don't think this was the book to for me to first see him on. Uh, beyond that, yeah, it just sort of slides along like a ton of bricks. Uh, you know, yeah. it's just more doom patrolling of this uh, these other books, and it doesn't feel like a Cave Carson book at all. Chloe, besides looking totally different, also behaves totally differently the whole yeah, time. Yeah, it's a different character. Almost. Uh, same thing with Wild Dog. Even when Wild Dog gets his mask knocked off, he seems more like himself when he has the mask on. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know what that's about. It was the regular writer uh, with John Rivera, right? Uh, yeah. With input by Gerard Way and stuff. Clearly, and yeah. Steve Orlando, but it just didn't work for me that much. It, it no. wasn't horrible. In the context of Milk Wars, 
probably is one of the best issues. I would still say, though, I think Mother Panic would be the singularly... Isn't that crazy? I know. Yes. So far, the singularly best issue of the series, if you just... Mother Panic. I don't know why anyone would ever want to read one issue of the series, but if you did, that would be the one. That's the read. one that we point you to. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, get, I get the idea from the tone of this is... Like, what I, what I said when we first saw this artist, uh, I said that he reminds me of, like, a an Adult Swim cartoon. Yeah. And uh, I, I think, like, this young animal, like, almost fancies itself an adult swim take on comics i guess where yeah, it's just I gonna be throwing that. everything at the wall and hey look how wacky and random we are and how anti-authority we are even though warner brothers is paying both of us yeah um really. i it's just this whole thing has been very disappointing but, but you know i mean the disappointing thing is that Mother Mother Panic, for example, isn't a wacky book. You know what I mean? No, it's, it's, it's sort of a dark noir creepy book. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, much more straightforward. Shade is a psychedelic book. It's not wacky mm-hmm. in the same way. It's like yeah. by instilling this sort of like oh corporate logos and you know what I mean boing boing mm-hmm. modern society like that's a Doom Patrol thing and mm-hmm. you're just shoehorning it on these other properties and I don't think it's I don't think it's really fair to them. I don't think it's a good reputation representation no. of what they are. Uh, I think at its core the idea of milk making people into cornball pastiches of themselves is not horrible, but I'm not enjoying the way it was presented. So no, uh, I ended up giving it a six point five out of ten and frankly I feel like I came in a little high. I think you did, yeah. I'd, I'd probably do six, uh, a hard six on it, but uh, definitely uh, worlds better than that shade we read last week, and, uh, yeah. but uh, definitely not as good as the Mother Panic we read the week before that. Um, this, if, if this was Cave Carson number 13, this would be the worst issue of that series. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a series that actually did kind of wear on us towards the end, but we, I, sure it was very samey. But it was that the quality was. I left. Up. I left that with positive feelings. You sure, know I mean? like they did a pretty good job. Kind of ran a little long in the tooth, but uh, yeah, this is not. I would say. I mean, if your cave is coming back with an interstellar eye, right? That's what it was. Or yeah, like this. yeah, I think so. Uh, I think that's coming next month. So next month, just hang in there, folks. It's uh, it'll be back, and we'll you can read that. And I think I'm almost positive Oming is on it. And, I think so. Uh, I know yeah. John Rivera is writing it, so uh, yeah. Hopefully, it'll be more. It'll be back to what we expect to see. But so far, this Milk Wars event has been not so great. But I have good news for you, Chris. It's a, mm. it's going to end. Yes. Next, next week is the uh, end of the uh, Milk Wars with JLA Doom Patrol Special Number Two. And as of this recording. We do have the comics, though. It uh, exists. We haven't read them. I haven't read mine. Me either. No. So I don't know what happens in it. So it's going to be a mystery. So uh, we'll come back next week. We will wrap this up. And then I'm not sure when those other comics come out. But like I said, the Young Animal line is returning to life. So We know at least Eternity Girl is coming out on March 14th. That and I, I saw, <laughs> I think it was a... I think Becky Cloonan is doing a cover for Shade the Changing Woman. I saw that, yeah. And uh, yeah, and uh, that that had a date in March on it, so that's coming out probably either the week before or no one our luck probably the same week as Eternity Girl. No, yeah, the, but, way uh, these, the way Young Animal does it, they can all come out in the same week, the same day, yeah. Damn it! But uh, hopefully soon. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back on that when they come around. But before that, we'll do. JLA Doom Patrol special number two, and mm. uh, that'll be next week. But I think that's all we got from Chris. Got anything else for him? Nope, that's it. Well, until next week, folks, I want you to keep it young and animalistic. See ya. Standing by the highway, waiting in the rain. 
section that we'll have as a separate section on its own uh we did mention you know before that we are going to mix up the podcast we started the books earlier uh as you would know by now uh but also some of the feedback was that people did like the rant and raves together so what i figured we'll do instead of putting them at the end of some mails and things like that we will have a section instead of a mail section that we go off to we will go off to a rant and rave section probably in the middle of the podcast like this and Mm. that's what it's going to be but if you want to be part of that we have a rant and rave line eric and you can call us at 641-715-3900 and enter extension 452328 followed by the pound sign it's just that easy folks. it is just that easy and i will mention too most people uh end up not using that line anyway nope. and record things and send it in via email uh that is fine yeah, you can do Bunch that as well. You can do that. I don't mind that. Uh, and sometimes it makes for a clearer uh, mm-hmm. deal. So I really appreciate that as well. Uh, but with that, we're going to start with the first rant and rave. And I do think that because we changed it up, it did kind of push some people away from coming. Imagine like, in. people are like, fuck this. Yeah, I'm not like in the beginning. I'm hey, not in it at all. If I'm not part of the uh, beginning spotlight, then screw that. But we do have <laughs> a couple, and we're going to start. Start with a dancing mic. All right. Greetings, Eric. Hi, Eric. America's sweetheart. How's it going, Hi. Eric? What's up, Son baby? of a bitch. Already starting off. Already uh, trying to get my crawl. Eric. It doesn't take much to get my crawl. Um, so let's see. Let's see. What do I want to tell Eric this week? Um, I guess I'm going to start out with a shout out to the Get Fresh crew. Um, and a very special shout out to the universally beloved, undisputed king of the Get Fresh crew, one Richard Richardson. Oh, hell. And let's see. Now, I I will say, Eric, that on the side, Richard Richardson did get a hold of me, and he may not be calling in as much. He's he's Uh, got Grandma's really putting the leash on that phone call. Yeah, the leash of that. Yeah, maybe it's his uh, phone plan. Uh, He he can't do that. Also, uh, it seems that he's getting a lot of flack and and threats. So he is. He's going to be backing off a bit, Eric, and that's a shame, but hopefully – I said I'll miss him, but hopefully he will pop in now and again. What else yeah. can I tell Eric this week? Oh, mm-hmm. I hope this sufficiently made Jim mad because I think that's one does. in the win column for Eric. Anyway, I- Son of a bitch. I know that he's gone. I have to check, too, on the Patreon if he's the one who keeps liking the boys' toys and not liking any of my podcasts. That is no, nonsense. I, look, he, he's not one of them. He should, oh. though. He should. I'll listen to you. What are you? What are you recruiting? Yeah, you're, you're campaigning uh, for your shows. There. That boys' toys, man. What a That's podcast. Right. Oh, that boys' toys. Uh, let's rewind it. <laughs> no, no, no. I like where we Hi, were. Hi, Jim. Hi. Greetings, Eric, and 
Hello, mother. That's bummer. So I did see Black Panther this past week, and it was a very good movie. Not, I don't think, worthy of all the hype attached to it, but a very good movie nonetheless. Uh, No spoilers, but you do not have to see this movie to prepare for Infinity Wars. And while it's not, I mean, it's a little bit helpful to see the previous Marvel um, Universe movies. It's also not necessary. Very nice standalone movie. Very very exciting uh, movie overall. And uh, really enjoyed it. And Tanya's watching Civil War right now. I told you before we started recording this that me and her are going to see Black Panther tomorrow. As we record, yeah. I'll be seeing it on Sunday uh, with her, and it's her birthday, so we're going to do that. Oh, tell so, I said happy so birthday. birthday. Oh, I will. Beforehand, three of the trailers I'm actually interested in. Never saw the original Death Wish with Charles Bronson or Go Bronson P. Show or Pierce Brosnan. Shut up. Um, no, anyway, um, did not me. ever see I... the original Death Wish with Charles Bronson, those movies, but I am looking forward to the Death Wish reboot with so Bruce Willis. looks very badass. I'm not looking um, forward to that at Ant-Man all. Ant-Man and Wasp trailer, looking forward to that movie. Nice touches there using the music from Ants Invasion by Adam and the Ants yeah. as the uh, in the trailer for that. That is a song off the Kings of the Wild Frontier album, and of course. I actually wrote a paper about that song in high school because I am a huge fan of Adam and the Ants and Adam yeah. Ant, and always have been. So, I guess that guitar riff in the trailer Ritterland. is from Ants yes. Invasion by Adam and the Ants. And now no, you know. That's a lot. And now you um, know. Also saw the trailer for Star Wars and story solo, solo and i was ambivalent about it but mrs dancing mike says she wants to see it so That's i guess awesome. we'll go see it and usually star wars movies don't disappoint me although i did see phantom menace in the theater i saw it too i apologize for my voice this week and every other week but same here especially this week because when the temperature goes from 30 to 80 to 30 to 80 to 30 it tends to trigger that. allergies in several people yeah. and i am one of those people so I'm a bit struggling this week. Um, last night was local brew night at the Knoxville Ice Bears game. Sorry, Friday night for those of you listening when this podcast is out. And we got to sample some local brews beforehand, nice. and that nice. was nice. And I have to take a brewery tour. Uh, did not know they had those around Knoxville at some time. Picked up a brochure on that. Might be a weekend plan for the future. Nice. Tonight is superhero night at the Knoxville Ice Bears game, so I will be uh, wearing he tweeted my Batman himself mask in a Batman, Batman jersey, jersey and wiping out really. some other superhero masks I have with Lysol wipes to distribute among the other people that go with me. Wait, no, it's superhero. How I remember this last superhero night being like three weeks ago, and I, it was last year. Jeez, this time goes. I, I remember, I remember him telling freaking, you, that. you know, local brew night being every weekend. <laughs> that is with him everywhere, including at Kroger. To the game because it, it is superhero night at the Knoxville Ice Bears game tonight. And beforehand, I might go to Smoky Mountain Brewery. Because oh, yeah. Yeah, God forbid. He hey, may, uh, sp- he may change warning, his plans. He did. Every yes. once in a while before a <laughs> hockey game, I will go to Smoky Mountain Brewery in yes. Maryville, Tennessee. I'm looking at a and deal right see, now comics. on Twitter. Um, get into the comics this week. I am going to go in order. I bought five. They're all DC or DC and other companies. And I'm going to go in order uh, from fourth to first and then number five. So I'm going four, three, two, one, five. And I bet you can all guess what number five would be. So, uh, my number four book for this week was Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, nice. number four. 
And I did make comments on all these on the website, plus a sure comment did. on the best covers of the week from Reggie. Yep, and don't tell you. Listen. If you didn't see the comment, it means it went poof into the ether because, and maybe the spam folder because it apparently did. I am a Russian bot. So um, there you go. Sorry about that. Better if you don't see the comment, I did you. make comments no, on it, all it of these. Ended up, it ended up going to spam again. And uh, the guy from Comic Boom, same deal. I ended really? up seeing it today because I, I always forget things. And then Mike sent me a, an email and he said, I think a bunch of my comments went to spam again. And I look at Yeah, they did. They they did. And it's it's beyond me why they're doing that. But it is. So I have to check. Just I'm just going to check every day. I have to make it a routine. And I apologize. Uh, to Mike and Comic Boom because of that. It's bullshit, but... Yeah, comment on Brandon's... He talks like a robot, I guess, Eric. A review of this. Yes, um, and I will get back into that now. Uh, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number four, and I would say about a six or 6.5. The art is beautiful or great, as always, although Bane does look like, uh, Brandon said, a, a huge kaiju monster. Um, it's... I don't like where it went at the end, though. Very disappointed that there were um, spoilers, people. They are oh, no. rehashing the Bane story. Uh, I'm sorry, the Venom storyline with Donnie. I didn't want to see that. They foreshadowed it throughout the issue, I don't and know it what happened, means, and I so. wasn't happy with that. So hopefully in the last two issues, this... I, I think uh, Donatello gets the Venom symbiote suit, right? Uh, my <laughs> number four book of the week was Batman Sins yes. the Father, based on the blockbuster video game Batman the Telltale series, which I have never played and know nothing yeah. about. Yeah. Um, different Elseworlds Batman, where Batman's not a dick, but boy, his father sure was. Different, uh, older-looking Batman, uh, different-looking Alfred, but uh, interesting story overall, very intriguing. I want to review it. I, I want to read it. I mean, I was going to read and review it uh, this weekend, uh, and I didn't get to it, and then ended up hearing another podcast talk about it and basically said that if you hadn't played the game, you will be completely lost, and I found that to be rather odd that they would release a book like that and actually didn't believe what they were saying. <laughs> and so, and even Dancing Mike saying that he never played the game, but he's already saying that he liked it. It was interesting. Right. I'm probably going to go and read it then, because he other they they threw me off they threw me off the scent eric is what they did with their talk wondering where it goes some different stuff brought to the batman uh um you know story by this and uh it was good to see batman not wearing a fucking purple cape so that's a win for me so i wasn't going to originally pick that up but it was good enough to make me interested in the second issue so there you go, because the Golden Age 1942 <laughs> threw that in with my polls. They know nice. not to throw Snyder bullshit in there, but they threw that one in. And <laughs> I was kind of on the fence about it, gave it a chance. Glad I did. I think I will actually pick that up. It'd be so funny if they kept just putting in every Scott Snyder book that comes in into so his good. pile. Just to read trick them. So, um, that was my number Let's see, four book of the week. Uh, sorry, three book of the week. Number yeah. two this week is... Brave and the Bold, Batman and Wonder Woman, number one. I, on the Patreon review, I, and by the way, a welcome to uh, the weird, the award-winning website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, Matches. I, Matches Balone uh, yes. gave the review for that, his first sure review did. for the site, and I put a comment on it. Again, it might have gone poof into the ether in because I am a Russian bot, apparently. Um, so, it's, as you mentioned on the Patreon review, uh, lots of... Uh, Lots of very names thrown at you, very Lord of the Rings esque, or maybe yep. Game of Thrones esque. You you know throws a lot of a lot of names at you, and and much like those, I think if you read through again and as the story progresses, it will get 
easier to deal with those. So I didn't really have a huge so problem too. with that because yes, it's, yeah. it's a mouthful on some of those names, but you know, it, it was, it didn't really detract that much from the story for me. I would say 7.5 or 8. The art is beautiful. Sure of is. course, we've known that Liam Sharp can draw a pretty Wonder Woman, but boy, that Bruce Wayne is yeah. a sexy, oh, sexy, that, that handsome awesome. man in this one. So great art throughout. The story has got me really intrigued, wondering where they're going. And it's, you know, a fantasy story mixed with, and you throw Batman and Wonder Woman in there. And, um, yeah, it's... I'm intrigued to see where it goes. And one little detail I thought was just kind of odd. I mean, there's so many little details in this issue with the art. The, the stone giant looking straight into your soul <laughs> saying, yes. yes, I know it was you who did it. Creepy as fuck and oh. really effective. Really just yeah, crazy art on that one. And it got I noticed that too. Patrick O'Shull, I believe is his name, and his little tent Patrick had a, a coffee cup that said cork. So maybe he's yep. from County Cork. I saw that. So oh, I was like, going to mention it. I said, I really enjoyed this issue and I'm looking forward to see where. I just thought he just liked cork. Eric. I thought he was a big cork board fan. There it goes. Uh, my number one issue of the week, of course, was Batman number four. No, no, no. He's crazy. <laughs> It was Wonder Woman Conan number six yes. of six. Uh, great review, series. Jeremy. And as one very astute commenter said on the site, I would recommend this if you're a fan of Conan, Wonder Woman, or a great comic series in general. Everything is wrapped up nicely. Everything is resolved. The plot is great. The pacing has been great throughout. The dialogue, the, the, even the lettering, the art, it's, just a great, great, great series. I cannot recommend this highly enough. Um, and of course, before Mike goes on, uh, they'll never have another one because yeah. Marvel has Conan again. But maybe it's one of those where, again, I say this and I have a feeling maybe he's going to say the same thing. But hopefully this is just a springboard and we'll get Gail Simone on Wonder Woman possibly coming up. Because I, I read the first two issues and they were really good. The second was a little down for me from the first, but it was really good. And Jeremy and, and Dancing Mike have been saying that it's just spectacular since then. So hopefully she'll come on board DC a little more. But right now... Now she's doing Domino, I believe, at Marvel, so you have that. But Yeah, I think Jeremy gave it a 9. I agree with that score for this issue. For the series as a whole, I'm saying 9.5 or 10, Jeez. depending on which way the wind blows. Really, really great issue. See, I don't know, issue never, of, the, of the week, the month, the quarter, maybe the year. I mean, this series, great, great, great series. Just sad that it is over. Uh, wonderful, but you know, it's resolved everything, like I said, tied up nicely. Very, very good series. And then we've got Batman number one, which was my fifth book of the week. If I had bought six books, it would be number six. If I had bought 10 books, it would be number 10. If I had bought 15 books, it would be number 30. Um, it is Batman number 41. Great art. Glad that awesome Mikhail Yannon is back on yep. the art. Beautiful, beautiful art. Which I call him Mickey Blue. Eric, I don't oh, know if yeah, you know that. Just <laughs> fucking wasted in this garbage issue. Uh, most people on the site, the award-winning website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, seem to agree with Eric's score. There was one guy though Except that really one. was upset about it, and it yeah, there was a guy reminded me a lot of shame. Very reminiscent of the comments from Batman number forty-four. <laughs> yes. That's all I so saw when I read it. Most people think Eric is a gem. One person I think disagreed this week. That's I good. Don't know how that could happen. So funny because, you know, to, to 
lift the veil, Eric. It was Mike himself who had a tongue-in-cheek review of your review. review. It's clickbait when people see an absurd score on a comic book roundup, and therefore you get traffic to your site. Having your own opinion is fine, but a 4.5 out of 10 should be unreadable, close to offensive. Your review pretty much says this is a decent but not original story, (laughs) and all the words imply a 6 to 7 out of 10-ish rating. Lower than normal, but a a fair and honest review. Then you slap on a 4.5 instead and wait for the clicks to flow in you have a right to your own opinion but i have the right to call it stupid it was a great issue i'd like to give you the benefit of the doubt and at least assume this horrible review was intentionally horrible yes and he he puts that i just <laughs> i keep thinking i'm like all those people that are gonna go there i'm like yeah i agree with this mike fella and then he has no idea and people are gonna show up at eric's uh, apartment with pitchforks oh, and no. goddamn freaking fire going or whatever but anyway uh yeah it, Ivy is a total uber villain. I guess every other series for the next few months, the characters will all be controlled by Ivy. I mean, you know, Superman, it looks like, and everyone else will be controlled. I, uh, if he means the rest of the DCU, <laughs> he is mistaken there. About Ivy and all their series. Be funny, Metal just ends because Ivy's controlled everyone, yeah. including the Dark Knights. They're done. Barbados, he says he loves her. It's For the next done. few months, because this is in continuity, DC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rebirth kind of thing. Yeah, you know. But, yeah, um, I don't know why there's a purple-skinned President Trump in there. Um, yeah, it was weird purple. The, the, you know, lots of pretty art, horrible dialogue, horrible story, just total bullshit. So, I don't know why I'm spending $6 a month on this yeah. comic. Yeah, I don't know why we spent at least two hours talking about it this week, too. I blew my brains out. Maybe. Yeah. I'll, I don't know. Might need to drop this one. I don't know. It's tough. See, this is what happens, though. People don't want to drop Batman. They don't. Why would you? Yeah. So now I'm depressed. Uh, I'm going to have to put this <laughs> issue down. Maybe put it in the bottom of the cat's litter box. Go, and, box. yeah, that's about all I've got for this. Poor cat. That's that's abuse, Eric. This week. So I'm going to try to get over my Batman depression. Beer, I hear, always helps with that usually over does. depression. So. Yes. Um, so that's about all I've got for this week. So until next week, let's see. Got to turn that spotlight off. Got to power off that Patreon spotlight. I'm going to watch out because I never know when they're going to pop up to culture that ass. That'll be on uh, Monday. I sent Jim a couple of yeah. links to articles that might be useful for the yep. pop culture podcast if he be. decides to use them. They're kind of nonsense stories that <laughs> Aren't they seems awesome? like seem like they would fit in nicely. Yes. Death by stereo. Um <laughs> and we'll see, keep it weird and C U N seven. C U Eric. See you on the sevens. On the sevens. Thank you, Mike. And we're going to go to the next Rant Rave, which is actually the last one. We only had two this week. Again, I think the format changed, screwed some people up and thought, you know, the hell with them. But here we go. And this is Dark Circles Reborn, Eric. Must be Dark Circles Reborn. Hey, guys. I just wanted to do a little Rant and Rave uh, (laughs) because... Uh, and before we go, this is our man Rimmer uh, yes. from the DC Squadcast. So, yes, he's there. And and the funny thing is, is I don't often preview these. And I didn't know if he was going to go in in character, Eric. So I didn't want to say until I realized. Now I see. It's our man, Chris Rimmer. Um, listening to you and Reggie talk about Dead Man 4 
uh, was so much fun. More fun than Dead Man 4. Yeah, and, and uh, Eric disagrees. Eric's I, right I there. I made a sandwich. I don't know what the hell you're talking Eric's about. Eric's sitting there right now, and he's like, God damn, these people keep mentioning this. Keep it on the podcast. Um, and I'm, Again, I'm... I've enjoyed the series up to this point, and I enjoyed Dead Man 4, but I agree 100% that it is not the goofy fun, over-the-top fun that I feel like the others have been. Yeah. Um, and, and like I've said before, knowing what this run is taking uh, – or not taking, but knowing what this run is picking up from, which is something that's you know hasn't been – written in a long time yeah. the old run of dead man uh it, it makes more sense but you yeah, know even sense. that old neil adams storyline that this is picking up from it wasn't this goofy it wasn't no. this over the top and i'm telling you i know that uh, that reggie said oh you got to read batman odyssey and all this neil i he i think he's losing his mind no, that, that's and, all it is he's gone yeah. completely bad shit insane and they still let him write comics because yeah. ridiculous like this is a whole new level of just <laughs> absurdity yeah. that um, I love, but this issue is a little bit too much nonsense. I don't want to call it exposition because bullshit. You don't really ever know what they're talking no, about. That's the problem. He's right, uh, and you know that not being paired with a lot of fun action doesn't really work that's no. that was kind of the balance of like just absurd dialogue that makes no sense but mixed, mixed with a bunch of fun uh, action or 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 pacing or whatever that's just goofy and all over the place so i agree yeah this dead man 4 is ridiculous pistol uh, shrimp and it which makes me think, okay, well, from here on out, it's just downhill, and <laughs> so it's going to amount to nothing. Oh, uh, really, what are you yeah. talking about? But, I mean, whatever. It could be more fun, and we'll see. But Maybe it'll just – it can be fun, though. He does get that fun going, but I, I don't know what – it. this this dead man is just – it's weird. And it is this exposition that continues to mean nothing that you kind of start tuning it out a bit. And uh, I did not have that Gordon in coming was a Superman. Japanese nuclear – like, you know, like uh, what the – I don't even know what the hell he was. Pretty Inspector. Good, uh, Inspector. Yeah, that makes sense to me. That's what he does. Uh, That's a side. Yeah, I just really enjoyed the review, and I loved Eric's one chime in where he was like, "Wait, what? What are you even saying?" Or he said something along the lines like, "What did you just say to me?" Yeah, Uh, yeah, coming out of the shadows that um, cellar dweller. But it, it was fun. It was fun to listen to, and that's that makes me like the issue. Isn't that the game we play, Eric? The game called life. Isn't a smile on your face worth two pence in your back pocket? Don't they say that down in old London town? More, because if I ever go back and read it again, that's what I'm going to think of. And honestly, reading it the first time, that's kind of what I was expecting was like, Jesus Christ, I cannot wait to hear Jim... And Reggie and Eric yeah. is mine. This issue. That's what I like. Uh, and- Believe me, I just like the idea that Eric has to sit there. That's all I like. And, and this happened before in the past with me with that Legends of Tomorrow book with the Raven. But I, I had had enough. So yeah. we've all had these times where we just get up and walk away. And I, I just like when Eric does it because I imagine he's playing with his Transformers. Of is what I he's am. doing. So at least he's having fun. That one time I legitimately went down and made a sandwich. Sandwich and came back up. You guys were still talking about Raven. And, and the best part of it is I then listened to it. And 
it was better without me talking because all I was doing was yelling that it sucks. So sometimes it's better. And that, uh, that makes it more fun for me, especially moving forward. And, you know, I, I, that makes me even – I need to go back and you know listen to you guys talking about the coming of the Superman. But yeah. it makes me excited. Eric had fun with that a little. We actually I jumped got in at the, towards the end of that. I think yeah. issue number three or four, and I'm like, I had a little bit of fun yeah, with that. Yeah, Eric laughed. Nonsense, still. He laughed, but said it was nonsense, but had some laughs. Uh, as, long, really... as long as Lex Luthor is laughing in Darkseid's face, it's all I need. That That is true. Uh, you know what book that I think is nonsense like this, that you can go and listen to the three of us, me, you, and Reggie, having a lot of fun, was the all-star, uh, what's it called, with uh, Dog Welder and Six Pack. Oh, a uh, pretty good section eight. Yeah, the first one, the All-Star Section 8. The second one wasn't as fun, but the All-Star yeah. Section 8 of the DCYOU, boy, we had a lot of fun with that. And that was nonsense as well, but nonsense that we love. And for if Neil Adams is able to continue like putting the content, magazine nonsense. listening to you guys talk about it. So anyway, that's my rant and rave for yes. now. No telling if something else will come up. But – did I ever tell you to sit on my lap, Eric, and see what the first thing that pops up is? Did I yes, I was I really getting upset about that. You do did, it most weeks. Did I ever tell you that you're a mouthful? Have I ever said that? Um, <laughs> or maybe a handful. Did I say that as well? Or maybe what two? What is going on? That's all I'm really – I'm getting sexy, Eric. This is a sexy talk. I hear uh, Rimmer's voice. Rimmer's voice. He is the voice of an angel. Him and Josh Vermeulen, they, they get me in that mood, Eric, and I cannot help but then talk sexy to you. I, I hope that you appreciate that. God, I guess. Uh, Need an adult. I really enjoy Batman – or not Batman. Go get Jess. Liam Sharp, his Brave and the Bold, and the Bold Batman yes. and Wonder Woman issue one. Uh, I, I realize that it's a lot of setup, but it's a yeah, beautiful it's, goddamn book. It's it a so beautiful good. fucking book to look at. And I honestly, I did not I – found, I found myself not minding – that it's like all dialogue driven. It is. I think it's really well written. Uh, I haven't ever, that as far as I know, I haven't ever read anything that he has written. Nope. Um, and I think this is done really well, even if it's not an action packed issue, uh, or really any action for that matter. No. Uh, I still really enjoyed it. And man, it, but if, you know, even if you didn't enjoy what was going on, the art alone to me, is is in just incredible to look at. So uh, it was worth the price of admission. It's what I would have put in my review if I did it. Matches did the review, but I would have went to the reviewing one hundred and one and used that because it really is. And like Chris is saying, I agree. I, I do think I was surprised though. We said, and we had it on the Patreon uh, yeah. only spotlight when we talked about it. The only thing that we thought was you could tell that he did a lot of research and he's still learning the difference between having research and telling a story though. It, that seems very mean to say that. I don't mean it to be mean, but it no. was a little heavy with some of the uh, Celtic lore and stuff like that. Uh, I would prefer maybe uh, throw in Robert Parrish, uh, Kevin McHale, and Larry Burton have some of the Celtic lore in that, Eric. But you're not going to get that in that book. I don't Those think are the that's, Celtics. How dare you? I don't think that's the direction it's going to go, uh, but that's that's just me. I have to commend Liam, Sh Liam Sharp on – on this first issue of The Brave and the Bold, and I hope that this series could continue as six-issue minis, yeah. uh, not necessarily having to come out every month, 
But once this first miniseries is over, maybe do another Brave and the Bold at some point with a great writer or if Liam Sharp wants to keep doing it and is inspired to do it. Isn't it funny that if I sat there, what I just was thinking, if what he's saying is like, hey, you could just keep doing different Brave and the Bolds, why do I always think that Batman is the character with somebody else? Is that just because, because – No, no. That's how usually how the Brave and the Bold plays. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying you could have a Brave and the Bold and have Superman with somebody then at some point. Nonsense. And still call it that. But I'm saying – that's what I'm saying is hey, just go I, – I actually think it's not because of the cartoon or anything that I was thinking of. I'm just thinking of usually Batman, Superman. And because this was Batman, Wonder Woman, I just assume you go down the line. And he's passionate about it. Batman, Kite Man. Um, Batman, you know, And it's good stories. Focus yeah. on some other characters and bring this Brave and the Bold like brand back with 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 other characters and uh, I, I think it could be that. really cool. I think that the six or not the six necessarily just that, but the mini series that DC are putting out, I think it's kind of proving itself uh, with the few series as being better than any of the yeah. main line titles uh and uh, and all of them are, are selling decent enough uh you know you have that yeah. demon uh you know hell is earth and stuff like that but uh like the white knight and stuff like that are selling so well that i do think we're going to get more and more of them and uh i think that's cool and maybe something they should focus on more so than doing like they have to put out two books a month but uh obviously that's changing soon but yeah. anyway that's my rent and rave sorry guys it's so long cut it down whatever you need okay. to do or just delete it not get out of here you know what? Just delete don't, it. Don't even put this on the show. Guys, <laughs> it's been real. Again, yes. enjoy the episode. It's so funny. He's saying this, and I see the timing, Eric. <laughs> He's not done. And uh, I'm, I'm ready something to hear gonna, Something is going to strike his fancy in a couple of where he does seem to get animated, too, because I'm looking at it, and I'm like, all right. all of this. And, oh, also, Here we did go. want to mention, sorry, I know I keep going on. Um, dancing, my, I'm sorry, <clears throat> Mikey's Mikey. final rant and rave of the last episode. Yes. Uh, and you guys' interaction with that it was, was probably service. one of the funniest things I have been witness to in quite a long time. <laughs> I was listening to it in my earphones, trying to go to bed, and my wife's lying next to me. Didn't you know that's what the Boys Toys podcast is for? Shut up. What are you doing? The, the boys toys. And I'm trying to hide my laughter, so my body. It's so funny. He's hiding his laughter from his wife, and, and right now, Rob Lewis is shaking his head. Yes. How can we keep Rob, getting people in trouble with their wives? Rob is you know, shaking Rob his Lewis head. Immediately, what I thought of. Rob's there. You know, I feel your pain, Chris, because uh, Rob gets yelled at. And then also his grandkids throw shade at him about they're listening to this guy with this news here again. Grandpa body is shaking in laughter. And I know I was waking her up. I just try to always act like I'm coughing or something to hide uh, that. Uh, I don't know why now that I think about it and say it out loud, but that was hilarious. So we'll come in dancing Mike on some of his best work. Yeah. And um, I'm really li- interested in this Dark Circles pod. Remember, you you were Jerome, Eric, is who you were. And I forget I if I was somebody like Stephanie or something. You were Lisa, like, I think. Lisa, possibly. Podcast that goes maybe a little bit too long for my taste. Uh, like yes. Mikey said. Uh, an hour or so long. That's an hour and a half is long. Yeah, yeah let's go on here. time with it there. So uh, I am interested in Lisa's stories, though, here on out. <laughs> it is Lisa. And... Uh, I, I'm just I'm, I'm just ready for more. So, Mikey, great job. 
And, uh, yeah, must be Dark Circles reborn. Reborn. <laughs> it must be. And thanks, Chris. And again, go and listen to Chris on his podcast, the DC Squadcast. And, uh, with that, Thank you, Rimmer. uh, I don't know that I could do a Lisa right now. My throat no? is so bad. But you're going to try, obviously, right? No. No, I'm not going to. That is not a setup. Not everything I say is a setup. Oh, shit. You, you really, hey, guys, listen to that. Hey, what are you doing, Jerome? Now I sound like an old lady pissed off. Yeah, I don't think I could do it right now. My voice is shredded. Hey! Remember when it was just that? And it was always Lisa. Yeah. But I always have to start with that hey. That's the trigger. The trigger. Quick boy. Oh. There you go. There you go. We're actually later on we have a mail section coming up that actually is gonna uh bring up a couple voices, Eric, that I, I may have to try uh okay. to do some even though my voice is shredded. But thank you, Mike. Thank you, Chris, for those rant raves. And we're gonna you. go right now to the other voice of an angel. We're gonna go uh, off to hear Josh talk the Vermilion's visions and also crossover corner with Jeremy. Hello, Weird Science listeners. Josh Vermillion here, and I want to welcome you guys back inside for Vermillion's Visions. Uh, you guys know how I like to do things here. I like to jump right into it pretty quickly. Uh, but I want to give you guys a review of a book not from one of the big two. Try to avoid DC and Marvel. Go with some smaller companies. Ends up being a lot of image books. And you know what? It's going to be an image book once again this week. Uh, it's going to be The Discipline, Volume 1, Seduction. Uh, it's the first six issues of that series. Actually, it's uh, it's the only six issues of that series. There were only six issues that came out uh, back in 2016, but it's written by Peter Milligan, art by Leandro Fernandez. Um, so the very first page of this is already filled with sex, and that's kind of the premise that it's based on is sex. Um that was in the description when I was reading the description, um, you know, and it kind of, you know, it, it grabs your attention, not because, you know, oh, there's a bunch of sex in this book, better, better read it so that I can get off a little bit. No, it's, uh, but it's just interesting. You don't see a lot of books that are described that way, you know, as being, you know, filled with sex. That's not part of the tagline to many comic books out there or many popular comic books out there. So it kind of does grab your attention at first. Um, but once you get into it, you'll see that it's it's not about sex. There is a lot of sex and a lot of nudity in the book, but that's not what it's about. That's not the basis of the story. Um, so like I said, the very first page is already filled with sex. Two, let's call them creatures. Uh, are going at it one of them the guy is green and the girl is blue um, they have long extended heads and um, they have tails and it, it's kind of weird um, but the first page it's hard to see what exactly is happening uh, on page two you you get a little bit clearer look at them um, they have massive claws as well like I said the, the their skulls are extended and they they have tails 
Uh, so the reader actually notices this change before the, the female character does, but she does eventually see it, and she screams at the guy. She, she, you know, she wants to know what, what what is going on. The guy simply tells her to relax, then just stands up and says, welcome to the discipline. Uh, but that's actually what we're building to. The first couple of pages are what we're building to. Um, so turn the page and we're actually going to go back in time. It just says earlier um, is like the tagline at the top. And we're going to get introduced to our main character, Melissa. So Melissa is talking to her sister, Crystal, about their mom. And Melissa is worried that Crystal will forget to give their mom her pills or forget to take her to the doctor or something like that. Um, Crystal doesn't want to hear it from Melissa, though, so she just kind of yells at her. Crystal kind of thinks that Melissa thinks that she's better than her, uh, but also Crystal just thinks Melissa's a stuck-up pain in the ass. Um, she Melissa doesn't want their mom to smoke, but Crystal is like, you know, get over it. Uh, quit thinking you're better than me just because you have all this money. You're not. Because Melissa is rich and doing better off than her sister in terms of money, but she's not happy. Her husband is a millionaire, but he's apparently not putting out as much as she would like. He's always working, and she doesn't have a very strong connection with him anymore. The only time she really gets to express her feelings are to her dog on their morning run. Um, then, after her morning run, she likes to go to a museum and stare at a painting of, basically, it looks like Beauty and the Beast about to bone. Um, while she's there looking at the painting one day, a man named Orlando comes up and asks her, you know, why do you come stare at this painting so much? Then he pretty much grabs her, puts his hand right on her crotch, and tells her that they will meet in two days to discuss it further, and then just walks away. So that night, Melissa has a dream that she is the one banging the beast from the painting. It's actually... Uh, Satyr, the the Greek god, but beast sounds better to me, so that's what I'm going to go with. Uh, so she has a dream that she is banging the beast. Uh, she wakes up turned on and, and gets a little freaky with herself, uh, and then she goes to lunch with her friend Bliss to tell her all about it. Now, Bliss is promiscuous, let's say. Bliss encourages Melissa to fuck this Orlando fella. But Melissa isn't sure if she's ready to cheat on her husband. She's never been unfaithful before. She doesn't know if that's something that she can do. Uh, but the next night, Orlando does take her on their date. Um, and instead of, you know, this, this fancy restaurant or out to a movie or something like that, he takes her to a butcher shop where there's a cow hanging from the ceiling with its throat sliced. Um, Melissa is okay at first because Orlando says that he brought her here to test her stomach. But then she actually has a vision of herself hanging in the cow's place, and she faints. Uh, Andrew apologizes to her, you know, he's like, I'm so sorry, but the date does end there. Uh, so you would think that that would kind of be a turnoff for her, but she does go to see him again. Um, they're walking along what looks like the Hudson River on a different night, and she is telling him about her husband. You know, he doesn't want to hear it, but she's talking about her husband. Eventually, she gets up the courage to ask him to a hotel so that they can do the dirty, but he says that that would be too soon, and then he just gets in a taxi and leaves her there. So we then see Orlando up in an apartment building, but instead of his normal eyes, his eyes are glowing green, and he's talking to someone that you can't really see. 
the voice tells him that it has to be now. He needs to break the ritual in order for them to defeat their quote-unquote ancient enemy. He has to speed up the seduction process. Uh, so he calls Melissa right away. Um, she's currently soaking in the bath, and you know he tells her exactly where to meet him if she's still up for it. Uh, she is, and when she gets there, he reveals that he actually broke into this place to add some more excitement to the night. He knows how sexually and emotionally frustrated Melissa is, and he wants to help her relieve that frustration. So Orlando has drawn a human body on the wall. Um, think, think Da Vinci's drawing, the one that's supposed to represent the perfect human proportions. You know, the man that's standing there, spread eagle, and you got the... Uh, the circle and the box around him, it, he's drawn that on the wall, basically. So Melissa knows that this is about more than just having sex, but Orlando tells her that, you know, sex isn't even important, just the means to the end that is the discipline. She still doesn't know what that means at this point, but, you know, he tells her that's that's what this is all leading towards. So as they start making out, he pushes Melissa up against the wall, and the drawing's hands materialize and grab her by the wrists, pinning her to the wall. Um, you know, she's a little bit freaked out, but she gets more freaked out. All of a sudden, a huge beast comes crashing through the window, and it's the ancient enemy mentioned before, known as a stalker. Um, and the stalker actually kind of looks a little bit like Satyr or the beast from earlier. Uh, but the stalker and Orla Orlando start fighting, uh, but the stalker actually gets a chance to spit in Melissa's face. She gets all drowsy and stuff, uh, but has an image of the stalker and her, you know, having sex. She has that image in her mind. She snaps out of it just in time to see Orlando jumping out of the window, leaving her there half naked and pinned to the wall. Uh, so back at Orlando's place, we see him place a drip of some green liquid in his eye, and his eyes turn green uh, like they were before. He falls to the ground, and when he opens his eye, he's in ancient Greece or ancient Rome or somewhere, uh, talking to some other long-headed green figures, but they're wearing robes. Um, they tell him to uh, abandon Melissa and go after her sister Crystal and said, you know, seduce Crystal and bring her into the discipline. Uh, but Orlando, he refuses and tells them that Melissa will do just fine as long as she survives that night. And that is actually where the first issue ends with Melissa still pinned to the wall in, in that random apartment by the, uh, the Da Vinci drawing hands. Uh, so the next five issues pretty much follow Melissa as she gets further fully initiated into the discipline. And she has to learn about the stalkers and her changing body on the fly, you know, as she fights for her life, really. Uh, reading the description of this book, you know, like I said, the description makes it seem like it's all about sex, and I thought that was a little odd, but kind of interesting. It does grab your attention, but like I said, it's really not about sex. There is quite a bit of it in this book, but it's that's not what it's about. That's not the main story. Like Orlando said, the sex is just a means to an end. Um, so the art in this book is solid. Um, I, I enjoyed the art enough. It was just a tad bit hard to see what was going on in in the action scenes, you know, in the fights and things like that. But overall, the art's solid. There is great color work, color work throughout the book. Um, the coloring is, is really good. I know I don't mention the colors too often on here because 
um, you know, color work, when it's done well, isn't something that you necessarily notice. You know, if it if the colorist is doing their job, you're not going to notice the colors. But in this instance, the color work is tremendous, so it kind of it kind of stands out and grabs your attention. I thought the coloring was really really well done. Um, the story did surprise me a lot. Um, it's not what I expected going in, and honestly, as I was reading, it kept you know going different directions and what I was what I was expecting to come next. Um, which which helped to keep me engaged the whole way through all six issues. Um, there's really not a lot I can say about the story without giving it all away, but I did enjoy it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, it's a complete story, which is something that I always enjoy when a trade tells a complete story, but it does leave it open, you know. Um, there is plenty of room for... Peter Milligan um, to come back and tell more stories about the discipline if he so pleases. Now it's been coming up on two years because it, it ended in 2016, so a year and a half coming up on two years since this series ended. So I don't, I don't think as of now there are any plans for it to come back. Um, but you know there there is plenty of room for that if Peter Milligan ever wants to come back and tell more stories in this universe. Um, and you know, I would I would probably check it out. It was interesting enough. It did grab me, and I would like to see more about what Melissa does um, in the discipline. So yeah, like I said, this book really did surprise me um, uh, with how much I enjoyed it. I wasn't expecting to like it that much, but it was really good. Um, in terms of recommendations, um, I think pretty much pretty much anybody could get a kick out of this book if you don't mind seeing nudity in your comic books that is um like i said there is quite a bit of nudity quite a bit of sex going on that's not what it's about though um just keep that in mind if that's throwing you off when you read the description and you're like i don't know if i want to read this sounds like it's basically going to be reading porn um it's not it is really good there is a well-crafted story around all that sex and the sex is just a means to an end um so in terms of a rating I can't go I can't go incredibly high just because, you know, as as Jim and Eric always say and Reggie, it's a it's a gut feeling that you go with when you get done reading an issue or a trade. It's a gut feeling of what you want to go with for the score. And like I said, I did enjoy this, but my gut feeling isn't to go as high as maybe a, a nine or a nine five. So I'd say probably gut feeling, it's around like a like a solid eight out of ten. Um, it's enjoyable, it's fun to read, and it is a well-crafted story. Um, so yeah, I'd say around an 8 out of 10. I definitely think most of the people out there listening and out there in the Get Fresh crew, doop, doop, if you guys give it a chance, I think you will enjoy the story quite a bit. Um, but that pretty much wraps things up here. Uh, not real sure what I'll be back with next week. Um, just have to be on the lookout for that. Um, always on the lookout for more books, so if you guys want to send in some recommendations, you can do that at Vermillionaire3 on Twitter. Um, other than that, want to remind you guys to uh, go over to patreon.com slash weirdscience, check it out. Uh, they put in a whole lot of work for this show um, and for other shows, so go check it out. Support those guys if you can. Um, but that, like I said, that pretty much wraps things up. want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. 
Uh, but I'm going to send it on back over to Jim and Eric. Thanks, guys. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, good wherever you are, and welcome to Crossover Corner. Uh, my name is Jeremy, and I'm here to talk to you about the rather magnificent Wonder Woman and Conan issue six, the last in the series. And uh, I was talking to uh, Simon on the on the Slack chat a few weeks ago, and when the news was announced that uh, Marvel had regained the license. Uh, for Conan, and that probably puts the kibosh on uh, the prospect of any uh, of any more um, adventures between these two characters. I've got to be honest with you; uh, that's that's kind of disappointing because this series has been excellent. It really, really has. Uh, anyway, without any further ado, Wonder Woman and Conan issue six. Published, of course, by DC Comics and Dark Horse Comics in a uh, in a joint enterprise. Uh, written by Gail Simone, with art by Aaron Lepresti and Matt Ryan. Uh, colours are by Wendy Broom, and the letters are by Saida Temafonte, uh, who has, I've got to be honest with you, uh, her letters uh, have actually really enhanced this story in all sorts of ways. And I think sometimes we... We don't give uh, letterers uh, the props that they deserve, and I think uh, I think in this particular case, uh, Ms. Temafonte has done a, an extraordinary job with the with the lettering here. Just the difference in styles, the the way she handles the uh, the narration word boxes, um, all of that kind of stuff. It's uh, it, it is impressive stuff. Uh, the cover price is three dollars and ninety nine cents. It's worth it, too. <clears throat> oh, yes. Approaching this final issue of Wonder Woman Conan is a decidedly bittersweet experience. The series has been generally excellent, and with Marvel having reacquired the license to everyone's favourite barbarian, further adventures featuring these two characters looks rather unlikely. A shame, but let's not dwell on what may or may not be, eh? There's a city to save, and crow goddesses to defeat. Let's hope Conan can figure out what on earth he's meant to do with that mystically glowing lasso. Yes, indeed. Uh, at the end of last issue, uh, Wonder Woman uh, and her Amazon uh, sisters, who had come looking for her, had retreated uh, back to Themyscira. And there is this kind of uh, weird ending where you've got, uh, you've got Conan left holding the lasso, that Diana has uh, obviously given to him. Now that that obviously is a is a is a pretty clear sign uh, to the reader that Wonder Woman is going to return at some point. But from his point of view, he's kind of been left holding the uh, the lasso and having to deal with this situation on his own. And he makes the best of it, um, which is he kind of becomes this uh, sort of brutal and uh, remorseless kind of killing machine 
who sort of harries the uh, the besieging army, this army that's surrounding the city of Shamar. He harries it and he wipes out sort of defensive outposts and, and that kind of thing. But it's fairly clear he's he's not going to be able to save the city. I mean, I mean the, the narrator kind of says, you know, if he had a couple, a couple of hundred extra men and, you know, two more weeks he he might have been able to do something but but he clearly hasn't he's he's on his own so he does what he does he does the best thing he can which is to challenge uh the corvidae uh to a uh to a, a a wager a contest uh where basically the uh the safety of the city the continuing survival of the city and all the people in it is at stake and he kind of says you know well i yeah i know you like a wager i know you like a gamble so i challenge you to a one-on-one fight and they choose as a as a champion this this horrendous kind of brutal looking uh crow warrior who's about sort of eight feet tall and uh his reach is considerably longer than than Conan's and it, it, it just Lepresti and Simone both do an amazing job of this kind of fight uh, between these these two kind of brutal warriors and it's very very clear that Conan is outmatched now uh, interspersed with that is uh, some scenes in Themyscira uh, Hippolyta kind of says to Diana look you know, you can't go back. It's it. I mean, I mean, there's a, a nice kind of bit of ambiguity. I think Simone. Uh, th- this is something that that I I wish that that other that some writers and I, uh, there are <laughs> a couple of writers that I can can think of off the top of my head would 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 take a take note of this. There are times when being ambiguous is entirely appropriate. There are times when being vague is is actually a good idea. Uh, and that's the case here. They they talk about Hyboria as a pre uh, a pre kind of prehistoric world. Um, a, 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 it's it's the implication is it's like a, a a world a time even before sort of the Greek gods, which would make sense. It, it is meant to be a kind of pre-Atlantean world, I think. I think I'm right in saying that. Um, so the, the, it's way back in the in the far past, and there is this sort of uh, ambiguity about uh, you know that it's 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 difficult to reach through this magic mirror, this magic portal that they have. I mean, it, it's kind of a hokey device, but it 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 works reasonably well. Uh, and so this notion of kind of going back, that you know you you can't go back, it's too dangerous, all that kind of thing. And Hippolyta makes Diana swear that she won't go back. And she does. Uh, she does so reluctantly, but she does uh, She does say that. So you're, you're kind of left with this sort of sinking feeling. That, you know, what's, well, how's it going to pan out and what have you? Um, then Artemis shows up. And Artemis kind of says, yeah, let's, let's get going. You know, uh, let's, let's get your lasso back and let's save the, the city and you know it's kind of typical Artemis stuff uh, and she she kind of says mind you you did you did swear an oath and uh, Diana says you yeah, well, I didn't didn't touch the lasso when, when I said it uh, I, I, I kind of yeah okay um, I guess um, I, it's a little bit 
uh, undiana-like, I suppose, to lie to her mother. She's usually fairly truthful about about these these kinds of things, and that's one of the things that we like about her. But I'll I'll, I'll let it slide for now. To end the battle, and and Conan has kind of said, you know, I won't use my blade. Uh, this will be a, a you know a fight to the death, just just the two of us, no no weapons, that kind of thing. To end the battle, he uses the lasso. Now, technically, he's right. He's he hasn't he hasn't used a blade, but the corvidae the covered eye kind of see this as a uh, as a going back on the terms of the deal and so they decide to kill the city uh, they sorry and so they decide to wipe out the city uh, straight away they go back on their deal and it's all very kind of frenetic and and what have you the you you kind of see the battering ram break through the city wall kian uh, who is our uh, who's our gambler that we first met in issue one, and he's been kind of like a, a recurring minor character throughout this, the series. You kind of get this kind of nice sense of sort of redemption and and kind of somebody kind of realizing at the very last moment that their 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 life has been kind of crap and they they've made a series of wrong choices. They've been they've been valuing the wrong things basically, and and he goes to uh, Delos, who's the slaver. He basically uh, steals, pickpockets the uh, the keys to the slave chains, but not before he gives, he gives Delos a chance. He gives Delos a chance to do the right thing, and and of course Delos doesn't. And Kian frees the slaves, and of course they have their revenge on Delos before then going on to help with the defense of the city, which is which is kind of cool. I I I kind of like the, these these little touches with these little, with these minor characters. Simone's really good at this. She, she does make you, she makes you feel about these these characters, and and um, you know he, she gives them kind of interesting things to do, interesting choices to make, and and it and it's uh, it's really well done. Uh, what is really well done is when Conan, uh, as I said, when Conan kills this uh, this crow warrior uh, with the lasso, and you you do hear this this fantastic kind of snap sound. Which is done in, in sort of sort of gerish red lettering <laughs> across across the crow's body, and Lepresti's art is fantastic here as well. When he does that, they uh, they break through the city walls, and it's clear that you know they're they're intent on just wiping everything out. And it's then that the Amazons show up, and it's it's just so cool. And I said in, I said in my review uh, that she Simone gives. Uh, Gives Diana a fantastic line here, which is "Make me proud." And I, 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 I know it's such a simple thing, but but there's just a really, uh, it just gets Diana's uh, character really, really well. Just in those three words, this this sense of kind of leadership, but also affection, confidence uh, in in what her sisters are capable of. It just shows, you know, she's such uh, she's such a great character, Wonder. I know it's a fairly obvious thing to say, isn't it? But but you can have you can have great characters written badly, and 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 this particular uh, story of her uh, just portrays her beautifully, and 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 she's just so great in this uh, in this battle, and so you kind of see, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, you kind of see the Amazons uh, do their thing, um, and then of course uh, Conan uh, begins to uh, to fight his way through into the city as well. Uh, I, I suppose my my one 
sort of gripe about this is that I, I would have quite like a bit, liked a bit a bit more violence. <laughs> I'd have liked a little bit more sort of a, of the battle. Really, the battle for the city is kind of doesn't last very long. It it it, it just lasts a couple of pages, if that really. Um, and although Lepresti's art is great, and he does a really good job of kind of showing the slaves taking on uh, the crow warriors uh, and the Amazons doing their thing as well. I'd just like to have seen a little bit more of it. But of course, we do have to have sort of Conan and Wonder Woman uh, fighting the Corvidae. And there is that there is a moment, it's at the bottom of, of one of the pages, where Conan and Wonder Woman are standing together. They're, they've both got swords in, one, in, in each hand. Uh, they're both wearing the the silver bracelet the you know the 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 bracelet that um uh that uh, that diana has <coughs> they're both wearing one of those and they just look like they just look really good and, and the way lepresti has kind of drawn them that there's something in the way that they they're standing that not only are they kind of strong and confident and they just sort of obviously judging judging by the black blood on their swords um they've killed a fair amount of crow warriors in the intervening time since we last saw them but there's also something in the way that they stand which which says that they are kind of very comfortable being with one another it's it's a it's a really nice it's a really nice piece of art uh and so they head for the corvidae uh, one of whom is of course blinded um uh, which is which is kind of dealt with in this issue actually. Uh, the her sister kind of says, oh, "You you might want to have a different her her style because you've got these these kind of gaping chasms uh, in place of your eyes," um, which is which is kind of a nice line. Um, and and they they kind of take on these these sort of monstrous shapes and uh, they. They conquer them, and again, I, I would say this is one of the this is one of the the things about this this issue that does just concern me a little bit is how is how quickly and how easily, relatively speaking, these these goddesses are overcome. I mean, there is a nice line actually where uh, the the crow with, who's still got its sight catches up Diana in its claws and says, uh, "A crow is very fast indeed," and she says, "Yes." There is a moment where where one of the Corvidae, uh, the the Corvidae that's still got its sight, um, picks up uh, Yana, who of course is uh, Conan's love interest from uh, from when they were teenagers, picks her up in in her claws and uh, kind of gloats and says to Diana, you know, a crow is very fast indeed, and then uh, Diana says, yep, but so but then so is Hermes, and and she's just like right there uh, punching the punching the crow in the face, which is which is a, a really that's a really nice moment. It, it does just worry me a little bit that that it's it's over so quickly. Uh, but anyway, then we have the uh, the reunion between Conan and Yana, and this is done again. This is done so well. Um, there's a really kind of nice interplay between them uh they hug uh and then uh she whispers something to him and walks away and 
Diana kind of uh, kind of turns to Conan and says, "Hold on, where, where's she going?" And Conan says, "She has a husband and five children to watch over. She's going home." <laughs> Because you know Conan's got on with his life. Why? Why should she wait around for him? You know, of course she's got a, a husband and kids and what have you. Uh, and so Diana says, "Oh, oh, Conan, I'm so, I'm so sorry." And um, Conan says, "I thought she was long dead, Diana. Instead, I find she's alive and happy. I call it a victory by Crom." And I, and I like that. Uh, you know, it, it, there's a kind of nice sort of philosophical sort of aspect to Conan, which which hardly anybody ever picks up on actually. But there is, and and there is a there is that that kind of aspect of of Conan's character. He doesn't uh, he doesn't moan and groan about stuff when things don't go his way. He 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 does actually kind of find find the good in things sometimes. Um, and um, and Diana gives her he, Diana gives him an Amazon salute. And uh, he gives her the gauntlet and the uh, the lasso back, and they kiss, and it's it's kind of nice, uh, but I don't know, it it is kind of nice and romantic, and uh, she goes flying off back <laughs> back to Themyscira, and then 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 we find out who the narrator has been all this time, and it is a a version of Diana. It's a version of Wonder Woman. Now, now, what's really interesting about this, and again, I like the ambiguity of it, we really don't know uh, whether this is whether this is the main kind of DC Universe version of Diana or not. Uh, it, it kind of... I'd, I'd like to think it isn't, because, because she ends up actually um, bumping into a guy in a suit... Who looks remarkably like Conan, right? So th- this is this is one of the things that 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 I kind of really like about about the way it's it's ended, is this notion of kind of, of echoes of ourselves, kind of in the multiverse and that kind of thing. And and uh, Diana kind of mentions the fact that, you know, I've been around, I've seen the multiverse, um, I've rarely seen such a heart, sort of referring to Conan, uh, and and she says echoes in in the in the chasm. Yana said. And what if there are echoes of us? What a weird, to- what a weird thing that would be. And and it's at that point that she meets this uh, this Conan lookalike, and she agrees to go and have uh, coffee with him. And and there's just it's kind of a really nice sort of sweet uh, way of, of ending it. And and I've got to be honest with you. Like like I said, I, I don't think it's a perfect issue, but it's pretty damn close. I mean, I think. <clears throat> I think the it, it, we needed maybe just a little bit more uh, action. Uh, I certainly think the the cover day should have been dispatched perhaps a little bit more uh, with a little bit more difficulty. But this is a, definitely a nine out of ten issue, and uh, I'm tempted actually to uh, to say that that's really what the whole series is. It, it, it's it's round about nine out of ten. I I, I think that. Um, Unusually, actually, for for series, uh, for um, for for miniseries, this this actually ended much more strongly than it began. I I, I just think uh, I, the first couple of issues were okay, but it really hit its stride with with issues three and uh, it dipped a little bit with four, but five and six were just absolutely brilliant, really really well done. Um, 
comics book storytelling. Uh, Lepresti's art is lovely. It really, really is. It's 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 beautiful. It's clean. Uh, it's dynamic when it needs to be. His facial expressions are incredibly clear. There's there's a, he's great at kind of capturing character, and he draws women. I got to be honest with you, he draws women really well. And I'm not saying that he's necessarily up there with the likes of uh, Stepan Sayek as far as facial expressions are concerned but he's 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 kind of approaching that uh, and that there are moments here of a real kind of heart and warmth and sort of uh it's a it's a comic i'll be i'll be honest with you it's a comic that 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 gave me a lot of enjoyment uh reading it and um i i there were moments of genuine kind of emotion that, that there's you know kian for example coming you know having that moment of sort of almost repentance if you like that kind of moment of no i need to change i need to do things differently that moment of being of choosing to kind of rather than just sort of wallow in kind of self-pity and you know the realization that perhaps he's he's not that nice a guy um, he actually chooses to do something about it, and there's something kind of heroic about that. That that's that's really cool. Um, and Simone writes both characters, Conan and Wonder Woman, phenomenally well. Just you know, gets their characters so well, and putting them together, uh, you know, they make such a good team. And I love it. I just love this series. And if you have not uh, checked this series out, uh, I, I I was going to say, well, wait for it in trade. Did you know what? Stuff that. Go and get the go and get the single issues. I'm telling you now, it will be worth it. You will thank me. Me and Dancing Mike recommend because <laughs> I know I know Dancing Mike uh, has has been really enjoying this series as well, and I think we're, we're pretty much on the same page about about how good this series is and and what a what a really kind of refreshing take uh, a refreshing version of diana we get here she's confident she's compassionate uh she's uh tactically astute she's heroic she's everything you want wonder woman to be and it's uh it's beautifully done i could wax on and on uh about how good this series is but lee i'm gonna leave it for now that is nine out of ten one of the best comics i've read uh outside the wildstorm series which seems to be kind of consistently great um it's one of the best comics i've read uh, in a long long time really really good stuff and uh, thoroughly recommended so there you go uh, thank you very much for listening um and uh all that uh, all that remains is for me to say uh if you need to follow me uh, you can do on at door jeremy uh and uh my wordpress blog uh, which <laughs> which still isn't as updated as regularly as I would like, uh, is J.D. Dunsany, uh, that's D-U-N-S-A-N-Y, uh, .wordpress.com. Uh, check me out there. Get in touch via Twitter. I'm uh, very happy to kind of have comic-related chat and whatever uh, with you if, uh, if you want to have a chat about Wonder Woman and Conan, you want to have a chat about whatever, it's absolutely fine. I would love to hear from you. Um, Thank you very much. Uh, I will send you back to the guys in the studio who are doubtless doing a fantastic job at the moment. You take care. Have a great week, and I will see you next time. Bye bye. It is the best podcast of week. Even though Jim is such a freak, I want to hear all the reviews. Don't just me.
right, Eric, and we're back with more mail. Uh, the last mail section of the night. A bunch of people here. A bunch of mails going on here, Eric. And are you going on right now? Are you getting on going on, as they say? Is that what you're doing? Oh, what the yeah. hell are you talking yeah. about? I, I'm just waiting for you to talk. What, were you drinking or, or were you playing with Transformers? I, I never know. A little column A, a little column B, <laughs> A little whatever, bit man. of both. Mix it up and see what you get. This is mail section number I don't know what bitch you're said. putting on for mail section. I don't section. know either. in talking about this. I just wait for you to say something. Uh, you know, I'm not here. I don't, I'm going to wait for know. somebody to say something interesting to respond oh, to. How about yeah, that, really, Apples? Really? So I guess you're not going to say much. <laughs> and, and really, what you're doing now is throwing shade at all these males. That's no, no, that's doing. what I'm waiting for no, to no, no. actual no, males. You, you know, what you just said is you're not going to talk at all because you think everybody's a bunch of crap. And the best part you're is another thing sitting up on your high and mighty I'm, chair you, there. You, you already read me one of these males. I'm kind of dreading this male section now. Uh, Yes, yes, indeed. That'll be coming up. Uh, but we're going to start with one that you have not heard yet. Right. And that is from Akeem, who says, as the subject line, got a vent on a few issues this week. Hey, right. guys, look, I'm sorry for writing in another mail this week because we already did hear from yeah. Akeem earlier. But there were a few things that were really bugging me with this week's pull that I that pissed me off and I needed to get off my chest. Unfortunately, I thought he was mad about the Boys Toys podcast, but he doesn't I'll seem to be. I'm not going to get – I'm not going to say it was a shit week. I did enjoy right. a few issues here and there, but overall it was freaking infuriating to my effort to make sense of continuity let's start with nightwing apparently dick was in bloodhaven and community college now maybe i'm not remembering it right maybe i'm just too lazy to go in my archives and look at some old issues but when dick was brought to bloodhaven by superman in the earlier issues wasn't it specifically spelled out that he was never there before and he says that's a three out of ten to him and uh it did seem odd to me as well we really didn't bring that up i just brought up that it was ridiculous that they said the v-neck nightwing outfit was the thing is, well. anymore, I love to bitch and moan about continuity. I don't even try to look up shit anymore because the, the continuity is so revolving and changing ever since Superman Reborn with what they're doing now. I have no Must idea what is Superman and what isn't. Reborn. Yeah, and, and with that, you're also lazy. Like so even that, in just, that is yeah, a, even a, Justice you know, League this week saying yeah. that they've been together for 15 years. I know. And then the last issue of Justice League had a news article about Superman dying. So, yeah. yeah, you can't. I would only say. Must be Superman Reborn. Right, I got no time with a hyper time. I don't either. Boosh. Load DC up your has pistols. played out the continuity kid. Yeah, okay, continuity. Here, wait. <laughs> this is the better Have way. a great. I got to I got to I gotta reset this Do one. I, I, listen, this is, this is our favorite one, but it extends. Load up your pistols. Continuity. People. Coming to town. <laughs> Am I Santa Claus? <laughs> Brings everything to a screeching halt. Oh, wrong turn. You, you stupid son of a bitch. Story of continuity. I sit there and put that on my, I just ruined the podcast with this stupid sound bit. And I had to do it again because I messed it up. I, went, sure. I actually thought I hit it wrong is what happened no. then. It's just wrong turn. Oh my goodness! Not on my watch. It's, just it's, remember, everybody playing at home, you're not wrong. It's just wrong turn. It's far and few between that uh, that somebody can touch my heart like that man does. Holy moly! Green Lanterns. I thought the last issue that made an entertaining setup with the app hooking up Simon to Jessica. I thought it would be an arc which they will at least explore how both Simon and Jessica are better partners than a couple. But in this issue. They barely mention that at the all in the issue at all, and they do have it where she tries to. I just yeah, love the fact 
that you want to sit there and they want you to believe that she's just staring at Simon's picture on that app. I'm telling you, if I was there at work and I go on and, you know, I don't know how things work nowadays, but the one site I go on, it's called Grindr. Uh-huh. And I go on there, and I don't know who's on there when I go. That's there. a Christian dating and site, right? It, I, it may be. I, I'm not sure, Eric. But I go on there, and I hit that. And I'm like, okay. And, because and you, of Jesus's love for grinders. Yeah, you came up. You came up. No, it's just it's actually a site to be able to find the, the local hoagie shop. But no, I sit there, and <laughs> that's your a pic- great app. Your, your picture comes up, and then you're like, oh, how did it go on the grinder? I'm not just going to sit there for an issue after issue because somehow in our life we we do issues and. And, yeah. uh, and just stare at that picture. Just oh, to have it we there. have issues. Yeah, really. I, I'm swiping left and getting the fuck out of there. There's all you have to do. You would think that she's not going to accept that as a match and get the fuck out. You know what I mean? And yeah, I only think it's there to show that they are very compatible. But we're we're a little far in this you know series to start playing around with that because we've already seen it. And that's what gets to me. And you had said when we talked about it earlier, it's just a one note joke that continues. Yeah. Then you have the fucking Galactic app. And just nonsense. They barely mention that at all in the issue, as if the writer decided to take a different route altogether. I just think it was supposed to be a joke. I actually think that the the problem is is that it wasn't supposed to be as serious as a lot of people did take it, and some people lost their minds. I did mention it earlier as well that people were like, "Oh my goodness, that's that's the all of a sudden it's moonlighting." When you know Sybil Shepherd and and you know they're going to date. What's his name? Nobody knows who you're talking about, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis, I know, but. That, that's a big thing, Eric. That's a big oh, thing I know. in my life. Uh, where's wrong turn? <laughs> 5.5. Superman, I mean this in the last issue, are the mere definition of treading water. They tried to make it look at the end as if uh, it was a life lesson to John or a death lesson, but I really didn't feel that at all. Thin plot to a planet we don't get a rat's ass about with very little character growth and Superman acting a bit of a dick. And I'm your savior. I know better. Sheesh. 5.1 out of 10. I said the whole idea, and you said it as well, the whole idea that the quote-unquote faith magic wore off when it should have been even stronger was nonsense, too. Yeah. You guys already addressed the continuity issues with Ivy and Batman 41. I thought the art was amazing, though. 5 out of 10. All five points are for the art. Justice League. I was actually surprised. I didn't hate this issue after the last one, but I wasn't exactly impressed either. That freaking annoying bit went about Simon's inquiry about lunch with Superman. Aquaman saying he doesn't know Superman very well, to be Completely honest, I thought there was a decent amount of Superman Aquaman interactions in the past for him to know at least some bits about him. Six out of ten. And yeah, they, they work together. Even yeah. if it's just 15 working. years. I know more than I should about Wrong Turn, you know? Yeah. Uh, now for the books I thought were good. Damage continues to be really enjoyable read. I had no trouble connecting this with the last issue of Suicide Squad, but maybe I'm missing something. I'm going to listen to the Patreon exclusive tomorrow, and I'm actually very eager to hear your analysis on this. He gives it an 8 out of 10. We liked it enough. Uh, mm-hmm. We thought that the only thing with the uh, Suicide Squad issue, it's not a connective issue. It's more of an issue of kind of losing, you know, some of the hype or, so, you know, stealing the thunder a bit yeah. when you get to damage super sons i love the art i found myself smiling from page to page i loved how damien and john are now friends and past the fighting stage uh the connection to silencer was pretty cool i wasn't expecting that and to be quite honest i did laugh out loud for a few things in the issue so did we but then i remembered this book is going to be canceled and for some <laughs> fucked up reason i honestly felt that it affected my enjoyment at the end on yeah, any other too. day i would have given an 8.5 but the news knocked one point off of this and he gave it a 7.5 i reviewed it on the site before the news 
news that it was canceled, and I still thought that we're getting a Damien that is well less than what we got in the new 52, uh, and I didn't like that. And just the idea of continuously making Damien a dick just for dick's sake and it seems to be to make John better. I, I don't know. It just threw me off. Aquaman, probably the book of the week when it comes to art. I really like this issue. We finally get some progress on the overall story, and it was good to set up the Mara's journey for her miniseries coming out. Let's just say it's a strong oh, really 8 out of 10. And, yeah, you, you'll you'll have heard me uh, talk about that, that uh, the art isn't as I, – I just – I don't know. It's just a stylized I like thing. I don't like the art that much. I, I think that it is uh, fancy, but I don't like the way it tells a story, and I thought this issue was only to set up Mara's. Uh, miniseries coming out next week, so I, I was kind of taken aback by that. Uh, that is it for this week. Again, I'm sorry for the second email in one week. That is fine. I'll skip next week if this is an issue, <laughs> and it is not an issue. Uh, and thanks, Akeem. And the next one, Eric is thanks, from Pete from NYC. Oh, oh, Pete from NYC. What up, Jimmy Stray and the Fresh Cup Proof? Poop, poop, poop. What up, Fresh Cup Proof? It's been a while since I've written in. I actually said this week that I was worried about Pete because yeah. we hadn't heard from him in a while. So figured I'd drop in to bust some balls. Number one, when are you bailing on Reggie's singing blurb shtick? It's not funny. It's not fun, he says. And then he says, he goes on, there's number one. There's some shade going here. I have to thank Eric Shea. The Boys Toys podcast is fucking awesome. Yeah. I haven't slept this good in years. I hit play as I get into bed, and I'm comatose by the time my head hits the pillow. Now, it's funny. As I read this, it made me laugh. That's what I was talking about when we had uh, Rimmer's rant rave. That When he yeah. mentioned being in bed, I'm like, Jesus, we're putting everybody to sleep. That show is like five ambience in a quart of vodka. I'm afraid if I listen to the whole show, I may never come out of my nod. I feel bad for Shay. The guy doesn't have Patreon. So Jim and Reggie use their new show to throw shade at Shay nonstop. It's the Eric Shay is a lazy piece of crap show. Aww. Jim, your disloyalty is very disappointing. I expect it from Reggie, but not you. How can you do that to Quaker Town's sweetheart? Are you that desperate for Reggie's approval? Possibly. You What's treat going on Shay here, like Jim? crap. I don't know. I don't know what he's talking about. And the best is is you did you want to join the Patreon just to give likes to your shows, but I know you, and I don't know you're going to go full $5. You, you'll seem to uh, – even then I think, yeah, you only need a dollar to get your shows, so you still won't be able to listen to it. I know you're not going to go 5 bucks. You're cheap ass. You treat Shay like crap, even though you fucking fancy dinners you're having. You treat Shay like fancy crap. Fancy lunches. Fall all over yourself. Listen, if you're going to spend that much money, uh, that's the only meal that I would eat. So it's, it's breakfast, that's lunch, and I dinner in my mind. Uh, so, yeah, I fall over myself trying to kiss Reggie's ass. Shit is whack. Hope you know this is all in good fun. Patreon content has been great. Months ago, I canceled Sirius and Howard Stern, and I haven't looked back. And he says, keep it real up in the field. I'm Audi 5000, Pete from NYC. And thanks, Pete. So and I get from that is that Pete really does like the boys toy hey, show. I heard him say that. That's all you, you're just fishing. You're, you're out there. I don't, <laughs> uh, you have a whole bunch of lures. You, you're, uh, you, uh, you have that coat that is like, what's his name from the goddamn blues traveler? Uh, John Popper. It's got just lures there so you can fish for compliments. All new Dave says, 
Hi, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the entire Get Fresh crew. Get Fresh crew. Boop, 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 boop. Just damage from me from my weekly comics, which I really enjoyed. If the point of these comics is to showcase the artists, then they're doing a great job. I don't mind them being a quick read because the art is so memorable. Can't wait to see the upcoming battle between Damage and Wonder Woman. The story has managed to keep up with the fast pace set by the first issue and is managing to still make sense. But I hope there are plans to move beyond the battle of the month format. That's the only thing I'm really afraid of. The Suicide Squad XL went down too easily. I think Ethan will have to join some sort of team to help cover for him during the 23 hours. He's not damaged. And then he can start focusing on how he can be better and use his powers for good. And and really, I, I just thought of that. It's That's like you. That's uh, Damage is you, Eric. You work for an hour and then you sleep the other 23. Is that yeah. right? Is that, see, I'm just trying to make up shade so Pete knows that I'll do it on the podcast as well. I had just one minor niggle. Uh, are civilians not allowed to die in the DC comics nowadays? The news report in the issue said no civilians died, despite damage tearing up the street and throwing vehicles around. I've noticed in other comics too. Such I'm telling you, I just think the people in that town were smarter than in that other town that they were in the Justice League, yeah. where they're just fucking waiting to get yeah. killed with the yeah, acid just snow. Looking at the acid you snow see, as it you burns see a monster. You fucking run. You run. I do. That's why you don't see me much. Action Comics earlier on when Doomsday is attacking Superman. Yeah, really. I'm running in that. I'm like, why is everybody going the other way? There is a gas explosion, buses full of people being thrown, craters in the street. Superman says, if this carries on, many people may die. Nothing will ever beat Brian Hitch's early run in Just League with the Kindred, planet-wide destruction, earthquakes, tidal waves, and one fatality. It really took me out of the story, and that is true. But yet you then got the genie app story, Eric. So didn't we all win in the end? During the death of Superman, Doomsday kills a deer. Early on and through the story, we are kept up to date on the rising death toll. The pressure is on for Superman. If he fails, it's not that people may die, millions will die. It made the story more realistic to me. Am I reading too much into the few examples I've said, or are comic now- comics nowadays not allowed to have much death in them? I don't think that you're going to have a lot. Now, again, he does have a correction that he sends in after this, but the problem is you want to make these people heroes. You can't really have them die too much, or you're, you're going to have issues, but it is kind of ridiculous that you have buildings falling down and stuff like that. I couldn't get Future's End from my comic uh, store, so I'm ordering that online. Instead of reading Hellblazer Volume 1, The Poison Truth from my trade this week, I remember that Jim said the rebirth issue starts well and the series goes steadily downhill. But I'm all new Dave, never met a comic I didn't like. So I'm (laughs) sure I'll enjoy it. And John Constantine has grown on me as a character recently. Hope everyone in the Get Fresh crew beep boop has a great week. And thanks Jim and Eric for all the podcasts. And I'd like to hear what he says about the Hellblazer trade. Yeah. Maybe reading in a trade's better, but he did send in a correction. And he says, hi, Jim Eric and the Get Fresh crew. Poop, poop. Just a correction from my previous mail. I've read and reread Damage number one, and I've realized that Damage was only in play for five minutes. And Ethan does tell Damage to leave the people alone and hide instead. So it makes a lot more sense that no innocents would die. Still annoyed that the Just League kindred arc with one fatality, though. <laughs> my serious apologies to Mr. Venditti and Mr. Daniel for comparing them to a writer as awful as Hitch. And yeah, that 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 kindred nonsense. Even when uh, Wonder Woman sliced the kindred and those big, you know, they were made of people. I don't know if you know that, Eric, like Soylent Green. And they spilled out. The people just spilled out from what appeared to be, you know, eight million miles up. No, de- no deaths, just one guy. 
when you know or one woman it was his his wife uh but yes we're gonna go on you there you, you there you, you playing with your transformers <laughs> you're a little uh quiet right now has something gotten you down are you thinking of uh pete from mic sleeping right now after he re-listened to your uh boys toys podcast is that what you're doing he said he was just having fun jim you know he loves it oh i don't remember him saying you just have fun I don't remember that part. I think you made that up in your head. Josh is next for Million for Millionaire. He says, howdy, Jim, Eric, and the rest of Get Fresh. Coopy, boop, boop, Damn, I'm sad about Super Sun's ending. Overall, it's my favorite book of Rebirth, and it sucks to see it go. I know that there has been some digression in uh, Damien instead of progression uh, of his character, but I still love this series so much. I know Tomasi said that Damien and John are coming back in some other form, so I'm hoping that gets announced real soon. Now, me and Reggie on the news podcast Eric, there has been an announcement since it was canceled, and if this is what they are talking about and what Tomasi said himself, uh, there's going to be people some a uh, bit upset because there is an issue with the Super Sons in it coming out in May, and mm-hmm. it is basically the Super Sons meet Dino uh, Mutt. It's a Dino Mutt Super Sun special that's it. coming out, and that, I'm like, boy, if that's what he was talking about – he maybe not should have went so far into it because people are going to be furious, but we'll see how it goes. Now, because we all love top five lists, here is my top five best gym characters, Eric. Number five, Positive Peter. Uh, do you like Positive Peter? You, you, no, he's so it, positive. How can you not like I Positive can't. Peter? I, I would like to do a lot of these. This week is so down that I don't think I can do Positive Peter. Next bit. Burned victim May West, and, and the uh, best I, thing I about care for that one. the best. What do you mean, boy? The best is that burned victim May West. This is going to be a behind the music version of characters, Eric. And the the weird thing about uh, burned victim May West is the fact that it was only originally May West, and I used it at work to weird you out. <laughs> I would sit there way before the podcast. We'd oh, just yeah. sit there, and I just out of nowhere go, "How you doing?" boy and you ha ah, stop it and it would make me laugh so much so that's all that was but yeah it became burn victim may west which i like even better number three mumbo jimbo eric a mumbo jimbo I love mumbo jimbo these, of all these characters mumbo jimbo is the one that brings knowledge to the podcast a couple weeks ago that's why you haven't heard from him in a long time a couple weeks ago i said to you and told Josh, actually, because he asked about Mumbo Jimbo. I said, oh, I have a Mumbo Jimbo for this week. And that Mumbo Jimbo was part of the uh, thing that I said that Birds of Prey was going to be canceled. And then I had – or I didn't have it, Eric. Mumbo Jimbo did. And that uh, a prediction of a book that they'd be on. Uh, since then, Birds of Prey was canceled. Though you yeah. look at the sales. It's not like you know Mumbo Jimbo uh, you know, is that Amazing. There. But I should have done it. He looked into the ether and saw I the future. I should have done it. I, I, didn't, I didn't do it, or he didn't do it. I didn't get a hold yeah. of him, Aaron. Number two, Gonorrhea Dave. And, and uh, yes, Gonorrhea Dave comes out now and again. And I do like him. Gonorrhea uh, Dave has a flare-up. <laughs> yes, uh, he, is, he has a flare-up. And number one, one that really is one that was uh, very limited uh, but you liked it as well. It's Johnny the Sexy Cattle Rustler. I don't even remember. I forgot all about Johnny. Hello! I, I don't even know what we – that was just nonsense. But I, I do want to thank Josh for uh, bringing these up. We'll, we'll probably hear from all of these in the future. I don't like to run them into the ground. But I do want to tell you that there are some other characters that uh, have been made and never get past the staging area. They nope. never hit the podcast because I say to Eric and, – and I'll actually just end up doing something at work and Eric tells me they're terrible. 
One being, if Eric remembers, easily distracted Dave is one of these characters. <laughs> and and uh, I'm going to get him out here and I'm going to I'm going to bring him on the podcast, which you said never to do because uh-huh. it, you don't think it would work. But I'm going to try it to do it. Okay, work. here we go. Hey, uh, how are you doing, Eric? It's uh, Dave here. I'm easily distracted. Hey, what's going on, Dave? How are you? It's, very, it's nice to have you on the show. God damn it. What? What? What did you What did you say? What What are we doing here? What, what's going on? I hate my life. You, God damn, you, distracted Dave! I have, told you it doesn't work. You have a wife? What? What? What doesn't? What? what you have something that's broken? What's What's going on? <laughs> See, it doesn't work. I sat there the one day for about an hour at work trying to do this with you, and you just walked away. You didn't. You did it I'm now. This is the problem, is though you have these things, right? You have all these voices and characters. This easily distracted Dave requires you to, to lend me a helping hand. I would not do it. You won't do it. Easily distracted Dave is down again. He'll never make it again in the podcast. Uh, do you have any others that you like that maybe I have I have uh, given you that we haven't had the podcast? Any of those? Not that I can think of now. What? what are you? What's, Tell me. I, th- what? I think I've been like programmed like a sleeper agent. Where actually, when I hear you just pause like that, I'm like, he's looking for the crickets. What you you got? You have cricket wireless. Is that that's what cricket? You, you got that? You listen to amigos. See, there you go. It worked. It worked, Eric. I think crickets. We didn't even have the crickets for the longest time. Uh, there they are. Thanks to everyone for the trade recommendations lately. Though. This podcast is really going off the rails. Keep sending them over to me. Uh, the trade for this week is the Discipline Volume One from Image. All right, that's about it for me. And we heard that earlier. Stay classy, Josh. Now the last email of the night is from J-Man, and you know where he's from, Eric? Half Moon Bay. What? What did you, you, you want to, what will you may do something? What are you saying? That's the thing. This isn't even easily distracted. It's you not hearing things properly, Dave. <laughs> no, it's because I, it's because I'm looking at other things. Uh, you see, it doesn't work. Okay, no. so how about it's, it's Deaf Danny. Is that good? That might, that my new character, Deaf Danny. Who we going with J-Man to me? Uh, now I've offended everyone. Now you're offensive, Otto. Uh, yeah, that's offensive, uh, Ollie. Uh, J-Man's uh, thing is bring on the super cancellations. Hey, Jim, what's up, Eric? Supergirl, Super Sun, Superwoman, Trinity are all going bye-bye, and I couldn't be happier. Although I like the idea of Super Suns and some of the beginning story arcs, I felt like it was been treading water for months with poor stories. Make way for new characters and original stories never before seen on a comic book page. Sideways, yeah. which he says is the Mexican Spider-Man who portal hops instead of web-slinging across the city. Damage, Hulk battles, insert a well-known DC character, a team every issue and the terrifics fantastic four with no family ties or close relationships among the team and that's the one most people are looking forward to right i would think so Ah, i knew it was a setup (laughs) this is truly the new age of comics hey i'll give these new characters three issues each like the silencer has amazed us so far with her amazing shh power and that just reminds me i'm gonna have another character called non-talking tommy it doesn't work well on a podcast but believe me he's a gem eric non-talking tommy have you guys seen black panther yet pretty awesome since you guys are so into comic books you've probably seen every marvel movie at least twice that is a negative except for black panther yeah i've seen everyone i have not seen uh ant-man 
I have not seen. I'm trying I've to watched think that twice. Uh, Doctor Strange. I have not seen, seen that Rafe. three times. Rafe loves it. Uh, I have not seen Justice League fully. I have not seen Batman v Superman fully. These, these aren't I, Marvel I movies. No, he just said uh, with the. You've probably seen Marvel. I'm just saying comic book movies in oh. general. Uh, but yeah, the Marvel movies. I fell asleep That's during the thing Iron is, Man. I watch the Marvel movies over and over again. I don't say the same thing about the DC movies. Yeah, I I can't say that I saw the entire Dark World, but I may have. Can't remember. I've watched it a couple of times. I don't know anything about that movie. Is what uh, is that of the Marvel movies? What is your least favorite? Is that your least favorite? I think yeah, Thor: The Dark World. I think is my least favorite. <sighs> <laughs> what are your ratings for the top five? Best Marvel movies, and I'm uh, well, I'm putting both of us on the spot. But if I go, I'm going uh, Guardians of the Galaxy number one. Number two is going to be Captain America: First Avenger. Number three is going to be the First Avengers. Number four would be I'm trying to think. But the, Probably but the worst Civil part is we War. actually had we a discussion the other week about our top five Marvel movies. Yeah, and I actually painstakingly made a list. And, and I don't remember forget. any of it. Yeah, I know Civil War I thought was uh, – not Civil War. Uh, Winter Avengers. Soldier I think was uh, in there and Avengers. You had Avengers that. on your list. Oh, I, I said that already. I oh, said okay, I'm that sorry. was number three and then four was something and then five was something. I think I ended with Winter Soldier and I can't I, – I'm really drawing a blank. Oh, I'm Thor sorry, Ragnarok. I, Thor Ragnarok oh, yeah. was number four. I know a lot of people either hate or love that. I had fun. And yeah, I didn't realize how many people hated that movie on the Slack today. Yeah, they were talking know. about it. Like, I'm like, I really enjoyed that because it is I'm on my little, top five. Yeah, I'm a little embarrassed to mention it. But yeah, yeah. That, that is my number four. And then number five is Winter Soldier. What are yours? I don't have it like shot down like a list, but it would be Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2 in there, Thor Ragnarok, Captain America, the first Avenger, and uh, probably – Avengers, I would have to say, I guess. Okay, and that is – I should have hit that earlier. And other comic news, the Ninjak Complete Classic Omnibus just came out. This is the complete original Ninjak run for the 90s. I recommend you spend the $99 to pick it up. Uh, can you read a comic with your pinky up? Holy moly. Jesus, I'll eat that with my freaking lunch at Red Lobster. $99. Don't get that fucking crab juice on that book. That thing's solid gold, Eric. I actually, when I saw this, I'm going down, I see it out of the corner of my eye, and I'm thinking it's going to be $9.99. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm there. Oh, uh, you know what? Spider-Man Homecoming's on my list, so fuck that. Oh, uh... you know what? That was on my list, too. That actually uh, would be number four. And then number five to me would be Thor Ragnarok, which pushes Winter Soldier out of my top five. So, yeah, yeah that is that is true. Uh, I'm just sitting here trying I to really think of Marvel like movies now because I know my list is not correct. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm glad you uh, realized that. Keep up the good work. And I'll see you in seven. That's J-Man from Thank Hattie you, J-Man. Bay. And that is it for the mail. It's weird, night. too. It's like the Marvel movies are weird where each one in my mind, for, like to a degree – they yeah. get better and better as they go because, you know, Iron Man back in the day was like the t- tip of the top. Like, holy shit, that was a great movie. Yeah. And, you know, Iron Man 2, it has this problem. So a lot of people don't like Iron Man 2 or 3. I think I've actually come to like Iron Man 2 way more than I did when it first came out. Really? But like Captain America and then, you know, you had the Avengers. Like each one that seems Keep, I'm actually to get better and better. Yeah, and, better. You like know, a it's, it's hard to have the original ones like in your top five still because they they get to be so good as they go along. What happened? I'm soundboard Sally. 
care. <laughs> uh, with that, though, yeah, I liked Iron Man 1 enough. I don't like Iron Man. I don't like him as a character. I don't like Robert Downey Jr. I've said that many a time on this podcast. You're yeah, well, I just it's for some reason that you only know and some people would connect is because I like Christian Slater. There you go, Eric. That's the only reason. It doesn't really make What's sense. What's Christian Slater anybody. done for you lately? And what has he done for me lately? He's been a goddamn gem. He's on that show that he's Mr. on, Robot? There. Mr. Robot. I don't never even seen know. It. No, I haven't. I I remembered you saying it, but I never saw that. I like him in Young Guns too, and that's enough to keep me going. Eric, that's all I need. That the and side character as, in Young Guns too, and as Will Scarlet. It was he Will? No, he wasn't. Who was he? No, in, he, he uh, was, no, he was Will Scarlet. Okay, he was. Yeah. So see there. I, I was actually going to see if you were going. to – I was about to bring that one. Yeah, here some Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Remember that one, Will Scarlet? Yeah, huh? Yep. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and for some reason I cuffs. was going to mistake that as Three Musketeers, but yeah, there you go. Uh, but yes, I, and cuffs. Uh, you have pump that. up the volume, gleaming the cube, a uh, pump up Which the I volume. Watched. Yeah, you have all of those uh, that I like, and I really do like him. Uh, this leads back to me hating Robert Downey Jr. Hard rain. The guy had uh, has gotten a lot of breaks in his life. Is what gets me mad. And was he, he in Broken Arrow? Yes, he was. Yep, uh, he was. See. Gem. Gem. No, no, these things are terrible. And these last Robert Downey Jr. just uh, – him and Johnny Depp, I would believe that they would have a uh, od- an odorous quality to them. If you, you, you Do you sit there and look at Johnny Depp and think – I look at Johnny Depp and I know he smells, but I would yes. never say that about Robert Downey Jr. Who would you say are your top three actors that probably smell? Who would they be? Because I know Phoenix. my second. Okay, Joaquin Phoenix, I think I'm going to have one that you're going to agree with, and we're going to have our three combined because there is no way that Mickey Rourke does not smell like shit at any time during the day. That guy has to smell like crap anytime you'd walk by him. And so there we go. The the people who we think must smell would the be Johnny Depp. The guy who played Depp. the fat man and Jake and the fat man. Oh, yeah, really. <laughs> uh, is it him stinking or his roast beef sandwich that he lost in the rolls of his fat? It could be that as well. Uh, who else? Do you think that uh, anybody else in Hollywood would stink? Do you have a woman that you think, oh, my God. she? Do you think Martha Plimpton might have an odor to her? You think she? You bathes. know Martha Plimpton's got an odor to her. I don't know. I, I'm trying to say that maybe. Uh, no, I actually um, do like Martha Plimpton a bit. I do. I I don't mind her. Uh, what's her name? That was in uh, Tank Girl and uh, Point. Lori Petty. Lori Petty. You think she has a little bit of going there? You think she? You know. I don't maybe. know. For some reason, I'd like to say yes, but I can't say that. I don't know. I feel okay. weird if I say Lori Petty stinks. Yeah. Uh, do you think that because of just his lifestyle, do you think that you could catch Keanu Reeves on a bad day? And he oh, yeah. Little, yeah. I'm telling you, he looks dapper as shit when you ever see him. But I, I think, like, you know, he's always got his hair slicked back. He lives back. out I of hotels. just the grease. Yeah, it might be. It might be. There's a lot of guys. You think Shia LaBeouf. You think he's got yeah, – Shia LaBeouf definitely in, stinks. He's he been did living on the streets movie. playing a part that he hasn't been cast for for three yeah. months. No, the the part that he's trying to play is is him being a homeless man or something. Yeah. Be, how about Screech? Dustin Diamond. <laughs> I'm saying I think everybody in Hollywood stinks though. There you go. They, they're all stinky. But that is it. Eric, we got to get back to some books. Uh, we, we ended up breaking up mail sections and rant and rave so that we could have a podcast that was tighter and, and right to the comics. And then we do this nonsense. So we're going to go off now to our last section of books. I bet Buddy Hackett stank like a motherfucker. Oh, he, he probably did. You are right. <laughs> Listen into the podcast. 
Two more books to finish up, and uh, that that song is kind of appropriate uh, because we will hear one of mine and one that we're going to combine of reviews, Eric. So it's kind of the here, there, whatnot. You there, Eric? Are you What's going around? On? Are, are you here? About? I don't know. We're talking about our last two books here. Uh, and- do we have to? Yes, we do. Uh, they're not the best, Eric, but again, this whole podcast has not been exactly, uh, you know, sh- I was going to say shits and giggles, but I should have said, uh, what pinatas and RC cola. Yeah, uh, party. Yeah, and it's weird too, because as we end this, we did, uh, do a lot of our books on Friday night all together. And for some reason, uh, we, well, we haven't done that in a while. And some reason it feels weird to go and do these two books now. I don't know why I might be off my game. Is what I'm saying. Uh, whatever game that is. We have a game? We do. It's Boggle. Uh, either Boggle or Jenga is I what it is. I want sorry. You want sorry? You're going to be sorry. You shut your uh. mouth. Uh, do you like the game of life? Uh, what What is your favorite of these? The game of life, uh-huh. Jenga, or uh-huh. charades? What would you play more? Well, I think I'd play Jenga the most, but I do enjoy a good game of life, Jim. You do like that. Aren't we all playing the game of life, Eric? Uh, Would you do you would you have problems playing at a party? Pictionary with your sight. Would that be a problem? I I have a problem playing cards. Yes. Yeah. Do you know when Tanya, because we'll have some times where we'll like out of nowhere an impromptu charades uh, session at the Werner residence. And uh, Tanya is the worst. And it leads me to being pretty bad. Now, the other day at work, I was doing impromptu mime sessions with you. And I thought that they were rather good. I thought I was pretty good. But Tanya sits right. I got them eventually. Tanya, Tanya tugs on her ear. But also says sounds like she can't get that through her head. She always like, I'm telling you, she's like, sounds like man driving car. And it's like, you know, with the, the, the steering yeah. wheel, I'm like, no, 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 you're not supposed to say that. And then when I do it, I'm oh, tugging on my you. ear and she goes like, like, yeah, the tugging on the ear then becomes when she's actually sitting down getting the charades, like you're, you know, uh, earphones. Oh, yeah, like it. It, it never works. It never works. Hashtag Tanya problems, Eric. It's funny, though, because then we get – and she it gets so, like, laugh silly from that that it's actually worth just playing for her to kind of mess it. It's really funny watching her trying to play We don't play a lot of games at the Shea House. So Jess loves games, and we have a bunch, but I refuse to play with her because years ago we got a new chess set, and she beat me in chess. I'm like, I don't want to play anymore. I'm yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, not a big – I'll tell you. Uh, I'm not, I don't know if you realize that. I'm not much You're of a, a cultured kind of or learned fella. I'm a checkers guy, though. If you get somebody who can play, like you have a lot, it's like tic-tac-toe. You're yeah. not going to win a lot of, you know, they're stalemates. I mean, checkers you will, but it kind of gets, it's like the, the worst game in my life or in my mind is something that as a kid I played a lot of is the card game war. 
because yeah, there, there's nothing to it. You're just no. slapping. Slapjack. Okay, and that's the problem with playing cards with my friends. When I used to go over to the house, we used to have some drinking games like asshole and shit like that. And it's mm-hmm. really – to be the winner of that game, it's, you really have to be quick because if somebody throws down a card that you need, you have to be able to grab it. You and can't there I am, see. Hi, hi. I'm like leaning up on the table. Is that – no, no, no. <laughs> yes. D- doesn't it all go back – to Eric Shea's problem of not seeing. Doesn't everything, yeah, everything in life, does. and uh, it really, really does. I can't it play asshole. I get picked last for dodgeball. Man, it's crazy. What is going on? Yeah, dodgeball. Jesus Christ. The other day, we're throwing shit around. I'm whipping things. I actually tried out of nowhere. Uh, again, I think that I am such a athlete, Eric, uh, that I think that I can do almost the impossible at any point. Yeah. And, and instead of me saying at one point, I had we have this tape ball that we throw around and I was going to say hey I bet you I can knock the fucking uh, clock off the wall I was going to do that uh, then I thought you know what uh, I might get in trouble for that but yeah, I why thought it'd be funny don't thought be it'd be funny though I, I don't know I wanted to so instead of that I decide no I'm going to stand all the way across the, the warehouse deal and I'm going to throw this tape ball so that it hits the vacuum and turns on the vacuum and it drove me even nuts. though it's on a funny angle that you'd yeah, have to actually it would have to be a magic tape ball in order yeah. to hit the angle it needed Near to, to turn the on near impossible and i kept doing it i'm, I'm telling you Your one point i did up. hit it and then i snuck over and turned it on <laughs> didn't really sneak but as we're doing this i threw you the ball right through your hands <laughs> like, like, he can't see. i did that on purpose. he can't see at, at one point we were trying to trick wrong turn because we have motion sensor lights uh back in the warehouse and, and he thinks that chucky is real uh yeah. the doll chucky so we made up a, a deal that you had brought chucky to work and that uh, he's back in the warehouse hanging out and that he was going to yeah. attack wrong turn. And we have these motion sensor lights. So as we're doing this, we're trying to devise ways to set off the lights in the distance while we're talking to him to freak him out. And I ended up having this ball. I fucking whipped that thing like I was Superman pitching to Batman. And it, I think it went too fast. Like it was too much of a deal. I'm like, huh, that's what happens here. Uh, but yeah, then you had a, a like a, a hoop a big type of deal. Like a roll circular of cardboard. Roll. Yeah. It's like, and, you know, yeah. this banding strap that comes on this kind of inner tube. And I just rolled that down the yep. aisle and I walked across to the other side where wrong turn was. Look, man. Yeah, and it was still going, and things were going on. And we're like, look. It worked perfectly. It did. And we're like, look, it's, oh my God, what's going on? Now, it would have been better if it could have been the reverse and coming towards us, but still, it's going on. And all he, no. We're like, no, no, listen, you have the lights going on. We're right here. It can only be motion sensitive. There's nobody else. Yeah, nobody else is back there. What can be going on? It must be Chucky. No. And I said to you, he, he's too dumb to trick. He, he is. He doesn't understand the concept of motion lights. Oh, it drove me nuts, Eric. And I Put a lot of time it. and effort into that gag. We did. I'm telling you, I threw that, that tape thing like it was nobody's business and it didn't even do anything and then i had to go look for it because i thought i might have broken something because at one point way back in the day uh during a winter a couple winters ago i decided to throw a snowball uh at you guys there and it ended up going past and breaking glass Yeah, I think and you then, were throwing ice balls is what you were doing. Yeah, I think I was. And it ended up I, I kind of had a misthrow. Then at one point I actually threw another thing and then realized it was going to hit this old lady in the head. <laughs> I used to have some accuracy. It's gone. But, Eric, I guess we should get to these books. I'm having I more guess. fun 
talking about throwing things. And, and really, it all goes back to that's one of my favorite games is just throwing things into a trash can uh, from distances and, and things like that. That's what I like. And I love watching you do it oh. uh, because you can't see. And it is almost uh, to a T that you are going to hit the rim and it's just going to fly off or miss it so completely <laughs> that it makes me giggle. Uh, that's fun times. That's this fun is all times just a show I put on for your benefit, Jim. I'm that's actually true. really, really good. You, you just really don't know. Thinking, I want you to giggle about me. Fun. You want me to giggle, and this yeah. is the sort of talk that I tell Tanya. Like you come home, and she's like, "Oh, how was your day?" And I'm not going to tell her. Well, at this point, we got yelled at for this, or we had to do that, and this deadline, that sort of thing. You talk about some of the fun things. So, ah, me and Eric were throwing this ball, or whatever. The other day, she gets mad at me, starts yelling that uh, that's all we do all day. That that oh, look at you and your job. All you're doing is shooting hoops with with trash. <laughs> Like, really, you, you want to – I'll go through the nonsense, but yes, this is the last section of books, and we're going to talk to – it is going to be Trinity number 18 and Batwoman number 12, but we will start with Trinity number 18, written by James Robinson, art by Pat Zercher, Gabe Altieb, and Carlos M. Manguel. James Robinson continues this guitarist story, and while this is the type of story I'd like from this book, it's better in concept than on the page. Robinson force feeds the admiration the heroes have for each other, and in the end, the biggest development happens off panel, and the rest is pretty much filler. Beautiful filler, Eric, but filler nonetheless. And you love me some Patty Z. It is canceled. I think that it actually was canceled that it's in April when the May solicits came out. It's not going to be in. So we're going to get a couple more issues. And oh. they're get, we're getting these couple issue arcs and things like that. Which it uh, really should have been because ever since Superman Reborn, there was no point. For yeah, the there hasn't book. been. And I talked about this. We talked about this on the news show on Patreon this week about this book really having no direction. Uh, but yeah, this book after Superman Reborn happened, you had a book that was designated or designed to get Batman and Wonder Woman to find out and learn and, and you know, fall in love maybe with the oh. pre-Flashpoint Superman, but now that's not the case because they know him. It, it's Superman Reborn. I, I am now trying to get my sound we, effect We all here. know what you're doing. Yes, I am, Eric. Must be Superman also, Reborn. my voice again tonight from yeah. yelling last night, but uh, with that, the book has had no direction. You really don't, but if you were going to get two and three issue arcs that were fun little deals where they can go, I I mentioned it on the news. I mentioned it to you this week that the Skatarist thing, I know we, me and you, we don't really like Skatarist, but it's not a perfect opportunity to have something happen that you can, you know, not worry about continuity of what's exactly. going on in the main deal. You can have these fun deals. And I can say this happens at different times now. You, it doesn't even have to, this could happen in the lost years. Hey, you're not bogged down by any kind of continuity at all. Yeah. So with that, don't uh, say the we lost go. Now I know we'll be talking about that in the next book, but with that, this is a couple issues, and we're already getting filler. It's so weird that this – and I believe this is the middle stanza, possibly. Uh, but it, there's nothing that goes on. You go from one point to the next with just filler. And I, I talked to Travis well, on the I'm, site. The, mo- the most interesting it. part of the book in my mind is you know the whole like debriefing of this incident because – I just want to know who the like the Trinity are talking mm-hmm. to while they're relaying this story about yeah, what happened and- because the rest you like you know we have a beat where we get some exposition about what's going on and then we have a journey where we just yeah. fight a bunch of people we have another little exposition where we find out some shit happened off battle yep. and we continue to the journey where we fight people until the end. And the the other thing that I get here, uh, there's more of an idea in my mind that they're all in the same room as well, though I don't think they are. But the way that the 
the different dialogue goes back and forth. It almost seems like they are. Uh, but yeah, they're talking. The, the they, way they, I get it is they're talking to the same person at different times. Yeah, and the person has to though be saying like Wonder Woman said that because they're finishing each other's sentences at one point. But that's fine. Uh, but really. Out of nowhere, it seems like the big thing is maybe finding and seeing Deimos because they even say later, like, did you see him? And it just seemed no. very stressed with that. No, they didn't. And that's the other thing. Two big things happen in this issue uh, is, did you see Deimos? No, but we could tell he was looking at us. Yeah, yeah. And then also what happens at the beginning after this, because they do briefing, whatever. And you go back and talk about Warlord that we saw at the end of the last issue. And like, what did he look like? He looked like a warrior, regal. And then you have Batman. He, I thought he looked ridiculous. And I'm like, okay, you get the whole deal going. Now, I want to ask you. How the fuck does Wonder Woman know what he looks like? She's fucking blind. She has no fucking sight. She that, smelled yeah. how freaking no, no, like yeah. a warrior oh, no. he looks. She fucking started making statues a la Hello, uh, Lionel Richie again. Hello, he's fucking feeling his face. She's blind. It's fucked up. There's no way. And in the meantime, she sees a hologram it ends up being, supposedly, and then he dies. When would she have seen him? She she couldn't have. It's it's a huge huge fuck up, and it even goes with that where she says another time later like, oh I saw what was going on, or I no 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 you you got to watch what you say, uh with this because she is blind, and the fact of the matter is throughout most of this issue. The blindness does not matter. It is set up no, as the this thing, thing is, and the it whole makes thing to make no Wonder Woman difference. Look great even without sight because she could do anything even more than yeah. Superman and Batman, even blind. Yeah, and it, it spelled it out in that first issue where she said, oh, you know what, our Amazons, we train blindfolded, stuff like that. She's Jean-Claude Van Damme and then Bloodsport yeah. grabbing the fish and, you know, Tanaka's fucking hand when he tried to smack him at dinner. But with that... They don't really – you don't have anything here, even with Superman, because as this goes on, they're talking about what they did. And like, oh my god, we were you know, getting attacked. Uh, Superman's falling. Wonder Woman just flies towards him. She can hear his cape, grab them, and then they decided – the let's do what Batman does. What would Batman do? He and just jumps in all where, reckless. He doesn't care about yeah, pain he doesn't or fear care or anything like that. He powers. just does. Yeah, and he just does. And so they decided that. But because of that – you're also getting the idea like Superman is still being Superman. Yes, he can't fly. Wonder Woman saved him, but there's nothing here that he really isn't able to do because he's a strong guy and he's kicking ass. I mean, by the end of this, in this issue especially, this handicap that had to be set up with Superman without powers, Wonder Woman blind, really doesn't lead to anything and doesn't matter because then, then as we go, they end up uh, – Beating these wing, you know, gorgons, goblins. I don't even know what you'd call monsters. them. Yeah, monsters. And uh, they end up going and, and Batman Deimos says. Deimos' Yeah, they're Deimos' uh, people, the monsters. And Batman's like, huh, I noticed something while we were fighting. Huh, you noticed something while we were fighting? Yes, I did. I noticed that they these guys are here. There's humans. There's people from our, you know, Earth. But they are old. Black they Hawks. look like They look like they died of old age. And they grab the... You know, the dog tags, they're Blackhawks, and it, that's the mystery going on from the ship, the the plane they saw earlier. And I'm telling uh, you, I forgot all about that. I'm like, what the hell are you talking – oh, yeah, there was that gigantic freaking thing in the middle of the ocean, that typhoon or whatever it was, and they got sucked in with that plane. Yep, yeah, and, and that's the deal with that is there's a uh, – there is a mystery going on, but it seems to be solved or you don't really – you're not going to get – 
far with it. These guys are dead. And well, that's so, the thing is, we, these guys are dead, and then we have Warlord's daughter, Jennifer yeah. Morgan. Well, I want to, before you go that, I do want to spell out, at the very beginning, Warlord is talking to them and says, listen, I'm a hologram. Uh, it's very hard. My, my daughter is doing this. It's a magical vision. Yeah, yeah. She can't keep this up because of the distance, Deimos, all this stuff. And then as they go, he disappears as they got attacked. And then Jennifer shows up. His daughter repeats the same thing again. Like we didn't get it the first time. Listen, it's really tough doing this. Uh, Deimos' thing, but go on. I, I I just wanted to say because we didn't really spell that out. I'm saying when this, when Jennifer Morgan's, you know, her like magical vision appears in front of them, we do get the same thing talking about like, you need to come. It's a long journey. Oh, you know, Warlord's dead, by the way, but, you know, yeah. somehow he died in between the time that you talked to him and I projected his image to you and now that I am. But this whole thing is like, you need to get out of here because time is like, you know, it acts weird and it's never yeah. usually for the benefit seeing that, you know, whatever happened to these Blackhawks to age them really prematurely yeah. right then and there. And I'm like, that really bothers me, though, because she acts like it's just this area. Yeah. This area that they're in Skataris right now. This is a place of fucked up time. So we want to get out of here as soon as possible, yeah. which they do. But that, the cliffhanger we end, I'm like, why is that? Because it, like the way Jennifer's pointing it out here, it's just this area. Maybe these fucking brain-like bushes that they have hanging around are doing it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know a lot about Skataris. Yeah, we don't. Except we that don't. I hate it. Yeah, and with that, uh, she also says, and by the way, my father's dead. Poor Lord has been killed. So, so you have all this, and you're like, really? The the big part of the issue is off panel and just mentioned. And that's the thing. Even Batman says, when did that happen? We yeah, just saw uh, him. yeah, we just saw oh, him. There's oh. no time for any of that. Please get yeah, to the city yeah. as fast as you can. Yeah, let's go. So, uh, you know, and you're going to have some moments here that, I don't know, supposed to be fun and big where they have to get there. So they jump on unicorns, on unicorns and they start riding them. And it's okay. It makes for a really cool splash panel there. And then werewolves show up. Some wolfmans. They fight the wolfmans. And then they fight the lizardmans. Then they fight the bugs. And And they fight that bug alien from Men in Black. Yeah, there it is. It does look like that. And uh, with that, they keep saying – Some saber-toothed tigers. uh, Were they they part of Deimos' thing as they're being interrogated? Yes, because anyone that can speak would yell the same thing for Deimos. Okay, we get this. And then did you actually see him? No. But I felt we all felt he was watching us, and there he is. But He's no, this whole thing is a they, they just talk about what they're doing, what we're saying. We fought some stuff. We go through all these different things where they're fighting these other these other monsters. Deimos is watching as the battle continues, and then yeah. they finally get to a ravine where they have to cross this water. They swim underneath. They get and attacked. They, yeah, they have to leave stuff. the unicorns go, and they actually – there's the joke of, I think Batman named his – named him Biscuits. I heard him say it. And then they go into the lake and fight more monsters. I didn't know such thing. Yeah, yeah. And then they go and and fight more monsters. <laughs> That's all we're getting. And then That's we get to getting. and then we get to the city that is under siege by yeah. Lord Deimos. Yep. And we fight some more guys as we make our way yeah, to the they castle. They gotta make it. Now I think there's a big faux pas here, just the way it's being presented, because it is very, very odd that through this we're getting a lot of close-ups of their face. At one point, Diana's there. No need, I can tell. And it's funny too. It's like, hey, uh, we got to get towards uh, the castle. Uh, Wonder Woman, you can fly us. So we'll lead you. No, no need. I can tell which way the smell of by the smell of death alone. To me, the smell of death is everywhere at this point. There has to be death all over. Why throw that in? Why not just say, okay, thank you. Thank you for your help and go to make it so that this blindness has something because then they just go, people, for Deimos, for Deimos. But like I'm saying, as this is going on, we have a lot of pages where we see their faces even up close 
to lead to them finding Jennifer and her saying, oh, my God, we better hurry up because you're old as shit. And then we see it. And I'm like, OK, I, I, I see this. But why did and we not thing, at see what point this did leading this happen? up? Because we just saw a close of Wonder Woman's yeah. face, you know, two panel, like, three, like yeah, five panels page, previous, yeah, yeah. which is fine. Now they're yeah. just old as shit. Yeah. We see where Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman are flying as they're getting attacked, you know, for Deimos. People are shooting arrows. You actually have Wonder Woman shield them, and uh, we've seen their faces. So, uh, you know, I would lead to be- – uh, I'm led to believe that they were getting old from that point before, but they couldn't – because Wonder Woman's blind. Batman and Superman are two paddles beforehand. Before yeah. they, just, that's all it had to be. Two yeah. paddles before this happens. It bam, doesn't make old sense. Somehow. It doesn't make sense. Must because, be yes, Lord Deimos. You would have had Superman or Batman say something. Now, if it turns out that this is not the fact that this is a Deimos spell that makes you think you're old, but she, she says you're going to die. Uh, so you would think, yeah, you have to hurry. Uh, it just threw me off. It really well, did. Well, it's a weird uh, thing because we pointed out, like I said at the beginning of the issue, this area right here, you know, time's wonky. You got to get out of here because this yeah. is what, obviously what killed the Blackhawks. So yeah. they made their way and had a grand old time, a oh, big yeah. old journey of battles, Fighting adventures, and and... heroism, old men and women. Yeah. And women. There you are. Wonder Woman can't see, though she seems yeah. to address people, you know, right when she got the cataracts real bad. Yeah, I'm telling you, she does. But yeah, so you get there and you have Jennifer, Warlord's dead. You have Skatarist that really at one point when Warlord's even talking, he's like, you know what? I'd send the people of Krynos and things. And it's, it's just thrown out there. And it's not even like good flavor there. It's yeah. just thrown out there. I, I don't know pretty much. And, and I'll say maybe it's just because I'm dumb. Uh, I don't know the difference between Skatarus and possibly the two moons, the world of two moons, Eric. I, I don't know no the quest. difference between them. Yeah, that's a, li- a little uh, knowledge drop for you. That was a little wink-wink. But yeah, I don't I'm know the difference between either of them. Uh, so you throwing out names doesn't make me learn more, but I like the art. I even said in my, my blurb and my review just, that like – I'm telling you, I was bored as shit reading yeah, this issue because you, know, you just have the recap of what they did as we just see panel after panel and page after page. All right, we're going up against something else. Oh, yeah. something else, something it else. It just leads else. you to okay. another now battle where they else. yell oh. for Deimos. Yeah, it just doesn't hit. I know I'm going to be higher than you, I believe. I went 5.8 only because, like I said, I like the idea of this. I like the, you know, that they're in Skitaris, though I don't like Skitaris, but I like this, like, I even said, I, I think I was talking to Reggie, where I wouldn't mind if they had her. It might have been you. I don't mind if they had them on, you know, Get them fucking Saturn or, you know, some of the – wherever they go. They could go – maybe Dinosaur Island. Maybe – yeah, Dinosaur Island or maybe Wonder Woman has something go on and they're in hell. Something like that. I like that. I like the idea that they're in their own thing. I don't have to worry about what's going on in metal and why Superman here or there or what. You know, but this whole thing is just set up to just be filler and you don't have a lot of issues. Why extend this story to just not? And the whole blindness of Wonder Woman is just a prop that is not needed. Yeah, it's just yeah. said because she can, she is still Wonder Woman. Every other aspect besides her sight. And sight doesn't even seem to be a problem. She no. knows what Warlord looks like. She knows what yeah. fucking, you know, reptiles. Everywhere it is, she can smell like death. She knows reptiles. So like, yeah. This blindness yeah. thing actually serves no purpose at all. Her, uh, if her right. eyesight was back, she would do the exact same thing that we have here. Yeah. With this, you know, you're setting it up so that they're, you know, you want to think that what it is is to get them on equal grounds with Batman. Uh, but with that, it, they, he, James Robinson says not, he doesn't utilize these handicaps to make it so that either Batman can prove that, you know, whatever it would be. 
But, you know, it's just nonsense. But I give it a 5.8. A lot of that is art. I like art. I always like anything that's this type of, like, fantasy-type drawing as well. I think it's cool. Uh, But, yeah, it didn't really do much story-wise. But what what would you give it? I would give it a 5.3 out of 10. I really enjoyed the art. And, you know, I'm saying there are nuggets here, like the whole idea that you get the Trinity off-world. You don't have to worry about continuity. That's what this book needs to do. But – the situation that we're thrown in, it's just kind of boring because it's uh, it's pretty much you know, them walking or riding unicorns for most of it, then having some battles and moving on. And we get the cliffhanger that at the end that they're old. I don't know why. Just, yeah. It just is. They just are after we just saw them for half a, an issue since they were at the place that they were told to get the hell out because of time or a guitarist itself uh, doing – I don't know. I don't know, I don't know. And it's just we'll see what goes on next. But I can't say I'm looking forward to that issue. Uh, you know, when it comes, we'll read it and review it. But yeah. uh, I'm not going to sit here with bated breath for it. And uh, as well as the next book, which is Batwoman number 12, written by Marguerite Benet, art by Scott Godlewski, John Rausch, and D. Ron Bennett. Well, at this point, I really want to keep the lost year lost. This issue was okay. No, it's not really what I want from a Batwoman title, especially one that's on its 12th issue. But beggars can't be choosers. And I've been begging for an issue that didn't infuriate or bore me, though I kind of was a little of that latter. Uh, there, it, there it is. This issue didn't infuriate me, I'd put. And, yeah, uh, this is probably the best issue of the series, but yet well, it's would- still – boring uh it's still setting up and almost feels like it should be the first issue like all of a sudden that you know we're going to get some info but really for all of it it just this book doesn't get me going at all oh, not nothing at all. I'm, in this it. whole lost year angle because like it seems that marguerite benet thinks that everybody like you said is waiting with bated breath to find out the mystery of the lost yeah, year and yeah. sophia and what happened between her and kate kane and like right away though i'm like all right i know what we're dealing with but Right away, I'm infuriated because we're in the present day. You, know, oh, you we were have infuriated. See, I wasn't and, infuriated, but and well, I'm infuriated because it says one year ago, Batman sent me yeah, on a mission to hunt yeah, down the yeah. many arms of death. I'm like, you're saying one year ago because you're on issue twelve, Marguerite, and I don't do that. Yeah, do not, don't uh, do that. It has not been a year. She has not been at this for a year in this comic. Yeah, and and one of the things that I want to point out, and I like the art in this issue. Uh, there's nothing wrong What's with the art, I? and and the art is aping Steve Epting's art that was the start of the series, which that was the big – that's the other thing that I don't get. That was a big draw for this book to have him on it with the art, and he hasn't been on it. He's been, you know, rough shot here uh, now and again, but that was one of the big draws, and we're only on 12 issues, and you would think that that means to me like already – DC themselves are just like, yeah, you know what? This this book isn't that important. It, and that's the problem with this book for me in general. It just does not seem necessary. The story that we're getting really does nothing for me. And I know you're Mar- telling me that you didn't want to find out that the freaking thing that was causing the foxes to go rabid no, in, that's on the, the thing. island, Sophia's was foxes, of, was of caused Kate, by the bacteria in the coral Kate's hair. Yeah, and the coral that she had in her hair. No, and that's the problem is if you're gonna have a book, and I'll. I'll just say detective comics kate's in that book and she's been in since the beginning of rebirth i don't know how long she's going to we're kind of seeing them break apart and things like that but if you end up having a solo book with a character that's already in a book you're hoping to learn you know some important info 
something that you can go forward and like, oh, my God, if you had the lost year uh, and you told me, I said right now, you know what the lost year was? It was when Kate went berserk and killed 300 people. She yeah. had, and But in the name of just, she was a vigilante times 10 ended up. And then by the end of this, they, you see the progression and the redemption that she had. I think we'd be like, OK, that's something interesting. Like that's something that I can say where I go forward and read Kate from now on. I say, oh, man, she really did get better as a person and a hero and things like that. This lost year is basically boiled down to, like you said, the idea of who ended up uh, destroying Coriana and, and because uh, who ended up uh, poisoning the, the foxes. And I, I don't care. I, no. I really don't care. And it ends up being, and I do think that Marguerite Benet, uh, to her credit, I guess, uh, is doing this book her way. And it seems like she's like, listen, I'm doing more of a Kate Kane book, not a Batwoman book. And this is something that people and I this is very prevalent today in our DC comics that we get. You get a lot of people giving a lot of praise to a Batman book that he isn't going and punching people and doing things like that. Oh, he's not fighting villains. He's a he's a, you know. Uh, a humanized Batman, and it seems like they are really grabbing onto that concept and running with it. I don't want to run with it. I like to have a book, Batwoman, I want to have as a fun book with learning about Kate on the side. But th- this lost year, it's not even Batwoman. It's just Kate, and I understand somebody who loves Kate will go, and, oh, I love this stuff. But it's not a Batwoman book for me, and that's what I mean. It's just not the, the book is, that I thought it's it was going to be. It's not interesting because you have Kate Kane on an island that is controlled by this woman who keeps all these warlords at bay yeah. with all their smuggling, smuggling and pirating and stuff like that. And it's like you, you have the idea here. It, it seems like it could be really big. Yeah. But Kate Kane really is just there until she realizes, oh, my God, you are bad. I yeah. need to leave. Yeah. Which, you know, we kind of got that idea before, and that's yeah. where I thought was the kind of – the concept was this was going to be a lost year of Kate kind of going from – and we saw she ended up being, a, you know, a kind of a socialite type. You know, she partied a, a party girl and yeah, ended up going there. Yeah, she was an alcoholic, there. it seemed and like. You, yeah, and an alcoholic, which is thrown in here. And then this lost year was when she ended up – you know, all this is is she ended up finding out that people are pieces of shit – and the foxes, and we'll see as it goes. And it's not even like Kate Kane's love for Sophia. It's more Sophia's love for Kate Kane, and yeah, she's willing yeah. to let all this shit go oh, on yeah. this island that she's the protector of because she loves Kate Kane. But Kate doesn't want to reciprocate that love anymore. Yeah, and with this, uh, you know, the wraparound is last issue. She got the idea that Sophia was screwing with her. She was out and about and had her family, so was heading off to get her family. But then even that seemed interesting. Yeah. Uh, that's only a couple going pages. Going back to Brussels. Go, yeah, he's going back. We'll go yeah. see the muscles there. No, not the muscles in Brussels. You can go to that statue of him there. But yeah, then we go back in time again. And that threw me off because you have it. And then all of a sudden they're there again in the lost year. I'm like, really? I thought we were done with this. But you I thought we were done with that six issues yeah, ago. Yeah, you have that. Her and uh, Sophia where Kate is trying to figure out. Uh, what is causing these foxes to pretty much, it seems like they're going rabid uh, yeah. in my mind, but yeah, and bleeding out their eyes. We've had all this. It also leads to the old roses and the, the thorns in there. But at this issue, again, I said, it's probably one of the better ones just because I wasn't infuriated. You oh, it's my get, favorite issue of the yeah, series so you far. You do but... get some of the warlords and you get a whole deal 
of the concept of how bad Sophia is. We knew she was, right? Yeah. It's not like we thought she was good. But in this, you have a poor Maxim who ends up oh, throwing okay. shade at, at Sophia and threatens Coriana. And you're getting the idea in two things that – Sophia loves Coriana. This is the biggest thing, which comes to play later where she pretty much loves Kate even more. But uh, you have her loving Coriana, but also you don't throw shade her way. And nope. you say something about that, and you're going to die. And it's a weird concept here because you have the whole deal where Sophia goes down like, oh, shit, I fucked up. Maxim starts throwing shade. And he fucked up. She goes down and hugs him and says, listen, shh, it's forgiven. Go home with your well, wife. Well, that's the thing, too, because he's – like it, he, the way that Maxim is freaking out here, it really does seem that he's the one that poisoned her foxes because mm-hmm. he's trying to make a stand against her for being too preoccupied yes. with Kate Kane instead of the island itself. And yeah. after he throws a bunch of shades, like, oh, come here, you didn't mean that. It's it's yeah. everything's gonna be okay, Maxim. You you go now. You you know your wife is looking for you and stuff like that. Just go home. Yeah, go home. And the rest of the warlords meet him outside and yeah. pull Maxim. He just gets gutted right yeah. there as Kate Kane watches. You know, yells for it to stop. Yeah. They're just, you know, everybody is just watching us. Maxim here is killed by yeah. everybody as Kate Kane is powerless to stop it. And and it threw me off a little. And I'll tell you why. Because you have a scene where he throws shade. Sophia's like, go home. You know, your your wife wants you know, settle down. He's like, oh, I'm drunk or whatever. To me, I, I would have rather have had the scene play out that he leaves. Kate fully thinks that he's gone back to his wife yeah. and then finds later that he was killed. There's no reason for her to go and hug this guy for him to walk downstairs to get killed in front of Kate. Why not just have it? So you're supposed to see that, oh, you you don't fuck with her and she is bad, but it's too right in your face. She hugs the guy, oh, go home. It's nonsense because then he takes three steps and he's killed. They could have done that right there. I would have rather have seen where Sophia is playing this game to try to prove to Kate that she isn't bad when indeed see, we see that he, is, she is you, awful. You don't realize this is Sophia's right here. You know, she's been in a relationship with Kate Kane for a yeah. while now. This is her all cards on the table play move right here because, like, I need her to see everything I have going on. So if she's yeah. cool with this after the fact, now we know what Yeah, we're, just it's a weird scene with that, though, where and she's, you should go inside. Chill. You'll catch a chill. You'll, ca- you'll catch just, a chill. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, and then you go to the whole idea. Then you see a fox licking up the blood and things like that. Now, again, remember that the whole deal is that they think Maxim is the guy who is poisoning the poisoning foxes. The fox, when yeah. out of nowhere, Kate does some detective work. She presses a couple keys on her computer and realizes that it was her all along. A rare bacterium she, yeah. found on the red coral reefs around the island. Growing, yeah. spreading, living in the bloodstream. Yeah. It wasn't Maxim who brought this sickness to the island. It was me. And then we have this whole play about when she went overboard and she hit her head on this coral. Yeah. And then, you know, we, Sophia, you know, sewed her, her head up shut like this. Then yep. you see her playing with the foxes who are nestling up into her hair right yeah. there. Yeah. Now that's how they all got sick. And, and really the villain of the issue and the series so far is Kate's lack of hygiene. Because Gross. I would think that if she washed her hair. That's what I thought. Now here's the deal. You want to pull out that deal where, listen, Jim and Eric, uh, she just had her skull stitched together. You can't get it wet. So that's why she could put, spell that out. Show Please. that because I think I'm that's what they're playing doctor. with. I think that's what they're playing with, but she should have been taking a shower at some point. But yeah, you have Kate then, you know, leave when this is found out and 
basically uh, Sophia's like, you know, you you kill and ruin everything you touch. You know, I gave you a home and all that. But I'm like, really? And this and, is and what and we're Sophia dealing with. Sophia has known this the entire time. Ma- Maxim yeah. was just kind of a like, you know, show of power at that point. Yeah. Because Sophia has known that Kate Kane has been the problem this whole time and just like went with the whole idea. Yeah, yeah, and so we end up getting, uh, you, you have, uh, what's her name again? Uh, Tahani. Tahani, the yeah, knife. Yeah, she shows up the knife again, and they Even though start she, I fighting. Don't, that's the thing is, too, she just shows up. She was yeah. supposedly banished, I thought, before. And now there's still, you know, the knife yeah, showing, wait for a freaking Sophia to call her in. Yeah, and I think that that's like that play on even, hey, uh, you know, Maxim, go home. Like she, uh, you know, Sophia just lies out of, you know, and, and says she's banished but must have her on the side. But things, things aren't really spelled out exactly as they should be. You know what I mean? Because like you said, yeah. you're like, Tahani, I, I thought she was gone and whatever. But yeah, they go to the lighthouse, they're fighting, and it catches on fire, pretty much seems to blow up. Kate jumps out, you know, goes into the waters trying to go, and that's where you see that, yes, Sophia still did love her, Eric, even though all the trouble uh, it's that such she a weird progression called. because while Tahani was fighting Kate Kane in the, uh, the the lighthouse here, it seems that Tahani's injured a bit and Sophia has to save her. After Kate Kane jumps from the lighthouse into the ocean to go swim to a nearby boat to make yeah, her escape, you see that, like, you know, Sophia's like, uh, you know, like, uh, my siren as she watches Kate Kane swim away. But it seems that Tahani has to carry Sophia yeah. out of the lighthouse. And, and it's to weird. Her down. Like, and, and to, yeah. She was the injured one. What happened? And the weird thing is, is I know what is going on, but it really looks like she's, she's carrying Sophia on the beach. Yeah. And, and, but yet they're in she a lighthouse her, and then on the beach. Outside. I know, but it, you never get, like, I'm telling you, they are there, my siren. And then they're on the beach and then they're not, it just, I'm telling you, it's so off. It's about that, to die in a broken deal. heart, Jim. Yes, yes, of a broken heart. Uh, it is the, uh, Queen Amidala of the book. Uh, but then they go to the now and you go back to what I wanted with yeah. Kate going to Belgium and Brussels there and like, huh, you're taunting me. I burned down the paradise we saved. I'm like, we just got all of the that only place issue. I ever considered home was yeah. Brussels. The only person I ever told that was Sophia. Yeah. So she left me that note. It must be her time yeah. to get my payback. And it's funny because the whole thing to me was this whole issue was just for that line. I burned yeah. down the paradise. I'm like, oh, we got that. But yeah, uh, again, down the White I, House. Calm I, down. I wasn't infuriated. She also. No. Poisoned the uh, the foxes, but yeah, the dialogue's good. Uh, yeah. You have this; it does set up a little more of what Sophia does—that she is ruthless, but she uh, loves Kate. She's not baby ruthless. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I don't like the story, but this issue does a fine job of continuing, uh, like the whole yeah, progression of that. how Sophia is the one behind the many arms of death and stuff yes. like that, and how we like you know progress from where we left, you know, Kate Kane and her on the island to yep. where we are now, where Coriana is this messed up place now that it doesn't have a protector. Yeah, and with that, Eric, I gave it. I'm looking. I gave it a six point five out of ten. Uh, I gave I did it a like six out of ten. Yeah, it's it's, and that's the thing is that's the tallest midget in the in the circus exactly. so far because yeah, it's probably the best issue of the series and one that Dan uh, ends up reviewing it on the site and he's been waiting and waiting to give something a good score. He gave it a seven, and yeah. I think that's one of the things he's in the trenches, Eric. So you, you see a glimmer of hope. You, you're really going to go with it. So he liked it, and I I looked 
recently, and I'm waiting for that one guy that just jumps on him for every issue and says that it's, you know, his review's bullshit. That guy didn't show up to say, hey, finally, you know, we, we agree or we like it. I hate that, that the guy didn't come in and like, oh, I imagine because- now that Dan's finally liked an issue that, you know, everybody else hates it. Yeah, and with that, you have that, and I know Dan would probably laugh if he's listening, that every morning on Wednesday morning I get up, and almost the first comment when we have a Batwoman review is a comment yelling to Dan about how he doesn't know what he's talking about. So, yeah, I usually wake up on a Batwoman week thinking, okay, we're at least have one comment on the site that's going to yell at Dan, and I ended up seeing like, oh, Dan liked it. That's awesome, and I couldn't wait, and I did as well more than I have, but that's the end of the podcast Eric that's all the books they're gone I'm still a little out of my mind here not knowing what I'm talking about did I tell you that uh, the end of the podcast is presented to you by Patrick Gleason and Peter J. Tomasi did you know I heard they're jumping on for the last two issues I did hear that of Trinity for some reason and maybe on Batwoman but uh, what was your book of the week what was your my book book of the week week, I believe at this point because it's it's so messed up the way we recorded but I believe it is the brave and the bold Batman and Wonder Woman Number one. I'm going to stand tall, Eric. I mentioned in the Slack uh, that I thought there was craziness afoot of my book of the week, but I am actually going to give it to Harley Quinn this week uh, just because I finally had an issue uh, after this long week of nonsense that at least put a smile on my face. And that's all. I, girls just want to have fun, Eric. But, oh, I've heard that. Uh, so I'm going to have that uh, to put as a feather in my cap, but I'm going to go right now. And tell you what we're going to talk about next week. Now, this podcast that we just talked and did, it, it probably is going to be a shorter one. I don't know. I always say that. I, I, I don't, don't know the timing by now. Obviously, people will know. That's not the case next week. We have a ton of books next week. I mean, including uh, a new Mara series starting. We have a couple. We have a couple of the uh, New Age of Heroes books uh, and just – Complete and other nonsense. Here we go, Eric. Next week, Action Comics number 998. We are getting very close to that thousandth issue, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. We have Batgirl number 20. Can't say I'm looking forward to that, really. Yeah. But Batman Beyond number 17. Blue Beetle number 18. The book Final that issue. was canceled. And I swear to God, every month I think that it's the last issue. But finally, <laughs> I'll be right. I'm telling you, it's one of those books that I swear to God, it's now a zombie that, that is chasing me through town that I thought had died two months ago. We have Detective Comics number 975. That's actually what they uh, consider an anniversary. Yeah. Eric, 975 is the anniversary. anniversary. The trial of Kate Kane. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Reggie and Chris will be talking about Doom Patrol JLA, number one. More Milk Wars deals there. We have Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, number 39. We have Imaginary Fiends, which won't be on the podcast, but if you want to go over to the site, uh, I believe Josh will be reviewing that. I just wanted to throw that out. We have Justice League of America, number 25, Eric. Anniversary issue. And oh. uh, that is uh, going to start the just Angor. down the freaking weeks until we yes. get to the end and starting the last arc of that steve orlando book which i believe they're going back to Angor. Angor. so we'll see that we have what i said earlier mara queen of atlantis number one that's going to start out which was set up by this week's aquaman, aquaman book yeah we have rough and ready number five if jeremy is going to do a uh, audio review that'll be on there i don't know if he will or not uh i would assume he will we have i Suicide. would if i was him yeah, we have something weird here, and I have to open this because I'm going through the review copies here. And in the review copy, it says 
Suicide Squad number three. And I know that oh. isn't right, so I just opened it up. It is Suicide Squad number 36. So they did not label that right. Uh, Teen Titans number 17, me and you will be talking with Chris about. The yep. Demon Hell is Earth number four. That continues. We have The Flash number 41. They just, I gotta take a breather. There's so many books. We have The Hellblazer number 19, which I was talking to Reggie again on the uh, comic review show and said that, well, how is this book continuing when like a Super Sons is canceled and stuff like that? It's crazy. The Silencer number two. Me and Eric have been waiting for that, so I'm excited to see that. Uh, the Terrifics number one. And that's really the one that a lot of people were waiting for. So that's, that's the big boy cool. right there. Yeah, that is. And Wonder Woman number 41. So there are a lot of things. Now I'll mention again, we have a Patreon at www.patreon.com slash weird science, uh, where two of those books will be a Patreon only spotlight. And I think that there's going to be a problem this week. I think that there's terrifics some, and the silencer. There's terrifics and the silencer, but I'm telling you, Mara, Queen of Atlantis number one really seems like something that. So so the terrifics in Mary, you're saying? I'm saying that it probably will be. I think it will be, and we'll have uh, the first New Age of Heroes book on the podcast because I think there's going to be a problem where uh, you're going to have some people wanting that Mara as a Patreon-only spotlight. But and again, if we, I'm telling you, even that, Silencer number 2 might even be a spotlight on its own. Oh, yeah. Actually, it probably would be. So, yeah, we have that. But, yeah, uh, so if you want to go over and support us over on Patreon, do that. You'll get a lot of shows, including a boys' toy show of Eric's. Yeah. Uh, I've mentioned a bunch of times the uh, comic book uh, re, uh what am i saying news show that me and reggie uh, do that i'm telling you early you on a better I was, name you can never remember you, that. i know i can't and i even this week i realized i said it wrong for the goddamn <clears throat> podcast but even that <laughs> the things that we were talking about that's what screwed me up at the beginning of trinity because i was talking about all this stuff about tomasi gleason uh, I just – there's too many things going on, Eric, I, and my brain is not big enough to hold all this information. But, yeah, that is the end of the podcast, and thanks everybody who contributed, everybody who mailed in, rent and raves, all that jazz. Nah. Eric, what do we say at the end? Everyone have a great week. week. Keep it weird, weird, and we'll see you in seven. Oh! Oh!